It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, December 22nd, 2014. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani inside our New York City studio. This is a best of edition of the MMA Hour. I'm in fact not in New York City today as you are watching this. So we put together a best of show. We actually haven't done one of these in quite some time. This week's show is going to be a best of show. Next week's show is going to be a best of show. And then we'll start the new year off fresh with a brand new show for you. So this has been, in my opinion, uh, the best year in the history of the MMA Hour. You are a big part of that. Thank you so much for your support. And I think we got some some really great guests this year. Great shows, great conversation. I, I really am, am so proud of what we did this year. So I think it's actually kind of exciting to put together a best of show. Sometimes people don't like that very much, but I think it's fun to look back. And we haven't done that in quite some time. So, Mr. New York Rick, I know we've been talking about this for the last few weeks. What are people going to see in best of show number one? So this show, as opposed to the next show, is going to be uh, long time or first time. That's the theme of this episode. So we've got Mirko Krokop. Oh, yeah. First time. Only time. Exciting stuff. You get to you get to talk to Mirko Krokop for, yes. for a lengthy interview. And if you recall, I said that was one of the guests I really wanted to see on the show this year, and we got him. We got it. Yes. Next one, Rory McDonald in studio. First time he, he's been in the studio. Uh, a favorite of the show, yes. but, but this one felt different. It yes. felt special. Yes. Uh, on our next one, another first-timer, Nick Diaz. Yes. On the show, first time. Surreal. Another one that people wanted, and we made it happen. Uh, Ronda Rousey. That's yes. a long time. Long time. Uh, it's been a minute, yes. and we finally got her back. Yes. Next one, GSP and Hendricks together. Yes. Same Remember time that? after Hendricks won the belt. Historic. Yes. TJ Dillashaw right after he won the belt. Now this one, it wasn't the first time we've had DJ TJ on. It wasn't a long time, but it felt different because he was finally champion, and he did it in a way that nobody expected. Uh, next one, Frankie Edgar in studio. Yes. That was the first time for Frankie coming in the studio. And last one, uh, Eve Edwards' retirement. Um, you love this one. It's, it's my favorite. It had to make the cut, even though it just happened recently. Yeah, very emotional stuff from Eve. So that's a lot. A lot of good interviews, a lot of good conversation. I say that good interviews, uh, so I'm kind of patting myself on the back. But I thought they were fun, just as a fan. Big names, big moments, historic moments for this show. This is the best of the MMA Hour. Sit back, enjoy, and I'll say goodbye to you at the end of all of it. This is, a, this is a very exciting one for me. As I mentioned on our last show of 2013, this was the one guest that I was hoping, I was praying that I would finally get an opportunity to talk to. And uh, I'm being told he's joining us right now via the telephone uh, all the way in Croatia, just days away from his glory uh, fight against Remy Bonjaski, a uh, rematch of a fight that happened 12 years ago. I'm talking about the legendary, the one and only, the Croatian sensation, Mirko Krokop. Mirko, are you there? Hey, hi, I'm here. Well, it's great to have you on the show. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this at the top, Mirko. Um, I have uh, been in this sport, covering the sport of mixed martial arts for over seven years. I've uh, been to many of your fights, and you're the one guy that I've never had a chance to interview. You've always eluded me for some reason. And I said, as I mentioned at the end of last year's show, um, our last show of the year, that you were the one guy that I wanted so much to talk to, and, and, I'm, and I'm really honored that you'd come on the show and talk to us today. Thank you. Uh, first of all... 
I'm afraid my battery is going to die. My my wife didn't put it put the oh, no. my phone the charger. So if the line breaks, please call again. I I will pick up on the on the fixed line. Okay. Okay. Is it the same number? Same number. Same number. But I. I'm sorry, I apologize. It's, 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 I just didn't think about it. No, it's no problem. Thank you again. It's, it's beeping. It's beeping already, so it might, it, it might, it, we might lose connection in a, in a few want, minutes. Do you want to hang up now, and then we'll just do it so it doesn't get interrupted? Okay. I okay. think it's better. Well, uh, uh, call me back in uh, 10 seconds. Okay. Okay. We'll okay. do that. Bye-bye. All right. There you have it, Mirko Rick. Don't mess this up. We spoke to him. He's there. He's actually there, Mirko Krokop. I've been to uh, so many Mirko Krokop fights. Uh, when he was a member of the UFC, I wasn't there when uh, you know he was in Pride and all that. And he never liked to talk to the media. He was like a cat in the night. I can never reach him. And uh, I'm just so excited that 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 he's uh, that he's on the show. This is this is a big one for me. And I want to thank the people over at Glory for hooking us up. This would be a good time to let you know that this show is being brought to you by Glory. And they return this Saturday with a show headlined by Mirko Krokop versus Remy Bonjaski. It's a it's a it's a headlining act between two kickboxing icons, and it's a rematch that is 12 years in the making. It goes down in Zagreb, Croatia, which is where Mirko currently lives. It uh, airs here in the United States at 9 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, and 8 p.m. Central Time. Plus. You get the lightweight world title fight between Andy Risti and David Kiria and a one-night four-man middleweight contender tournament. It all goes down this Saturday, March 8th, and it works out perfectly with the UFC on Fight Pass because uh, that show will probably end at around 5 or 6 Eastern time, and then a couple hours later, you get glory on Spike TV. So there's no, uh, there's no counter-programming involved. There's, there, there's, there, there's no... There's no uh, decisions to be made. I believe he's joining us once again. Mirko, are you there? I'm here. I'm oh. here. I apologize one more time. No problem. You sound even better now. So this is exciting for me. As I, as I was saying, you've always been very elusive with the media, at least when you fought in uh, North America. Is there a particular reason you just not like talking to the media? Is this kind of a nuisance for you? Well, I don't know. I've, I never liked I never liked talk too much to the media, to tell you the truth. I don't know. I don't know why. There, is, there isn't some special reason, but... You know, I was, I was just taking that as a waste of time. You still feel that way at this at this stage in your career? No, no, no. Listen, I'm professional. You know, I will do I will do what uh, what uh, uh, what promoter asked me to do. You know, but uh, if you if if you ask me, you know, just like that, hey, let's have a talk interview. You know, I'm. I don't think I would. I don't think I would do it. You know, I, I don't see any 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 special reason. Even even you, know, I, I understand that many fans would like to hear some news uh, from me about me and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I was never mad about about journalists, to tell you the truth. Well, again, nothing personally. No, nothing of course. Personally, but you know, I, I was just you know focused always on the training fight, you know, and. Uh, so many times, you know, I'm I'm very long in the business, and uh, so many times I'm. How should I say? I burned my I burned my fingers with with uh, with with, uh, with with journalists, not all the time, of course, but uh, with some of them, you know. And uh, people are searching for a sensation, and there isn't any sensation in uh, with my private life, with this, with that, you know. And they are just digging and digging and digging, you know. And sometimes it just it's just becoming boring to me, and uh, you know, and I'm trying to avoid as much as much as I can, you know. But some. But some, uh, of course, there are there are different type of journalists, you know. Some some journalists even in Croatia, they they can contact me anytime, you know, for any reason. And of course, I, I talk to them. But 
those are people that I am dealing with almost almost 20 years right almost 20 years you know and I have I trust them you know they trust me and we build some relationship and etc etc you know so of course at the beginning of your combat sports career you were very much known for your kickboxing and you had a great run uh, especially with K1 and then you left kickboxing and you did uh, a lot of great things of course in pride and then the UFC you had a long run in mixed martial arts and then you returned to kickboxing in 2012 and now here you are still dabbling a little bit in MMA but uh, making a run here in kickboxing once again you won the Grand Prix of K1 last year and now you're with Glory why did you come back to kickboxing why did you feel the need to come back at this stage of your life well, no, it's uh, after after I left I left UFC. You know, I I really thought that uh, I will quit with fighting. But to tell you the truth, it it is just stronger than than me. You know, and uh, at the end of the day, every fighter, every fighter in the world, uh, especially in the days before the fight, uh, they hate everything about fighting. You know, it's it's a huge stress and uh, it's a terrible preparation to. But I'm talking about myself and most, not most, but every top fighter, I think, feels the, uh, feels the same and they're, they're training the best they can, you know, and it, it's really hard. It's really hard. And sometimes you just say, hey, okay, it's enough. I'm sick. But when you, when you get cold, you know, you think, you think different. That's my life. Uh, martial arts is my life. Martial, martial arts, uh, fighting sport uh, gave me everything I have. I secured my life, my uh, family's life. And... Uh, I owe, I owe it so much. At the end of the day, I like it. I, I enjoy it. You know, sometimes there are hard moments. There are hard moments in, in the sport. Uh, most likely in the training, you know, because the, the trainings are really brutal, and uh, especially for this fight. But mo- most likely every fight. But you, it's injuries all the time and uh, hard sparrings, you know. And uh, even, even, now, even now, my physio came, you know, to fix to fix me, you know, after the training, you know, we are putting some ice on elbows and uh, on the knees and uh, so many small injuries, you know, and, uh, but that's the name of the game, you know, and uh, I like it, I like it. And then after I left, uh, I left UFC and uh, there came an offer from, uh, from my very, very good, one of my best friend and, uh, Actually, he, was, he, he helped me at the beginning of my career uh, to come to Japan, and uh, he offered me a fight at his show, you know, and uh, he wanted me to fight with some of the K1 legends, so he brought Ray Sefo, and that's how I started, you know, with Ray Sefo, and then uh, we, talked, we talked with K1 uh, headquarters, and they, uh, they wanted me uh, to participate uh, K1 Grand Prix, and uh, I decided to go, and then... You know the story. You know, at the end of the day, I won. I won that K1, and uh, and uh, after that, I went. I had one uh, MMA, one MMA, MMA fight, and uh, actually two MMA fights. One in Japan, one in Russia, and now I made a deal with Glory. And uh, this Saturday, I'm fighting for Glory, K1 rules, kickboxing, and uh, for me, there is no, there is no difference. You know, people, many people ask me. Uh, which style do you prefer? Is it MMA or kickboxing? You know, it's it's like you have a same thing, like you have two kids. You know, uh, which one you like? You like uh-huh. better? You know, I love I love both kickboxing and MMA too. Is my love, my true love? You know, and so I, I cannot say which is which I like better. And many people ask me, which is more more dangerous? Is it MMA because of the small gloves? From one one point of view, that's true, you know. But from the uh, other hand, in MMA there is a lot of clinching, 
uh, ground fight, you can finish fight with submission, with choke, uh, with, uh, you know, you can submit the guy. Of course, there are small gloves. If he punches you straight to the face with practically with bare hands, it hurts. It, it creates a lot of damage. But there is a lot of opportunity for clinching, you know, to, for holding opponent, to be on the ground, to avoiding punching uh, and uh, kicking, of course. But kickboxing, especially on this high level, is very dangerous. You, know, you are fighting three, three-minute round, and it's, you are exchanging punches all the time. There is no clinching. Only one or two second referee will, will will make you he will he will he will, he will call break you know and then you start exchanging punches with ten pound ten pound gloves and it it is really dangerous you know it is really dangerous so both 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 of it is dangerous but you need to be completely prepared completely fit you know then you can compete you know how do you both. look back Mirko on your your run in the UFC because uh, you've been so successful throughout your entire time in combat sports. But here in the United States, if there are fans who don't know what you've been doing since you left the UFC, they, they might think you don't fight anymore if they, they just watch the UFC. Do you look back at, at your run in the UFC with some regret that you weren't able to fight for a title, that you weren't able to you know, get a big fight, a big contender main event fight? Well, it's a, it's a black spot in my career, UFC, you know, and uh, UFC treated me like a king. UFC fans treated me like a king. I just, I just failed, you know. Uh, why? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. New fighters are coming, and uh, but I will always believe. Believe me, I will always believe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Who knows? You know. Uh, but I always believe that my uh, bad period in UFC started with my injuries. You know. And uh, and I tell this. I, I told that story so many times. So sometimes I just feel stupid. You know, to, to tell it again. And sometimes you know, some people will take it. Uh, won't understand. Uh, the way I think, you know, but uh, there is old wise say, you know, uh, winners always find, a uh, uh, winner will always find solution and loser will always find an excuse, you know, so I don't want to sound like a loser who is finding some excuse. No. But the fact is, but the fact is, uh, after I left, after my last fight in Pride and before my first fight in, uh, in, uh, in uh, UFC, I had the first surgery. It was a broken foot. I had a broken foot after the Pride Grand Prix final. Actually, a piece, fragment of the bones of the bone was floating in, in my foot. So I went, I went to the hospital and uh, I took, a, uh, I took a, I had to, to make a, a surgery. You know, so it took me away. It took me two, two and a half, maybe three months out of training. You know, I was, I wasn't able, of course, to do any kind of running, jogging. I wasn't able, of course, to do any kind of kicking. You know, so but I was riding a bicycle, you know, and I was ri- I was riding an arm bicycle as well, some push-ups, sit-ups, chin-ups, etc. You know, but I wasn't actually to do to do a complete a complete MMA training, and definitely, definitely, it 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 left kind of a scarf, you know. So I had a first fight, I had a first fight then, and I won it, but I felt really bad. I knew it wasn't me, you know, mm. it wasn't me. I, I, I fought. I, I can't remember the, the guy, my opponent's name, but and then then I fought. Uh, after that, I fought uh, with Gonzaga. I lost terrible, terrible high kick. I was surprised, you know, and uh, shocked by uh, by a cage. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it it was the first time, actually second, but my first opponent didn't have a time. Uh, Gonzaga destroyed me with elbows on the ground. So after we stand up, you know, I have a I didn't have a double vision. I have a Three times vision, you know. I I saw three guys, you know, and he really, he really uh, beat me up badly, you know. 
and he threw a high kick, which I, I didn't even notice, you know, and uh, just period, just, and, and the bad period is, is, is just, uh, was just in front of me. And then after that, I broke my leg. I broke my knee, so I had a four, four, uh, four knee injuries, you know. And then so many, you know, I would say it, it's, it's a bad luck. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not, you know, maybe I was happy, but because... Uh, in my previous career, I was I wasn't I didn't have any kind of injury, you know. So maybe I can consider myself lucky at the end of the day. But uh, in the UFC days, you know, injury after injury, and then before my last fight, my last fight, and uh, in in in, uh, in UFC with uh, Roy Nelson, I broke my arm, uh, not not bone but ligament and and biceps mm. broke on the half completely. Uh, Pat Berry was there on the training, and I was sparring with Pat. And I throw, I throw a hook, uh, right hook. I punch him to the head, but at the same time, I felt a terrible pain. And, you know, you, you, you can, I just saw a hole, a hole in my biceps, you know. And, of course, same night, I went, I went to the hospital because I knew something was terrible happened. And doctor said that in two days we have to do surgery. But it was out of the question. In that case, I, 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 supposed, to, I supposed to cancel the fight. And I was preparing six months, six months for that fight and so many. And I was crazy. And I, but I took, I took my chances, you know, and I risked. I sh- and now I know maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that and uh, I should do some things different. But at the end of the day, it's me, you know. I, I couldn't wait another six months, you know, maybe more. You know, I had to do a surgery. You know, and then three months, not three months, nothing, and then three months at least or four preparation. Uh, I had to return ability in my hand, you know, training, rehabilitation. It, it it was too complicated for me, you know. So I just decided to go for the fight, and later on, right after the fight, to go for the surgery, you know. But uh, that's me, and I, I don't feel sorrow. That's that's just uh, that's the name of the game. It's. It's not it's not shame to go down, shame not to stand up, you know. That's that's what I was always saying, you know, and uh I'm a fighter, I'm a warrior, that's my job, that's my love and uh, I enjoy it, you know. I enjoy it. And many people ask me what motivate what motivates me, you know, I'm uh, 39 already. Mm. And uh how long I, I still think to fight? I don't know. I I said many times that any fight could be the last one. It's worth it is, and it worked for everyone, you know. Just remember what happened to Anderson Silva, you know, the terrible, the terrible injury, you know, he, 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 he get, you know, and unbelievable, unbelievable, you know, bone completely broken, you know. Okay, I heard, thanks God, that he's recovering, but, you know, it, it, it will always leave a scarf, you know, in his, in his, uh, in his uh, mind, and uh, even physically, you know, he will, he will never be the same fighter. He will never... I, I I really like and I respect and I, I admire him, you know. But uh, I don't think he will ever be 100% the old the old uh, old Arnesto Silva, you know. It, it was terrible injury, you know. He was always start thinking, what if it happened again, you know. But uh, that's the name of the game. You cannot avoid it, you know. Sometimes it, sometimes it just happens, you know. So health wise, how are you feeling now? I feel great. I feel great. I feel really great, you know. I feel really great, and uh, two, uh, two things are important. Many people are asking me, when is man too old to compete in a, in a top sport? And uh, let me tell you, you know, it, it's worth, it worth, it worth for, uh, I, I guess, for every, every sport. But let's stick, let's stick to, the, to, the, to the fighting business. First of all, uh, guys, the guy, person, fighter, he's old, he's too old. 
when he cannot recover between two trainings. So if I have, a, if I had, a, if I had a hard training tonight, and by tomorrow I cannot recover. I, I feel tired, you know, and I, I have, I'm not, I, I cannot explode anymore, you know. I, I feel slow, and I just cannot. My body cannot recover. It means that the end is there. Hmm. That's one thing. And second thing is when you when your body is not able to recover between two rounds. So in in one minute when you cannot when you cannot dec- uh, decrease your pulse, you know, when pulse is too high or, or 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 too close to the maximum pulse, you know, and you're not able to recover anymore, you know. So it, it's uh, the, the better the best solution is is to retire, you know. But I feel really great, you know, and I'm doing training like crazy, you know, and uh, my cardio is great and. Uh, but I'm professional, you know. I was, I was, I'm, I'm living as a professional. That's, that's my way of living. I, I'm not doing that just because of the sport. I just, I just like and I appreciate that way of living. You know, I train every day, every day. Even on Sunday, even on Sunday, uh, which is the day off, mm-hmm. and Thursday is my day off. I go for massage in that days. But I'm doing uh, easy jogging, uh, good stretching, etc. You know, and uh, rest, rest of the rest of the week, I'm training two times a day, hard trainings, you know, it makes me happy, you know, I'm taking a first class food, I'm taking a rest every day, every afternoon, two, three hours nap. So you need to live like professional, like professional. And I like that way of living, you know, it's, it's, it's too deep in my, in my, in my blood, too deep in my bones, you know, even one day when I retire, I will, I will stick to the same schedule, you know. Of course, I will not. I will not. I will not uh, train so uh, with, with same same intensity. But uh, every morning we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be jogging, good stretching. You know, maybe some pull-ups, push-ups, etc. In the evening, uh, uh, boxing, kicking, maybe some sparring, uh, uh, jujitsu or whatever. You know, and uh, next day, same same thing in the in the morning. In the afternoon, I will do some weightlifting. You know, some cardio and. I just like it, and I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You know, for a very long time, you were one of the most feared strikers in the entire world, and now it seems like there are some people who call for you, say it's maybe time to, to walk away at this age. You know, a few months ago, Fedor Emelianenko said he, he didn't think that you had the physical condition or the mental attitude, and I know that bothered you to some degree because you, you, uh, you responded. Is it, is it a weird transition for you, for, for people not to just fear you, but now to sort of try to nudge you to walk away from the sport? Well, I think it's uh, it's not it's not Federer's job. I like Federer and I respect him a lot, but it's not his job, you know. It it's it, it, it's not his concern, you know. And uh, to act like my mother, you know, and and to give any kind of <laughs> advices, you know, especially to me. I think I'm old enough. I'm old enough, and I believe I'm wise enough that I will know when it's time to go, you know. And uh, what happened to me in that fight, it could happen to anyone, you know. And I don't know. I really, I really don't know why Federer said it because. I wasn't tired at all, but my opponent was dead tired, you know. It was, uh, I, uh, he submitted me 30 seconds before the fight. But it was so, such a weird submission, you know, because it, it was my fault. Because on the training, believe it or not, I was doing the, the, the same thing always. I let, my, I let my opponents, my sparring partners, to grab my, to grab my uh, neck. And of course, and I twisted, twisted them on another, on another side, you know. I was doing that every, every training, you know. So... I let him. I let him myself, potentially in that position. And of course, he just turned. He just turned. Turned. Turned his body in uh, in a neck crank, you know. And then it was too late. There is there is a defense from any kind of of, of submission. But you must uh, 
you must uh, start on time. And it was too late. When he grabbed my neck, and then, uh, and then I realized that he went to the... To the of course, it, it, I was naive, you know. I paid the price, and that's it. But if... if, if the, but so many, so many stupid things happened in that fight. I wanted to submit the guy. I wanted to submit the guy. I, I had him in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a choke. He didn't go, and then I... I I I pulled him on the ground, you know. And yeah. I don't know if if, yeah. if you saw that fight. I did. I pulled him. I had him in a guillotine choke, and I throw myself on the ground, you know. I can just I can stand in I could stand in stand up position, you know. Way at the end of the of the round, I don't think he would he would enter the second round. He was dead tired. The guy he wasn't able to walk himself out of the ring. Two guys were carrying him out of the ring, you know. He mm. was he was so much tired, you know. But he was enormously strong, and he just caught me. I paid the price, and that's it, you know. And I will never be caught again in, in, in a neck crack, in a neck, neck crack, never, you know. And I, I learned my lesson. I paid the price. And then, I, then later on, I heard Federer saying this and that. You know, I don't think, I don't think he should do it. Of course, he has, he has a right to give his opinion, you know. He is a legend of, of, uh, of, of mixed martial arts, you know. But uh, I didn't like his comment, comment to tell you the truth. It does, I, I don't say he, he, he has no right uh, to give any comment, but I don't think, I don't think he needed, you know, because especially I never, I never gave a comment uh, on his fights, you know, etc., etc., you know, and uh, every, every loss of Federer, I, 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 I was uh, feeling like, like my own, you know, and then uh, to tell you the truth, I, I was disappointed when he was, and he was saying, you know, in some uh, bad way, you know, he, he tried to be polite, but you know, at uh, this, I didn't like the sound. I didn't like the sound, you know. Especially, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we used to fight together in the in the pride ring. So many times we shared a dressing room, and I was fighting in in his town, you know, and he he didn't show up for the press conference. If Feather came to my to my hometown, I would find him a few days before. I would take him to the, to lunch, dinner, whatever, shake hands. To see her, and I saw him only in the ring, you know, only in the ring. But that's that's him. I I I I think and feel different way. But uh, but who cares, you know? At the end of the day, who cares, you know? I I don't feel sorry, and he has a right for his opinion. I have I have my own opinion, and that's it, you know. Have you that's talked to him? The guy that, that huh? Have you talked to him since then? No, I no. We never contact. We, we don't have contact. We don't have contact. I don't have his phone number. He doesn't have my phone number. We are not, we are not in contact, you know. But I always like him, you know, as a, as a, as a fighter, you know. And uh, especially we, especially uh, we have a, a good memories from Japan, both of us. And at the end of the day, we were, we were brothers in arms, you know, sharing a few times the dressing room. And uh, I was, I was, I was. Uh, I was sorry, you know, and uh, for every every loss he has, you know, and I was shocked and I was so sad. And I, at the end of the day, I didn't expect that for him. But enough, enough, enough about Federer. I really wish him all the best. I'm not mad on him. I just don't. I just think he didn't. He shouldn't uh, give that kind of a comments to me. And uh, but 
it's enough, sure. enough about him, you know? You know, in preparing for this interview, I watched some of your old fights, including your fight against Fedor, which a lot of people think might be the greatest fight of all time, and uh, some of your great moments in, in Pride in Japan. Do you, do you miss those moments? Do you still think about those moments a lot? Because when you watch them now, with, with the product that we have in MMA, and you go back and look at some of those, those crowds and the setups and the entrances and the video, and it's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what Pride did back then. Do you think about it a lot, and do you miss it? Yeah, I miss I miss I miss Japan. You know, I miss that I miss the days, and uh, so many things changed ch- changed since then. But uh, talking about fights, I never watched my fights. You know, really, most of most of my fights I have never seen. You know, really or not? Why not? Never. I don't. I just don't like. I don't like to watch it. You know, I remember I watched uh, my fight against Wanderlei Silva, semi-final final fight with George Barrett. I have never seen. Uh, you have no interest. Do you, you think one day you'll watch it or never? Maybe one day. Maybe one day when I'm when, when I've been old man. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll watch it all. But so far I haven't I haven't seen a K1 final yet, and I've just. What I about just, the Fedor fight? I, I, I don't. Huh? Have you seen the Fedor fight? I, I I've seen it. I've seen it in Japan because there was a TV crew. So we uh, after the fight we went through the fights. Uh, to they asked me to give some comments, and uh, but since then I have never seen it again. So you just feel uncomfortable watching yourself? No, no, I just, I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I don't find it too, too interesting, you know, to watching myself, you know, fighting, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Some people like, like to watch themselves, whatever they're doing, but I don't know. It's, what's your, just strange, what's knows? your favorite memory from Japan? Oh, there are so many, so many beautiful memories, you know, so many beautiful memory, memories, you know, and uh, I can't pick one, you know, and uh, one of the memories I will never forget is when I was received uh, uh, by a Japanese prime minister, you know, and uh, in his official residency, it, it was, it was amazing thing, you know, it was amazing thing. It was amazing thing that uh, it was second time in Japan history that uh, that someone out of the politic mm. out of the politic uh, was received uh, in official in official residence, you know, and everything was official. Uh, there was uh, only Tom Cruise was was received once, and uh, after that it was me. Wow. Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise because of that movie. I don't, I can't tell the name, but was it the Last Samurai? Last Samurai, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Because of that movie, he was received in an official audition, and after that, me and and at least at least by then, nobody was received by an official audience at the Prime Minister official residence. But maybe changing in in the meantime, but I don't think so. But I don't think so. So it it, it was really re- really something special, you know. And uh, Mr. Koizumi was a really nice guy. And we talked. And I spent maybe one hour there. And uh, his son his son came there, you know. And we took a lot of photos. And then we there was there was hundreds of journalists and uh, taking a photo, TV cameras, uh, TV crews. It, it was nice, you know. It was nice. But of course, I had I had a beautiful memories, you know, and uh, from Japan. A uh, few times I, I stayed there. I stayed uh, there for the uh, longest. Longest. My longest stay there was seven weeks. Seven weeks, 
and uh, you know I was I was I was going to to to, to the gym. They wanted Pride wanted to organize me uh, 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 some limousine to take me, you know, to to the to the training. It was maybe uh, five six kilometers from uh, from my apartment. They rented me a beautiful apartment. Actually, two apartments. There was a whole team with me. There were six of us in every apartment, three of us. And but I refused. I refused the car because in 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 Tokyo traffic jam. It would take too long, so I asked for the bicycle. <laughs> the bicycle it took us only 15, 20 minutes, you know, and it was it, it was crazy, you know, and so many memories. We were racing to the gym and from the gym. It was it it, it, it was sometimes it was very dangerous, you know, uh, driving driving through the center of Tokyo, you know, and between those cars, you know. But it was it 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 it, 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 it was really special, you know, for me. It was really special. Me. Nice, so many nice memories from Japan. Are you surprised that? Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 nothing. Nothing. Are you, are you surprised that uh, essentially the combat sports scene in Japan is is relatively non-existent now? I mean, there was a time when yeah, millions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I was surprised. I am surprised. And uh, why do you think I that is? About it. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I talked with some people that that uh, that were that were, were working for Pride. And that were, that was very close with Pride. And uh, actually, at the end of the day, I talked with my with my Japanese manager, and uh, who is very capable and very intelligent guy, Mr. Kenny Mai. Mm. And I asked him what happened with Japan. And I said, uh, after Pride died, people just lost interest, you know. And uh, there was, a, of course, I don't want to underestimate anyone, but there was four fighters that. Uh, sorry, uh, there was uh, four fighters that create the big, uh, the, 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 the biggest attraction, you know, and etc. It was Nogueira, Fedor, Vanderlei Silva, and myself, you know. And at the end of the day, we all left. We all left, you know. Uh, I was the first one. I left for uh, for uh, UFC, and after after me, Nogueira and. Uh, uh, Nogueira and uh, Wanderlei Silva, and then UFC bought Pride, and it just martial arts scene just disappeared, you know, because Pride was much stronger, you know, MMA MMA scene was much stronger, much more popular than than K1 kickboxing scene, and uh, I don't know, it's hard to say. My manager claims that uh, people, that uh, the audience that were coming to to Saitama all the time, that they just they just find new heroes, new interest. The, in the meantime, you know, they lost interest. They lost interest because there wasn't attractive fighters like they uh, they were used on, like Nogueira, like Fedor, like Wanderlei, like me, like of course there are many others, you know, like mm-hmm. Rampage Jackson, you know. And uh, it market just died, you know. The market just died. Unbelievable, unbelievable, but unbelievable true. And it makes me it makes me sad, you know. But that's the fact. And then of course UFC made uh, made a big business good business you know and uh, they spread all around the world and uh, they are practically only global MMA organization today and uh, they're doing a great job and uh, they are have they have the best fighters in uh, under their contract and uh, UFC is they are the man today I, I know we're going a little bit over the time that I I said this uh, interview will go. Do you have still a few more no, minutes for okay. us? It's okay. Oh, okay. No, no problem. It's okay. Great. Well, thank you very much. I've always wanted to ask you this. A few things I've always wanted to ask you. 
Right leg hospital, left leg cemetery. Who came up with that? Oh, I don't know. I think I think I think I was talking uh, once with 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 uh, Bas Rutten, and we we were having. I I always had had a good time with him. We were always playing some jokes, and then I don't know. I said it. I said it, but uh, I said it because there was a TV TV crew with them, and they recorded it. But I was talking. I was talking to him, and then he asked me which which leg I'm going to kick him, and I said, ah, I don't know. I think if he's lucky, it will be it will be my uh, my right one. I said why? <laughs> and then I I think I said if I kick him to with the right one, right is cemetery, but leg one is a uh, right one is a hospital, leg one is a, left one is a cemetery. Yeah, I think it, I think it was him. I think it, I, I was talking to him, and then some uh, TV TV crew recorded it, and that, that that's how it went out. And it stuck. It stuck forever. I, I was just joking, you know. I was just joking. I'm a, I'm I, I really like to play jokes, you know. And I was I was just joking, and uh, but uh, that that sentence follows me all the time since then, you know. Like your when you pranked Mauro Ronaldo. Do you remember that? That that video still lives on till this day. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course I remember it like it was yesterday. I uh, I was fighting I was fighting American guy. Uh, Ron Waterman. Ron Waterman, that's right. Ron Waterman. Before Ron, Ron Waterman, right? And and I think Bus 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 came to me and he asked me, okay, please, can you please do it? And Bus told me to do it. Please, please let's. I said, yeah, come on. I don't want I don't I don't want to hurt the guy. You know, to hurt his feeling. Maybe he will be mad. Of, no, no, no. Please, he's okay. <laughs> and then I and then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm it sad was, that he's not that, doing the commentary for your fight. Uh, excuse me, what? Because you know he works for Glory, but uh, he's not going to be there at this fight. He's doing boxing, but it would have been nice to have him call one of your fights again, like old times. Oh, I would like I would like to hear I would like to have him, to, uh, because he's really he's really professional and uh, he's really expert expert for 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 fighting and uh, his comments are really great, you know. Um. You once fought a man by the name of Dos Caras Jr. Do you remember that? Yes, I, I remember him. Do you know what he does now? Huh? Do you know what he does now? The guy who wore that mask. Do you know? Do you know who he is? No. He's a no, very he's a very popular professional wrestler here in uh, the U.S. for uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. You know, and uh, his name is yeah. Alberto Del Rio. And people bring it up sometimes. I was wondering what you were thinking when you had to fight a guy who was wearing a, a luchador mask. I don't know. I don't. I, I can't. I can't remember my my thoughts about that. But I, don't, I, I didn't care too much, you know. I just. I just was wondering: is it is it kind of a hard plastic or, or what, you know? Because I didn't want to hurt my to hurt my hand or or, or, or my leg. But but it was just a cotton, so I, I didn't care, you know. I didn't care. Have you have you paid it? Go I ahead. Him, sorry. But I remember I knocked him out badly, yeah. you know. I knocked him out badly with and- a high kick. And then I think they had to take off the mask because they wanted him to breathe. But it was just—it was just what made Pride so special. One of your great moments was when you you fought uh, Bob Sapp. That was one of the, you know one of the big fights back in the day. Uh, have you been have you been paying attention to what Bob Sapp has been doing lately? He's a very different fighter than when you fought him. Well, uh, as I can as I can say, he lost last of his twenty fights, you know, and uh, I met him one year ago in Japan, you know. Uh, when I fought uh, Japanese pro wrestler in MMA, and uh, I asked him, Bob, why are you doing this? You know, I mean, he's 
exaggeration. You know, he's he's so huge guy because I I saw some some of his uh, fights. You know, he was fighting in Europe. Ninety-nine percent of that of, of that of, of the fights he lost here in Europe. He could kick their asses easily. You know. Yeah. Why he didn't do that? It, it, it looks like. It looked to me. It looks just like he's doing that with, with some attention. You know that he just he just wants to lose the fight. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Yeah. Do you, Unbelievable. And what did he say to you? Um, actually, I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand his answer. He was trying to explain me why, but I di- I didn't understand. I didn't understand. Not because I don't I don't understand English, but I didn't understand what he was trying to to tell me. I said, "Uh huh, okay," but I didn't. But He's a huge guy, enormously strong, you know, and especially in MMA, especially in MMA, especially in MMA, yeah. especially in MMA. And he he was losing the fight with some guy, with the guys who are who are 50, 60 kilograms uh, uh, lighter than he is, and uh, he could beat them easily, easily, you know. I, I, why he he was doing that? I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's not my concern. I like Bob Sapp, you know. He's he's a, he's a good man, you know. You know, I rewatched but, that fight yesterday, and your reaction was unbelievable. It was almost like you were relieved when you beat him because he was so much bigger than you. Is, is that accurate? Like, was that one of the times when you maybe doubted yourself going into a fight just because of the size difference? No, I, I, I had no doubts, you know. But right before, right before me, uh, Bob Sapp knocked out badly and very brutal two times in a row, uh, Ernesto Hust. And I remember that just like it was yesterday. When uh, I was called uh, by my manager, Kenny Mai, and he said, K1 wants you to fight him. He said, but I'm in pride now, you know, and said, yeah, we know, but nobody else wants to take the challenge fighting with him. No, believe it or not, everybody was terrified fighting Bob Sapp, you know, especially after he knocked out Ernesto Host twice in a row. And I said, okay, no problem. No problem, and... uh, but I was happy, you know. I, I make my my my. I, I remember the fight. I, I I remember the expression of my face, you know. Mm. It was it, he was a huge guy, and that time, you know, he was he entered the ring, and before right right before before that fight, he knocked out twice Ernesto Hust. So I had to be I had to be very careful, you know. And uh, I beat him very tactically, very very good you know I, I i kick him first to deliver and then i connect my my left left jab straight straight uh, right uh, right above the eye and i broke his and i broke his bone yeah and i put his bone inside and he had to he had to go to the surgery the same night you know to to, to take it out so it was very very painful and uh, but i was happy of course because of that and he was he was he was a beast you know he was the beast, and he is still a beast, you know. But I think if if he if he changes something in his training or in his mind, he he would still be very very dangerous, you know. Uh, especially in MMA, he's just a beast, you know. He's he's a big, strong guy with uh, devastating uh, punches, you know, and enormously strong. When I remember his fight, his uh, his fight with Nogueira, with Mm. Notauro, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Notauro survived the hell, you know, but he he ran out of stamina, so Nogueira submitted him, you know. But until then, I don't, I I believe you, you saw that fight. Yes, it was it was the it, it was the craziest fight I ever seen. It was the craziest, and I couldn't believe that 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 that, that Notauro was able to survive all all that things that happened to him. 
What a he time. almost broke his spawn. Unbelievable. Um, it, it was crazy fight, you know. Unbelievable. I miss those days. Now I feel like I, I wish we could go back. You know, this past uh, weekend, a UFC fighter came out to this song. I want to play this song for you right now. And I want to ask you, what do you think when you hear this song? When this song plays in your mind? Well, what do you think? I think we're going to play it for you right now. Do we have it? Yes, this song. You know this song, Mirko? I can't hear it really. Let I think you're familiar with it. Oh, wild boy. That's mine. Yes, that's your song. A fighter in the UFC came out to it this past weekend, and everyone said, wait a second, that's Mirko Krokop's song. You can't use that song. And I've always wanted to ask you, where did this song come from for you? Why do you always come out to this song? Well, it, it was, it was uh, before, I, before I, 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 I went to Japan, and uh, I had to decide. You know, I knew that... Uh, of course, if you are a bad fighter, image cannot help you. you know? But if you, co if you connect image, good image, and uh, good fighting abilities, you can make a lot. You, know? you can earn more money and everything. You know? You'll be more re people will recognize you, etc. So I had to pick up the song. You know? And uh, my uh, friend of mine, Orsat, the guy, the guy, the guy who, who, is a, a who is my present manager, who who offered me a fight at Ray Sefo after I left UFC. It was actually, we talked about song and he suggested, what do you think about you and you and the Wild Boys? I said, I'm mad about you and you and I, I like to listen to Wild Boys. I knew that song, okay. And then we listened, listened that song uh, again together and said, that's it. That's wow. it. I approve it and uh, yeah, it, it became my song. That's right. You know, let's talk uh, quickly about Glory here, and then uh, we'll let you go. And we thank you so much for the time. This has been really great. Um, you're now with Glory, and you have this fight. They're coming to your backyard. They're coming to Zagreb. And this weekend here in the United States, fans can watch it on Spike TV. And it's a rematch for you against Remy Bonjaski, a fight that you had 12 years ago. What do you think about Glory, what they've been doing as of late? Because they really seem to have uh, taken over the spot that K1 once had. And here in the United States, they're developing a, a very loyal following. The ratings on Spike are fantastic thus far. Yeah, Glory is doing a, a great job, a great job. And uh, what is UFC and MMA today? That's Glory in the world of kickboxing, you know. Only global organization today. K1 is, is in, a, in a problem. At the end of the day, K1 is not making a new tournaments anymore. And uh, Glory, Glory put all top fighters on one place, under one flag, and uh, they're doing a great job. They're doing a great job. They're very professional, you know. They're very professional. And I saw it here in Zagreb, you know, the way they are, do, they are paying attention for every possible detail. And uh, they are doing a great job. They are doing a great job. And my congratulations, you know. And uh, they are making a great shows. They have a top fighters and they are very, very attractive. Just like uh, K1 was in uh, the end of 90s and, uh, and, uh, and practically until the end, a few years ago. You know, and uh, until the last year, but they are they are taking they are taking over now, and uh, they took all the fighters, you know, and uh, that's it. They are doing the right job, and I'm really glad that they are have so big ratings, you know, on the on the among uh, American fans, and uh, that's a great thing. Are you going to just stick with Glory for now, or are you still going to fight for other promotions? Well, I I don't have an exclusive exclusive uh, contract with Glory. We made a deal for this only for this one particular fight, and uh, I have I have few offers, you know, in uh, 
until the summer. So I will see which one I will take. Most likely I will fight again for glory. They are making an event in New York. And, Ooh. Uh, and That'd be great. Most, most likely. very. But of course, I, I need... Let's go. I... I'm uh, I'm experienced guy, you know. Let's go step after step. First, I need to win, and I need to beat Remy Bunyaski again, and then I will I will take one week one week rest, and then I will make plans, you know. But most likely, you know, if it happens in 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 New York, as I heard in June, most likely I will I will come and fight there. And of course, I ha- I have some other offers from uh, from uh, legend from Russian organization, and uh, but we will see, you know. Let's go step by step. I think that's the best, you know. That's the best. And what did you think about this uh, matchup when they offered it to you against Remy? Because you beat him 12 years ago. Was this a fight that you wanted to do again? No, actually, I didn't want that fight, you know. And uh, uh, originally, I supposed to fight with Peter Art. And then, then uh, everything was set up, you know. And then Peter said that he's, uh, he's, going, to, to, he's going to retirement and uh, he doesn't want to fight anymore. And then, you know, we needed a big name, especially in Zagreb. You cannot bring some unknown name. We needed a big name, and everybody knows Remy as a three-time K1 champion, true legend of kickboxing, you know, and uh, that's why. At the end of the day, it wasn't, it wasn't my option. It wasn't my choice. But at the end of the day, this is just a, a sport competition, you know, and uh, I, I, I will do my best. Remy will do his best, and... Uh, let a, let a better man win. I hope that will be me because I was training hard and fighting in, 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 my, in, my, in my hometown and uh, it will be a war. A lot of fans, especially in MMA, are very excited about the possibility of seeing Mirko Krokop versus Pat Barry too, especially since he has signed with Glory. Are you interested in this fight? Have they talked to you about it? No, nobody mentioned me. I heard that, that, that Pat, actually Pat sent me a message that he signed with Glory, but... Uh, we are both professionals, you know, but uh, after our fight in UFC, you know, Pat, uh, Pat came few, two or three times. He came in Zagreb, in my town, you know, and, and, and we, we sparred together, you know. He helped me with preparation, and uh, he's really extraordinary guy, really nice guy, and uh, I like him a lot. I like him a lot, and uh, I don't think I, I, I will fight with him, you know, because he spent so many time here, you know, and... Uh, we have so many dinners and lunches together, you know. He was having a dinner with, with, with my family, you know, and uh, his girlfriend was him, uh, was with him here, you know. So I don't know. But because, you know, if this is a, a tennis or something, you know, that, that we are throwing a ball through the net, across the net, that's something different. You know? But this is a sport when you, when you have to hurt, when you, when, you have to, when you have to hurt your opponent, you know. And uh, I don't want that I want to hurt I don't say that I will, that I will kick his ass, you know. Mm. I, I don't say that. But uh, at the end of the day, both of us will be hurt in that fight. I just, I just want to, to 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 punch or kick my 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 friend, you know. By the way, I've always wanted Maybe. to ask. Sorry, oh. that video of you guys singing, um, yeah. "California Dreaming" in the car. Did you know that he was recording you? I I knew it, but I didn't I didn't knew that he is going to to publish it. <laughs> Were you mad? No, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. But I, I thought he was recording it for uh, for our for us, you know. But <laughs> that was great. I love that video. We just played it a couple yeah. of weeks ago on the show. You were so good. You knew all the yeah. words. It was amazing. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. California Dream. Of course, I know. I know. I know. I know the whole the whole song. Do you want to sing it for us right now? Uh, I'm a bad singer. Okay. Fair enough. Um, a lot of fans want to know. All are the leaves are all the leaves <laughs> around, and the sky is gray, and the sky is gray. 
Wow. I've been for I've been for a walk on a winter's day, on a winter day. Uh, oh, that that was keep going, keep going. It's great. No, come on. I have to shine now. Oh wow, that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to top that. Uh, a lot of people want to know: Are you on Twitter? There there are some accounts out there, and they want to no. talk to you. You're not on Twitter. I, I I have a Facebook profile, but I'm not on Twitter. You're not on Twitter, okay, because uh, there were some out there. We wanted to make sure about that. And the uh, final thing for you, Mirko, uh, actually two last things. Are you going to come back to MMA? Are you still going to fight in MMA? Definitely, definitely, no, definitely, definitely. I, will, I, have, I have a few offers for, uh, for uh, MMA fights already, you know, but I will, I, will, I will go first. Of course, I cannot uh, fight uh, Glory and, and MMA in the same time, but depends on the schedule. Let me, let me finish the f- first fight now, and then I will see what is the glory schedule, you know, and uh, then I will see, you know, where I have a hole to put, put MMA fight. But I like both. I, I'm, enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, you know. My final question to you, Mirko, and once again, thank you so much. Uh, you're still writing your history right now, but you look back, greatest moment of your career. What's the one moment that sticks out above the rest? I don't know. It's hard to say, you know. Maybe the fight. I don't know. Maybe every fight was the most important fight for me. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, because I was I was complete underdog that fight, and uh, everybody expected me to 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 lose the fight when I when I had my uh, first MMA fight against Fujita, you know. Mm. And I and I caught him with the knee, and I and I I made a huge damage to him. I made practically a hole in his head, you know. He had to went to the hospital right away, and uh, maybe it was the moment when I was the happiest. Really? In, 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 yeah. Why so? Why so happy? You've had so many fights since then, so many great moments. Why? Why was that one? Yeah, but yeah, but it, it was my first MMA fight. I I, I came there uh, completely unprepared for the MMA uh, rules of fighting. I had I knew nothing about uh, wrestling about. Uh, a ground fighting, about uh, uh, jiu-jitsu, nothing, 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 and uh, I managed, I managed to beat a guy who was a huge, huge favorite in, in that fight, and uh, I was just underdog, and uh, I beat him, you know, in the first round after what, less than one minute, you know, I caught him with the knee. Thirty-nine I seconds. I was, I, I was training, I was training that knee. It wasn't a lucky punch or lucky kick, whatever, you know. I was training that knee. I knew that. I won't have too much chance, but I was studying his fight, uh, his previous fights, and I knew he will he will go for a, for a double leg. He will shoot a double leg, and my only chance was to kick him straight to the uh, straight to the face with my knee. And it happened just like I just like I was preparing. Wow. You know? And uh, Marco Ruas, Marco Ruas was preparing me for that fight, and he made that strategy for me, and uh, I was so happy and proud, you know. But so many good moments. K1. K1 belt, uh, Pride Grand Prix championship, you know. It was an amazing fight with Nogueira, amazing fight with Fedor, you know. So many, you know, great fights. I felt great uh, during my UFC days because of, uh, UFC fans and uh, they supported me like nobody ever before, you know. And uh, losing or winning, you know, they, they were treating me like a king there and uh, I, I felt very proud, you know. Even when, even when I fought with, against American opponent, the, the 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 most most of the arena or uh, was on my side and 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 screaming my name. So I had really good moments in my in my career and uh, some really unforgettable moments, and I'm very proud of it. 
I'm assuming you've watched the Fujita fight again, right? Since it's such a great moment for you. Well, in the last 10 years, I haven't seen it. Wow. Maybe it's time to pop it in. Maybe before this fight on Saturday to get those, uh, those juices flowing, the motivation, you'll watch that fight. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm prepared and uh, I'm, I'm mentally strong now and I have no injuries. That's, that's most important. And uh, I feel, I feel uh, very confident. Well, Mirko, I got to say, uh, I love the fact that Glory is uh, bringing you into the mix. I love the fact that they're in Croatia. This is going to be great. And I love the fact that we can watch it live here in the United States. Actually, it won't be live. It'll be slightly taped late, but we can watch it nonetheless on Spike TV. It's this Saturday, Glory 14 from Zagreb, Croatia. It's a big rematch between Mirko Krokop and Remy Bonjaski, a rematch that is 12 years in the making. Uh, two legends, and uh, you, my friend, are a living legend. What an honor it has been for us to give you, to give us an hour of your time here. I know it's late over there in Croatia. Uh, uh, I, I can, I can. They say here in the uh, in the U.S. you have a bucket list of things you want to do in your career. I can cross this one off my list. I got to interview Mirko Krokop. Thank you so much for the time and best of luck to you and continued success to you as long as you want to fight. Don't listen to anyone. Do it for as long as you'd like. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, and you're welcome. All the best to you. Thank you so much, Mirko. Hope to do it again. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. There he is, the one and only. Let's play that song as he leaves. Give me a little Wild Boys. Not that one, not that one, the other one, the Wild Boys. There it is. Let's just bask in it for a second. We just talked to Mitch Kokop, my friends, for almost an hour. 56 minutes. And two months ago, just two months ago, I was on this show, sitting in this chair, telling you that my... My dream interview of 2014, the one interview, the one guy that has eluded me throughout my career, Mirko Krokop Filipovich. Let us welcome into the studio for the very first time, BC Zone, Canada Zone. Now, of course, a member of the TriStar Gym in Montreal, the one and only the number one contender in the UFC's welterweight division, Rory Mack, Rory McDonald. How are you? I'm good. How are I didn't you? recognize you. What's this new look? It's a, it's, a, it's a new old look. What happened to the hair? I just woke up one morning and I figured shave my head. When was this? A few days ago. Why? I don't know. It was just... You were tired of it? I just woke up and I was like, I just don't want hair today. You look like the water boy now. You know what I mean? The <laughs> yeah. old school Roy McDonald. Yeah. A lot younger. It just sounds, there's some, are you going to let it grow back or are you done with that? I don't know. I'm just going to... I think... I, I was thinking last night I'm going to shave the sides of my head. Really? Yeah. I have like a mohawk or something. You don't seem like the mohawk type. <laughs> I know. It's weird. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just, I just go with how I feel. Um, and you're wearing, it's the first time someone joins us wearing a tank top in studio. Uh, and Sorry. it's very cold outside. No, it's, it's No, it's not that cold, actually. I was, I'm sweating when I got in here. Oh, that's why you, you yeah. but I'm intimidated. Look at these guns. I mean, you, you do not seem 170 right now. No, I'm You seem like not. 200. Yeah. Somewhere. You're a big guy. I didn't realize you get so big. Yeah. Yeah. I, I balloon up a little bit. Nothing out of control, though. Especially here in New York with all the food. Yeah, and I'm training hard, too. So Why are you in New York? I'm training at Henzo Gracie Academy. Because you have the Metamorphosis match yeah. coming up on November yeah. 22nd. You'll be competing against JT Torres. I got to say, I was, uh, I was very surprised when I heard that you'll be a part of Metamorphosis, only because we don't usually think of you as a jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah. Why did you do this? Why did you agree to this? I love jiu-jitsu. I mean, I've been doing jiu-jitsu since I was 14 years old. and It it's actually was the martial art that really 
was stapled in my mind that this is what I want to do. You know, I want to do martial arts for the rest of my life. You know, it was the first thing I fell in love with. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I haven't really got to show that in a long time. I haven't been able to do a grappling match or a grappling tournament in a long time. I've really focused just on MMA. And, you know, the timing was right after this fight. And, you know, I have kind of a layoff between my next fight. So why not? I'm no BJJ expert. You know, I watch, I follow, especially when the MMA guys cross over. But I'm told JT Torres, your opponent, this guy's legit. Yeah. He, he's, he's a real... You know, experienced veteran of BJJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you he's a world any, champion. Did you have any say in, in, in who you'd be competing against, or did they say, all right, uh, this is the match we want? You know, they gave me two names, and I, I texted Faraz. I'm like, oh, these two guys. And uh, Faraz told me JT, so I was like, I just texted them back. Who was the other one? Do you remember? I, don't, I can't remember. Um, do you have any idea why he, saw, he thought that JT was the right guy for you? Um, I wasn't. I didn't really ask. I just said, "Okay." <laughs> Did you have to ask him for permission to do this? Not so much no. permission, but his advice. Like, would you do it if? No, I just told him one day I'm going to do it. <laughs> really? And what was his reaction? He said, "It's awesome." Really? Yeah. I, I'm. I'm worried about this. I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. You, you're. 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 You're flying high now, right? I mean, yeah. you've had such a tremendous year. You're the number one contender in the UFC's welterweight division, and I'm afraid that you're going to look human in this match. <laughs> you know, like you seem. You seem superhuman these days, especially finishing Tarek Safadine, yeah. which was an amazing feat, and we'll get to that. Are you afraid that maybe, you know, you're, you're going to seem a little too normal in this match, and it's going to take away some of that luster? Maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> you're not concerned at all? I'm going to win. You're going to win? Yeah. You're not going there just to have, like, like Chael. Chael just kind of went, you know, he needed... Oh, I'm going to have fun. Don't right. get me wrong. But I'm going to win. I, I, uh, I don't go into something with a loser's mindset okay i'm going to beat this guy i'm going to i'm going to take his food you know um have you been watching him a lot no i don't never watch my opponents even in this world because i feel like it's so technical (laughs) you know it's not a fight yeah it's i i take the same mindset though in anything you know i'm just going to do my thing you know he's he's good but i know i'm good too so i'll just oppose my my will on him um when's the last time you competed in any kind of bjj tournament or one-off something like that been a while, right? Since I was like 15, 16 wow. years old, yeah. Pre-UFC. Yeah. Yeah, how old were you when you got into the UFC? Like 18, 19? 19 was my first fight. Yeah, so, and Metamorphs, have you been watching this? Because it's, 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 yeah. it's very interesting what they yeah. do. You know, Henzo's in the main event, Yeah. Uh, if you want to call it that. Um, do you really think that it can take the next step, like be a, a household sport, like this is going to be on TV, or yeah. do you think it'll always be kind of a niche thing? I think it would be huge. I mean, jiu-jitsu is super popular. It's growing in popularity, and... It's a great sport to just, you know, get into, watch, and take part in. So, I mean, I like it. You watch it? Yeah. Like, at home, if you see a clip or something, or if you know it's online, you'll watch it? Oh, yeah. You don't think it's boring? No. No? No, not at all. You prefer watching that over MMA? No. You watch MMA? Yeah. Good fighters. Like, you know, I don't watch every single fight, but, you know, I I like watching skilled fighters. Yeah, for sure. Who's a fighter that you like to watch? Like, who's someone you admire? There's so many, man. There's so many new guys coming up that really excite me. Um, You know, Conor McGregor. I saw you guys tweeting. Yeah, he's, yeah, I'm really impressed by him. Why? Uh, He's on the cutting edge of some stuff, I think. Like what? With his movement and striking, it's... uh, it's got my attention for sure. You really? Know? And I want to emulate some of it for sure. Okay. You know, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah. You watch him and you study him? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say study. I just watch and, you know, I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, maybe I can try to work that a bit. And you know. I was very surprised when I saw you tweet him mm-hmm. um, because he's so different 
mm-hmm. than you are, right? right. I mean, he, he's, he's very brash. He's cocky. You guys dress similar, right? I mean, I, I'm sure you appreciate his, yeah. his attire. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you think of his whole package? Like, he's really taking the UFC by storm. He's one of the biggest stars all of a sudden. Do you appreciate that? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing the right thing to get uh, noticed quick, you know? I mean, but I think he would have done it anyway with his skill set. I, I, I'm more of a fan of his skills, you know. I, you know, the way he talks is the way he talks, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more of a fan of, like, uh, you know, it, it, his work in the cage. Can you tell us, like, what impresses about his actual fighting? Like, is there something in particular, like, wow, this guy does this really well? His movement, his confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a lot of little technical things that he does with his striking that, you know, I, I think uh, I, could, I could use, and I, I like it. You know, it's new. You want to train with him? Yeah, yeah. Would sure. you go to Share Ireland? Ideas. Yeah, I would, yeah. Are you considering it? Maybe. I haven't really put too much thought into it. Well, you have a lull, right, after, after the metamorphosis thing, which is in just, you know, three weeks' yeah, time. Yeah, but I'll, I'm going to be busy. What are you going to be doing? I'm going to be going around California, I think, doing some training there, too. Where? Working with some, I don't know, all around, as many people as possible. AKA? R- Ronda's or? another one I think is really, yeah. really good. Her judo's, you know, really impressive, how she uses it in, in MMA. And I'm usually not a fan of women's MMA. Why not? Uh, I just don't. I just don't watch it. <laughs> but she's like the only one that right. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I, super skilled. I like watching skilled fighters, and I think that she uses her skill super well. Do you want me to set it up? <laughs> if you or, want, or sure. you, th- you think you can handle it? Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out, I'm sure. But I'm curious, because I've heard, I've had fighters, you know, who just said it recently on the show? Oh, Ian McCall last week was talking about women's MMA as well. Uh, do you feel like they're just not up to you guys as far as the talent level, the competition? Why uh, don't you appreciate watching it? Or you just I, not like I, seeing women get punched? I don't know what it is. Um, I I find they, they fight with a lot of emotion, mm. you know, and uh, sometimes the technique gets thrown out the back door right. a lot of the time. Not all the time, but and don't get me wrong, I respect them. Right. They fight hard. <laughs> There's no joke. Like, uh, But uh, it's not something that I watch a lot. Ronda, would you say there's a big gap between her and the rest, so maybe it's not that interesting? Like, every time she fights, she's such a huge favorite. She's I, I watch her fights. Always. Yeah. I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't say always. I mean, I just, when it's on, I'll, I'll watch it, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so you're coming off, as I mentioned, you're coming off this win over Tarek Safadine, and mm-hmm. it was such a great moment for you because it was in Canada, your first main event. They were dangling that title shot and everything. And mm-hmm. I know you said all this stuff beforehand, and, and you usually say this, but, but, but after the fact, honestly, did you feel like you needed to finish him to prove a point that you are the number one contender? Because it seems like no one complains about this now that you're the number one contender. But I, I, I feel like if it would have gone the distance, they would have said, well, you know, I want to see one more. You know how this sport is. People yeah. want to see finishes. Yeah. Right? That's the big criticism. Did you feel like you needed that in the back of your mind? I didn't think about it. Really? Um, I was in a really good state of mind for that fight, and I was just letting things like happen. I just wanted to be the best I could do that night, you know, and whatever happened, happened. I really tried to not think about the title shot, what was next. I was just enjoying the moment. Why were you in such a good good state of mind? I don't know. I just was. I was hungry, you know. I'm so hungry this year. Mm. You know, after that Robbie Lawler fight, I mean, just I feel like on another level. Something changed. Yeah. Because it was taken away from you? You were so close and you, you had to yeah. work your way back up? I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a wake-up call or something. It was something that just triggered me and, you know, I feel like, I'm like a lion this year, you know. No one's going to stop me. Did you uh, change anything in your life, in your personal life, in your training after that? I mean, did you did you do anything drastic or was it just a mental thing? Um, mental. Mental adjustment. Uh, a few things in my training, but, you know, 
mental is a biggie. I've talked about this on, on this show. I, I, I kind of feel bad for you in a sense, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I sympathize, you know, but here's the thing. You were so close to that title shot, right, against mm. Robbie Lawler. Now you're back. You got the mm. title shot, and it was perfect. It was perfect timing because George was leaving, and now okay. he's coming back, and he's, he's raining <laughs> on your parade, and by the way, I think he's coming back. Okay. Do you think he's coming back? I have no idea. But it's like you had to work your way back up, and he was gone, and you didn't have to answer the questions, and now I feel like you have to answer the questions all the time. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, no, I can you tell I'm, him to just take a chill for two years, let you get the title shot, secure his... He's, he's not even back. To, he's just starting martial arts training, so he's got a long road ahead of him, I'm sure. I mean, it's not that long. He was just cleared. Yeah. The that, timing. Do you see what's happening here with the timing? It's going to make your life <laughs> hell. I feel like you're going to go nuts on the media because they keep asking you. Uh, I'm it, sure it won't be a problem. You don't think it will? No. Were you there when he came back? Came back to TriStar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't there that day. I think I came back like the, the next day or something like that from bc he told me he felt humiliated because he was so you know he had regret i mean humiliated he probably has very high standards right right but he said it was just it was like you know getting back you know trying to ride a bike for the first time after a long oh, time like okay. his skills were a little you know they, they, yeah, they were a little yeah. rusty yeah um that's natural though of course yeah but you do you do you, you, you sense that there's like a collision about to happen here no 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 but the I timing is so strange right I mean, all of a sudden, you get George back to that title <laughs> shot, and then he's, and then he, oh, guess, guess who's back all of a sudden? We thought we were in the clearing, now guess who's back? Uh, neither of us is the champ right now. That's true. And I'm going for the championship. I'm going to take that belt, and no one's going to stop me. You think that he'll, he'll, he'll let you do your thing? I'm sure. Have you ever had a private conversation with him about all this? Not really. It's just kind of an understanding. Is it a bit annoying sometimes when Dana White always says, like, you know, when push comes to shove, they'll do it? I don't pay too much attention about it, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay, it's 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 an annoying thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they 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 announced that you're getting the title shot. Yeah, but they haven't said when. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, of they course have the, to, they have to fight. Right. The two but have they given you like a tentative so at least you could plan? Okay, March, April. That that's that's kind of the. Yeah, a lot of people think it's gonna be March in Montreal, which would be really good timing for me. And but, great uh, for you because you train in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be awesome, but. Uh, I mean, you got to see when these guys, how, how the fight goes, right? They might get injured. They might need surgeries. Who knows, right? So uh, I hope the winner is healthy and they'll be ready to fight, in, you know, ASAP. That's the worst, right? When they give you the title shot and then the champion, the guy who wins the fight gets injured and then you have mm -hmm. to fight someone else. Like it's happened to Verdum. Mm -hmm. It's happened to a bunch of people, right? Yeah. So you're just praying no serious injuries because you don't praying, care. I'm not praying for anything. I'm just going to take it how it goes. Will you watch it? Yeah. Well, Live? Yeah. Well, You're yeah. interested in that, right? Yeah, I'll be there. You're going to the fight? Yeah, UFC's taking me there oh. for it, yeah. Do you think they'll bring you in the cage? I hope not. <laughs> you don't like that? No. <laughs> Why? It's not... part of the promotion. If if they want me to, I'll do it. But You're not, not going to go out there and ask to do it? No. <laughs> no. Will you try to ramp things up as far as media and, 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 and your persona leading up? Because this is, this is the big payday, right? This is the big deal. This is what you've been working for your whole life. Yeah. You will do that. Oh, like ramp, ramp it up? Yeah. No, just be myself, man. I know, but this is this is where you can cash in, right? The big title fight in Canada uh, and Montreal. You cash in when you're the champion and you okay. hold the belt. Right. That's when you're making your money. Um, but what about like your 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 media? I mean, let's be honest. You reached. You told me you were coming to this. I feel like you're starting to warm up to the media. I like talking to you. Just me. I'll take that. You don't want to do any other media. That's fine by <laughs> I me. No, I have to do other. I you don't really have to. You could tell the UFC. I could be your guy. <laughs> Anytime you want to get something out there, a message. Okay. I, I have done that in the past. You have, and it worked out great, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. 
everyone loves to talk about your persona and stuff like like okay. that, that you're in on this. But I kind of feel like you're, you know, this is the thing. Like, we have some people, I was talking about this earlier, like, Rhonda, this girl, Bech Kohea. You know Bech Kohea? Mm. She's a, a women's fighter, right? Okay. And she's coming up there. And there's the four horsewoman. You know okay. the four horsewoman? I've heard about it, yeah. Yeah, Rhonda, Marina Shafir, Jessamine Duke, and Shayna okay. Baszler, right? Okay. The problem is they're all losing and she's winning. Okay. Okay, so, so they're... they're Everyone's picking on them. So this girl keeps winning and she's putting down the numbers. People are getting very excited about this. Ooh, four, three, two, one. She wants to go after Rhonda. Okay. And Rhonda loves this because she's a big pro wrestling fan and she's talking about how, oh, this is a good storyline. I'm going to now go after her after she beat my teammates and things like that. Okay. But I feel like that's, that's breaking down the fourth wall. You get what I'm saying? You can't talk about the storyline. You just let the, have to let the storyline play out. And that's right. where I think you're brilliant because yeah. everyone likes to talk about you like, oh, Canadian psycho, this and that. But you never acknowledge it. You yeah. always kind of like say, like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And I think that's, I feel like you know, but you never <laughs> actually acknowledge it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is yeah. all, you, you all, you planned all of this. You know what? Everything else outside of the, those walls in the cage is just a big illusion. And mm. I try to separate myself as much as possible from it. Why an illusion? Because I, for me, my, my personality, I need to separate myself from those, that social, thing for me to concentrate completely on what i'm doing mm -hmm. to be that in that focus in that mind state of uh you know of hurting someone or taking something from someone so uh yeah i i just i separate all that in my head you know and that's maybe why the look comes out or the personality is mm -hmm. but i um yeah i don't i don't know i just even I'm when not you into say that stuff even when you say hurt someone mm -hmm. it's kind of scary you know what i mean like you yeah. use certain words that other people don't use. Is that on purpose? Just talking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Does it annoy you when people compare you and say you're the Canadian psycho and all that? I don't like psycho. You don't like that word? No. Do you see the similarities? Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, but I mean, it's just because maybe my hair was the same or something. I, I don't, don't know. know. One time you were, I think it was prior to the BJ Penn He was fight. very charismatic. I don't yeah, but you don't have to be exactly <laughs> him. Are you trying to say you're not? I don't think so. No, I think you are. I okay. think, but it's a different kind of charisma. Okay, all right. You were getting your hands uh, wrapped while wearing a suit. Yeah. That thanks. was unbelievable. You should do that every time, by the way. <laughs> I think I did it like once or twice. It gets BJ. It was just the timing of the situation. Who gets their hands wrapped while wearing a nice suit? I've never seen this before. It just worked out that it's way. A very... It wasn't a planned thing. But you, you understood how it came across. Right, yeah. This is like, this is a guy, you know, like you come dressed up for the funeral almost. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. But you don't plan any of that. No. Wow. Just go with the flow, man. Do you, do you study things like that? I mean, do you, do you, do you study characters? That you, don't, you don't pay attention to any of that stuff. Because you I have to I just want to be me. Really. But you, you have yeah. to acknowledge that marketing and things of that nature, that helps, right? Mm -hmm. You have something. You're not just a guy. You're not just a fighter who goes into the cage. Because if you were, I don't think people would be fan of yours. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, George has this thing. George is a guy. Connor has this thing. Yeah. Ron, you, that's part of the sport as well. Yeah. Do, you, do you just let it happen? I let it happen. Really? Yeah. Do you feel like you've evolved? Uh, I've, I've grown more confident with experience, mm. I think. I feel like you are conscious of it in a way because you even changed your nickname. Yeah. You're Aries now. Yeah, I didn't really like people calling me Waterboy, though. Why is that? Because it was more of like a, it was a name given to me in a gym. And it was kind of like, you know, like poking fun at me a little bit. It, it was fine, like on the inner circle. Where did but it come from? You know the movie The Waterboy? Sure, sure. Okay, well, I used to like, in in their fight training, I used to like remind people of that, that guy, Adam Sandler. Because you had like superhuman strength? 
No, I would just like flip out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? When someone pissed you off? Yeah. Really? And, and I would just like flip a switch and they would say, oh, the water boy, you know? You have a bad temper? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Always still? No, it's getting better. So what, what pisses you off? I don't know. Oh, you know. <laughs> is, is, is there something like when a guy goes too hard in practice or tries to injure you? Like, uh, that, I think that is just instinct to win, you know? Right. Well, you know, yeah. I just flips the switch, I guess. But I, mean, I try to... I try to tame that because I think I, if I uh, keep that on the side till I really need it, you know, I let my skill do the work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a really bad temper too. Mm. I've worked on it as well. Like I play basketball and I'm a total lunatic. Yeah. So I'm curious how, how you kind of, you, you keep it down or do you feel like you've, you've been able to conquer that or at least... Martial arts helps me. Really? I mean, yeah. Finding that at 14 really helped me. I really find it's like an outlet for me and uh, I don't need to be aggressive in my everyday life but they still called you the water boy when you were doing martial arts yeah so it took some time yeah i'm still working on it right it is a good nickname though i must admit it's funny i guess yeah i just i just got annoyed by it when like strangers would come up to me and call me that don't look at my twitter after okay (laughs) i I said the water boy is here just because you look you look like you look doesn't you look like the old rory again that's why i was a little shocked when i saw you yeah i just felt like a change yeah maybe i'll change it again who knows and where'd you come up with the aries i don't know i was just i was desperate for a change it i was getting like i just just wanted to to stop you know what does that mean aries it's a god of war god of war jesus Uh that's scary stuff i guess it's just like like it's like it's like where I like the like the persona or like uh, the mind frame I want to be in when I'm in the cage, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you gave it to yourself, or yeah, that's a, just you can't you can't give yourself a nickname. Probably Waterboy was given to me, but I hated people calling right. me, so I had to change it, and I wasn't willing to wait around for it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> do you miss home? Yeah, yeah. Would you prefer to be living there? Is it like do you have to live in Montreal, and then when it's done, you're gonna go back? Yeah, pretty much. You don't want to be there. Well, I want to be there for the training and the martial arts and, you know, the guys there. But uh, I, when I when I retire from this sport, I'll be living in B.C. Yeah. Why do you feel like you need to be in Montreal? Why can't you get the same thing or close to it well, in B.C.? Do you know what? It's it's the coaching. It's the it's the setup that they have at TriStar and in Montreal that I really like. The mm-hmm. guys are really professional, um, a high level, a skill level. <clears throat> and uh, working with Faraz is priceless. Uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, he's he's super skilled and really we we've got a a good bond now and he's been able to really teach me and help me evolve as a martial artist. We were talking about this earlier and uh I think you've helped change this as of late, but I I'm concerned about Canadian MMA. Okay. I I don't feel like there are enough <laughs> Rory McDonald's coming up these days. And my theory is that there aren't any good local shows cultivating this talent. What do it's you think? For, yeah, it's hard for guys to get fights in Canada and and it's hard for guys to get brought up to the states to fight because you know the local shows aren't really making as much money right so to get, to pay like you know a thousand bucks for this guy's <clears throat> airline ticket and whatnot it it's a little much for these smaller shows for these less experienced guys right there's not enough shows in in Canada for them to fight on um but there's a lot of guys that I think are gonna make it big you know uh Faraz's brother, Eamon, mm. super skilled. He, he's, he's trying to make a career out of it. He's really good. Man. Really? I, I, I haven't talked about his goals with him, but I, I think he's very good. What's his record? I don't know. I always thought that he was just you know, being groomed to be a coach. 
Because he corners uh, you guys as well. Yeah, yeah, he was in my corner um, against yeah. Tyrone. Yeah. What weight? Um, I think he's forty-five. Yeah, he's smaller, right? Yeah. So he's one guy that comes to mind. That was gonna be my next question. Yeah. Who are some guys that we should look out for? Yeah, him. Uh, there's so many guys there, man. It's it's kind of hard. Do you feel like people treat yeah. you differently now that you're the number one contender in the gym? Uh, I I don't think so. I'd like to think not. Right. I like. Because yeah. when you came in, what was after the Carlos fight, right? Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. And also guys have, you know, adjusted to me you right. know, over the years. So I think the bond is still the same. What, what, what about the way they treat you, like when they train with you? Because, you know, there's this epidemic going on in MMA. Everyone's getting injured. Right. You know, so you, you know, you're, you're holding on to the lottery ticket now. You got the title shot. You got what everyone wants, right? right. You tell them to this, you're like, no, let's not go too hard. Let's not, you know, like, the, no. no one. It's a problem, though, right? I mean, the guys are getting so close to their dreams. Right. Look at Cain Velasquez. I mean, he's champion. He, he can't fight. He's getting injured all the time. Right. And you think it's a, from well, sparring partners going too hard or something? I or? Think, well, I have many theories. But one of them is I, I almost feel like the MMA gym setup is not ideal for you guys, for the pros. Okay. You know, they're banging into each other. People are, you know, getting knocked over. They're, they're, they're you know, rolling into, you know, like you guys are okay. all training and say it's, it's yeah. not like that in boxing. You don't have like eight guys in a ring <laughs> and bumping into each other. That's yeah. the first problem, right? Yeah. The second problem I feel like is that there's just so much at stake, and especially when you become champion, you can't really look what happened when Kane, you know, he fought with a with a bum knee, got knocked out in 61 seconds mm. or something like that. There's just so much at stake, and, you know, you guys have this this thing in the back of your mind or hanging in the belt, seat. it's like two fights are gone from the UFC. No professional athlete, in my opinion, has the pressure that you guys have, you know? You know, you know like, to make it to the NFL, I know I know that the, 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 the shelf life of an NFL player is... Is, is pretty short compared to other sports, but when you're there, you make a lot of money. Mm. You guys, it takes a long time to make that money. Yeah. And if you go on a you know, two, three fight losing streak, you're gone. Mm-hmm. It's too much pressure. There's a lot of pressure, for sure. Um, I try to not to think about the You money. never think about it. Oh, I do think about it, but like when I'm training in the gym or when I'm fighting, money is so far away from my, where my mind is. Right. You know, it's... That's that's for another time when I'm at home thinking about that specifically, you know, and I have to manage that. But yeah, when I'm at martial arts or I'm in a fight, it's strictly focused on that. In this day and age, I I commend and I look up, and without you guys, I wouldn't have a job, right? But I wonder mm-hmm. sometimes, what's the incentive to become an MMA fighter? Because it's so hard to actually yeah. make it, right? It is. It's it's getting harder and harder. The more popular it gets, the more people want to be a part of it, and right. you know they notice it, right? Um, my incentive, uh, I, I just, I just love it. I love martial arts, and I love competing. At what point did you say this is what I want to do? Fourteen, my first day of jujitsu. <laughs> really? Yeah. You said you wanted to be an MMA fighter. Yeah. When you first did jujitsu, you didn't even do any striking or anything. I, yeah, I was like hitting the bag, did some kickboxing after too. It was an MMA gym, right? Tashido, so. Uh, yeah, I pretty much told my dad when I got in the car, uh, <laughs> this is what I wanted to do, and I wanted to quit hockey. And like, what what year was this? Uh, I don't know what year it was. I was fourteen. So how old are you now? Twenty five. When were you born? July. No, no. What year? Oh, eighty nine. Eighty nine. So if you were fourteen, that was two thousand and three. Yeah. Right. Probably, so yeah. right before the two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah. Right before the boom of the Ultimate Fight, the UFC wasn't as popular as it is today, but yeah. you still. Was that the goal? I want to be a UFC fighter, or was it just a, an MMA fighter? Um, I I pretty much knew right away that I was gonna do something great. Really? It was just like a feeling I had inside. Great in MMA or great in life? In MMA. Hmm. After I, I, one day. Yeah, I pretty much just had a feeling inside that I was gonna do this. An epiphany. 
Yeah, exactly. Before going to the gym, did you have this feeling, or was it only after leaving no, the gym? No, bef- be- after the leaving the gym. Before, um, I was just talking with my dad and my brother. We always talked about UFC and like Tito Ortiz and how awesome these guys were because we wa- I'd been watching this since I was like five years old, right? Okay. And uh, who introduced you to it? My dad. He was a fan. Yeah, and he did martial arts. Okay, what do you yeah. do? Like kung fu and boxing. Okay. Yeah. So he said, son, I want you to watch this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so you're watching it from five years old. Yeah, five or six years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then and then when you decide that, okay, this is actually something I want to do, because that's eight, nine years later. Well, like, I never really thought I'd be able to do it, you know? I was always, like, focused on hockey, and, you know, I was like, where do you, would you even train for this? I had no education that people, like, trained. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, you know guys just fought or whatever but uh my brother did a PE class at Toshido uh when he was in high school and he told me and my dad about it oh I went to this MMA gym they do UFC type stuff (laughs) yeah older brother yeah and then I was like I want to do that where's that and my dad basically turned the car around and my brother told him where it was we went to train and they told us all about it I came back an hour later for class and never left Wow. Yeah. So it's all thanks to your brother. Yep. And my dad. Are you still close with your brother? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so your dad, you said he trained in Kung Fu and things of that nature. So how didn't he not know, okay, you have to go to a gym? Like, he's been around this before. So why mm-hmm. didn't he lead you down that road earlier than 14? Uh, he got caught up with, like, work. You know, he had, you know, me and my brother at an early age. And, you know, he had to support, support us with work. And I think he got, he's a very hardworking guy. So he he drilled that into our heads more. Okay. You know, but schoolwork and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but he also, you know, kind of on the side, you know, told us, you know, follow our passions, things like that and you know, work hard at those things and you know, he once he seen my my uh my love for it, my passion for martial arts, he you know, he was he was a, like my first believer, you know, really? that believed in me, you know, that I could do this and he was a, a big supporter. Did he Everyone watch- else was like, you're a skinny kid, you're an idiot. Stop doing martial arts. Really? And Who's saying this? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Even your brother? Oh, yeah. Really? He's like, yeah, I remember one thing. We were fighting, and he was grabbing me by my throat, and he was like, no matter how no matter how long you do martial arts, you'll never be able to beat me. And wow. He, <laughs> I beat him. You beat him. Yeah. <laughs> then, or it took a while? It took a while. Uh, how took many me. years older? Uh, three. Two, oh, two what's he doing now? Uh, he's... Um, he is, uh, what would I say, like a carpenter and, yeah. In B.C.? Is, yeah. So um, when you grew up, was, uh, was your father a single dad? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it was just you three. Yeah, my mom uh, lived uh, with my stepdad in another city at the time. But you lived with your dad? Yeah, at that time. Was that your choice? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so he, he's the guy who supported you from day one. What did your mom say? She was, was she one of those? Who she said, was mad. She was mad? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because she knew that she couldn't stop me. <laughs> but did she think that you were going to get hurt or you didn't yeah. have it in you? Yeah, she was worried, you know. She's a yeah. mom, right? But I met her. She goes to all your fights her, now. At, yeah, and at the at the time, you know, I was her, her youngest son. And, right. Well, I guess not youngest, but uh, yeah, I was her baby, you know. So it was hard for her to get into it at first. But then she's seen the passion as well. It's all good now. So, so in that, you walk out the day and you say, I'm not only going to do this for a living... I'm going to be something special. I'm going to do something special. Yeah. You, you envision being Tito Ortiz, champion, all that stuff. Yeah. Wow. And then when did you make your UFC debut, you said? 19. Did you think it would be that quick? That's not very yeah. common. 
Yeah, my goal was like to be in there before I was twenty. Really? Yeah. Wow. And did that did that come on the first day as well? Like, no. did you already? Lay <laughs> no, out it the was goals? more like time to think about it. I just had like a feeling that I would do something good, you know. What were your friends saying about this? Were they laughing at you as well? Yeah, they thought a lot of them thought I was lying, especially <laughs> when I started actually fighting until okay. I got on TV. Really? Yeah, and well, then they believed me. But how, I, how old were you in your debut? Uh, 16. So, wow. So, you're, you're still in high school. Yeah, oh yeah. Did you graduate high school? Yeah. Um, so, you must have been the coolest kid by that point, right? <laughs> you weren't? <laughs> no. You're fighting in a cage in high school. What grade is 16? 16 is probably, uh, was it uh, like 10th grade? 10th. Yeah. 9th or something. And you, 10th. And, and people, wait, were you kind of an outlaw by doing that? I don't know. I didn't pay attention to high school life. I just kind of got through it. I didn't, I didn't. Were you bullied? As much as anyone else, I right. guess, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't, uh, bullied, bullied, you know, like I wasn't tormented too badly, but, uh, everyone goes through it, right? Sure. Well, I don't know. I was kind <laughs> of a cool, you know, I was, I was a big deal. <laughs> I, I, I sympathize, but <laughs> right, right. Uh, believe it or not. Um, so you're 16 years old and, and, and do you remember the first fight? Like you remember the moments before, like, were you saying like, holy crap. I'm the about first to do- fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so weird. Why? It, the lights and the people watching me and it was like i was paying attention to all the things i shouldn't have been paying attention uh, to the exact thing we were talking about earlier yes yes you know i was so like this isn't so foreign to me you know overwhelmed yeah and then i got in there and the lights were hot oh man it was just like everything's crazy and then the, it went ding ding and the guy came out and i stood there I didn't even move my feet at all. Wow. And he just went pop, 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 pop. And after that, I never looked back. I, I ended up beating him like a couple minutes later. Really? Yeah. So, so, you, so you almost had to be like, like, like the switch had to be turned on, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is that fight online? Uh, I don't Have think you ever, so. You, you never found I it? I think my mom has all my fights. What promotion was that? Was that King of the Cage? XFC, Prince X- George. In, uh, in, in BC? Mm-hmm. Who was the guy that you fought? I mean, I'm Ter- sure. Terry Tierra. Uh, were you nervous before the fight? Yeah. Yeah, big time. Most nervous you've ever been? Yeah. Like, have you ever had that feeling since then where you're noticing all the stuff, getting overwhelmed, or what, did no, you get it out of your system? that one was the worst. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, I still got nervous from my other fights, you know, my second fight, and I still get that somewhat, that nerves, but not that bad. Did you think before, what, what, the hell, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, did you even doubt yourself? No, I knew what I was doing. For sure. It's just I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the lead up. I didn't know what it was going to feel to walk out and all that experience, you know, so. It's pretty well, intense for a 16-year-old. Yeah. yeah In hindsight, was. would you say you were too young? No, I was ready. Really? Yeah. Is that a special thing, though? Like, would you not recommend that for all 16-year-olds? No, yeah. It's, it's, it was, you know, I had a, I think I probably had a different mindset. I, mean, I, was, I was training with men, you know, and they weren't going easy on me. How much did you weigh? 160. That was the fight? That no, was, I fought at 155. 155. Died it a little bit. Right. Um, did you feel like it was so it was so good for you because you had this sort of, you know, we're talking about your temper and all that. It was a way for you to release that and not take it out in day-to-day life. And not, you know, like this is this yeah. was your outlet. Did, did it yeah. help you in that sense? Yeah. And, uh, and just the martial arts training too because we trained pretty hard at that time. And this was back in BC, and you're no longer training with those guys. Do I they still s- do. I still, you do? Yeah, I, when I go back to Kona, Okay. Yeah. And do they come to in your corner? At first, yeah, little, Dave. he's Dave still in my, your corner. Yeah, he was in my last corner. In, probably maybe my next fight corner, too. Why probably, and not for sure? 
Well, you never know if he's busy. Or, sure, sure. You know. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll happen. The same guy who was there on that first day, was he at the gym? Yeah, Dave. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. his last name? Lee. So he was there the first day you came in at 14 years old. Yeah, he's the gym owner and the coach. And now he sees you fighting for the UFC belt. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's going to be free that night. Yeah. Oh. You know? <laughs> I mean, he hasn't had a champion, right, coming out of the gym? Not UFC, no. Right. Um, was it a weird conversation when you told him that you wanted to go to Montreal? Yeah, for sure. It's tough. Tough well, on both of us, for sure. Well, 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 like, how did he handle it? Uh, he, you know, it's good as anyone could handle it you know it's 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 tough you know i was his i was his guy you know we had a, we're, we're best friends too you know so it was a tough still was, best friends yeah really oh yeah very close um did he take it personally i would have taken it personally i'm sure he did you know but uh i think he under he understands now in the long run but it's uh it was a tough choice does me. he ever come to montreal to, to, to yeah, go to the gym yeah he has yeah are there guys coming up from that gym from Toshido, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Dwyer was on the same card as me. Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Morris, who was oh, on yes, the of course. Ultimate Fighter, right? Um, and then there's other guys too coming out. So, so how was it like kind of a bit awkward afterwards when you were telling him you needed to go, and, or did you get over it pretty quickly? Uh, it was a it was a long period of adjustment time, right? Okay. Did you ever uh, think when you got to TriStar that this was a mistake? No. You knew right away. Yeah. I had to do it. You had to. Yeah. And why was it TriStar? Did you go around shopping around? Uh, Did you talk I, to other people? No, not really. I mean, I kind of, I poked around a bit, but like, I, I've i been to TriStar a handful of times, trained there, and I, I kind of had a feeling that, mm. you know, that feeling I was yeah. telling you? Yeah. I just kind of go with my gut. You um, have these feelings a lot. Yeah. I just kind of go with the flow. You know, if I, I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Right then, like the first day you knew it was the right place for you? Yeah. Was George there? Yeah. He he was a big help for me too. Mike Ricci uh, mm -hmm. brought me out once. Uh, George brought me out a few times. I can't. The first time I went there, it was on my own though. Mm -hmm. Met the guys and yeah. W when did you first meet George? The first time I was up there on my training, okay. just to go up there and see what it was all about. And he's champion at the time, right? Yeah. yeah so it's like this is the, the the king of the sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's got to be a, a big part of the cell as well, right? You can actually yeah. train every day with the best guy in the sport. Yeah, but pound. there was so many guys. I mean, right. David Loazzo, Dennis Kang. Uh, I mean, there was so many guys in the gym and so many guys coming out from other places to train with George and all the guys and, and Faraz. So, I mean, I had there was so many real professionals there to work with and what I wanted to be and who I wanted to work with. It was a pretty clear-cut decision that I had to, I had to go here. If you beat Carlos Condit at 115, do you think you don't move? Probably not. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it, but maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's you were like, what, eight seconds away or something? Ten seconds yeah. away? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that, uh, that decision would have yeah. done it. I was still, even if I won that decision, I probably still would have been bitter with uh, myself, you know? Like, I would have been upset with myself. Why? Uh, about your performance? Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that would go, how, where, where my mind would be in that, in that case. I haven't thought about it. Did the idea to go to TriStar only come into your mind after the fight, or were you no, thinking about it? No, it was a little, little bit before, because I'd trained there before. What, what was the first... Twice. When, when, when did you start thinking, I need to get out of BC? Around the second training trip, when I was... I came up with uh, Mike, because Mike was actually... We, he, we were talking on Facebook at the time, and uh, he's like, you should come up. We're fighting on, like, the same day, basically, in June, you know? He mm. was fighting Pat Curran. I was fighting Condit. Yeah. So he's like, stay at my house with my family. And, you know, after that, the whole experience is like, you know, I probably start thinking about 
something here, you know? I, I know we were talking about this. Uh, I know we were talking about this uh, off camera before, but since you guys are so closely linked, uh, have you had a chance to talk to Mike? It's not. It hasn't been a great weekend for him. You yeah. missed Wade, didn't yeah. get the fight and all that. Yeah, I texted him. Um, it's an unfortunate thing, you know. Yeah. His, uh, his opponent dropped out uh, the day of the fight. And, uh, yeah, it sucks because we probably would have got back into the UFC after that. You I think so? I would assume so because of, you know, what what he's done to the last two UFC veterans he fought since he got cut. But, uh, you know, he's on the right track. I'm sure he'll bounce back in a positive way. I feel like you're officially over the Condit thing. Like, for a while, it was you would bring it up in interviews, you called them out. Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, of course, you got the title shot, so what do you have to worry about? But I feel like you, it does. it's not as big a deal in your mind anymore. No, yeah, I think I grew up a little bit about, you know, losing in mixed martial arts. Right. But, you know, obviously, I want to fight him again. And I, I think me and him are like one and two, you know? Sure. So uh, I'm, I'm sure our paths are going to cross again in, in a title fight. How'd you get over it? Was it just a progression, maturation, or do you, do you remember just yeah, one point saying... This just is- growing, you know, cha- changing my views on a few things, you know. At first, I was like, okay, I'm going to... I was undefeated at the time, sure. so I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna go my whole career without losing, you know, that's a goal I have. And then the more fights I had and the more experience in martial arts, you know, I, I've learned that, you know, it's... Losing isn't the worst thing possible for martial arts. It's sometimes an eye-opener in a positive way. And both my losses in my career have been very positive in the long run Mm. for me and things that I've needed to grow as a person and a martial artist. But I feel like, you know, you you don't care if it's Hendrix or Lawler, right? No. We've talked about that. But... The old Rory would want Lawler so you could avenge that loss. For sure. It's interesting. Yeah. You, you, You have no desire to pay him back. No. It'd be a whole new experience if I fought him again. Right. Have you started thinking about that title fight? Potentially in Canada, I'm not sure. Like, are you- it's a fight. I mean, uh, yeah. Like sometimes I sit back. I'm like, wow, I'm here. I'm right where you know. Yeah. It's like, uh, I can't believe it happened so fast. You know. Sometimes yeah. I have moments like that, but most of the time, and I know the time when it when it's time to fight, it's just a fight. I've been there many times, and uh, you know, sure there'll be maybe a piece of gold waiting for me at the end of the road, but. Uh, you know, when those cage door close, I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to fight. And you were legit concerned you might not get the time. I mean, you put out this tweet, you're holding <laughs> a sign, you're saying, like, were you worried? That, like, did you say, I have to do something to try to, you we, know? We and Faraz were goofing around a little bit. Okay. We sent out some stuff on social media, but it, I was pretty confident I was going to get it. But yeah. How does that work? Do they call you up and say, Roy, you're getting it, or you just find out online? Uh, I heard uh, my manager texted me. I think he, Dana, made it official from on a. An interview with the Canadian press, right? So I think that's how I found out. I, that, that, that was a big thing because I almost feel like you had to almost convince him. Because remember the Ellenberger fight? He was very, he was very critical of yeah, you. He didn't like that fight. Did that bother you? A little bit. I, I felt that I did pretty good. You know, um, like why are you so critical? I think a lot of people expected a bloodbath because of the Twitter thing that went on. Right. He was talking so much. Right. So some people were like, you know, and especially Ellenberger style usually. You know, he's like a train, right? Sure, sure. Just burns through people. So a lot of people expected this is going to be just like a Carlos, or uh, like when I fought Carlos Condit, just a, you know, crazy fight. But, you know, I, I did the right techniques and I, you know, completely dominated him. Did you did you take it personally when he was so critical of it? No, it's just his opinion. I, I, I That's your boss, right? You have to... Yeah. There's a sense of you, that you need, like, I need to impress yeah. this guy to a degree, yeah, right? Yeah, f- for sure, for sure. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, you want to be in the doghouse. For sure, yeah. But uh, I knew it would come in time. You would see that uh, 
you know, the good things. What was that feeling like when you finished Tarek Safadine in front of the, the <laughs> crowd there? A great crowd. Yeah, I was pumped up. That was a great feeling. Yeah. Because the last time you finished someone was at Shea Mills? Yeah, probably. So it had been a while. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's different than winning a decision. Way different. It's way better. Were you, of course. <laughs> were, were, you, were you expecting that? Yeah, every fight I expect it. Like, you know, you expect like there, you know, like later on, like did you expect the fight to play out that way? Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, that's what I'm always going for, right? Right. It's hard to say. You have to just kind of go with it and see what your opponent brings. You know, you could, you could change in a second, right? You could just start throwing punches like crazy. So you have to adapt. And what but, was the feeling like when you got the text that you got that title shot? I was happy. How'd you celebrate? I didn't. <laughs> you just sat on your couch and took a nap. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Have you envisioned November 22nd? Uh, you know, I'm always thinking about fighting, yeah. So when I'm, sometimes I'm, when I'm daydreaming, yeah. Do you think about anything else? For sure, yeah. Like what's the, other, what's the main thing that occupies your mind other than fighting? Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Family, hunting. Ladies? Yeah. Sometimes. My girlfriend. Your yeah. girlfriend, of course. Yeah, yeah. You guys live together? No, not right now. Really? Yeah, she's in, she's back in BC at the moment. She's a B, you knew you knew her from back then. High school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. How many years? Uh, I was about fifteen when I met. I've her. known my wife since we were twelve, Holy. so I respect that. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. You, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, do you think you'll get married? Probably. It's it's good because she knew you before you were Roy McDonald UFC star. Yeah. So she's not a Johnny Come Lately, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's not jumping no, on the bandwagon. She's all good. She's. Cool. When's she gonna move to Canada, to Montreal? She she did for a bit, but it was hard for me with training camps and stuff. Oh, and you send her back? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit cutthroat like that. Look at you. So I feel like yeah. before your fight, like you, it's not good to be friends with you, right? Like like it's, in the week it's, before, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's I'm I'm a little bit I'm a hard guy to be around. Yeah. Cut your hand, cutting avocados. Yeah, like that, you're, you're that intense. Was a problem. Yeah. Are you hungry. afraid you're gonna have to pull out? I, yeah, I was worried that the commission was gonna make me pull. Like they were gonna cut me or whatever you just didn't tell him yeah good job yeah but eventually you want to get married right yeah how are you gonna balance that um i don't know maybe i'll be done fighting who knows oh okay who knows do you know when you'll be done Mm -mm. you don't have it in your mind Mm -mm. do you know what you want to do when you're done uh somewhat kind of what you know have a family but as far as a Um, job yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll have an MMA school or something. I'm just going to go with what I'm feeling, you know, my passion at the moment. And how about your brother saying you couldn't beat him up? Yeah. Look yeah. at you now. I know, eh? Guns out. <laughs> Number one contender. Has yeah. he ever fought? No. He's he, he's like a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, though. And what a wuss. He's tough. He could probably take you. He probably could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel it's, it's a great story. He, he didn't even think that you could beat him, and now look at you, beating everyone in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. And does your dad go to all your fights? Not all of them. He works pretty hard, so it's okay. hard for him to get to Will your family them. be there in March or yeah, April? Or I'm sure. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah, it is. Okay, we ran out of time, but I enjoyed this greatly. It went by really fast. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it went by quick. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Uh, there he is, Rory McDonald. November 22nd, he'll be competing against JT Torres at uh, Metamorris. It's in Los Angeles. You can get tickets now at metamorris.com. And then the big one for us, he'll be getting a title shot. He'll be facing the winner of Johnny Hendricks versus Robbie Lawler. That's number two for those guys. The rematch, December 6th, UFC 181 in Las Vegas. Official pick. Who are you picking? I know you don't care, but who do you think is going to win the fight? Oh, 
I don't know. I was asking about Henzo versus Sakuraba, by the way. I don't care about the title shot. Uh, Henzo. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> We're going there in a minute. But you don't, yeah. you, you don't have a gut about uh, Hendrix and, uh, and that, Mahler? That one, no. No. You're just going to be sitting there enjoying it. Yeah. All right. There he is, Rory McDonald. Also, follow him on Twitter, Rory underscore McDonald. He loves social media. <laughs> this is a big one for us. A lot of you didn't think it was going to happen, but it is happening. Right now, let's go to the phone line and welcome in the one and only, the man who will be facing Anderson Silva on January 31st in Las Vegas. Our good friend Nick Diaz joins us right now, which seems somewhat surreal to even say. Nick, are you there? Hey, how you doing? Hey Nick, it's uh it's been a while since we've talked and you know I got to say a lot of people this you know we've been doing this show for over 4 years and you're the number one most requested guest you've never been on the show before so I can't thank you enough for stopping by. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. How's everything? How's life? Um it's uh, it's you know I'm getting through. Getting through here. You're surviving. Oh yeah. Uh, you're in Las Vegas for this big press conference. All the stars are out. Are, are you? Uh, I know typically this isn't uh, the, the most fun part of the job for you, but do you recognize what, what a big deal this is? We're very close to the fight now. Are, are, you, are you happy to be there and, and take part in something like this? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't really know what's going on yet. I mean, as far as today, um, that's what you mean. But, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, um, Things seem to be going well. I feel good about everything. Has training camp for, I, I kind of even regret starting it this way because I feel like you're always oh. training, but ha has it officially started for Anderson Silva, even though we're still around three months away? Sure, yeah. I, uh, I'm up here in Vegas right now, so I mean, I knew I was going to be out this way, so I did, you know, I did a. I did a hard couple of uh, a couple of weeks, pretty much this whole last month here, pretty good. Um, you know, just you know, getting in shape and stuff. And um, yeah, now you know, I, I kind of had a few little small small injuries, not no real injuries, but just like you know, just a little banged up from uh, from training. So having a nice easy week um, on account of me being out here and. Uh, good timing, I think, too. So, you know, the last time I well. last time I did an interview with you, you know, on camera or like this was uh, after the George St. Pierre fight, and you know, you said you were done, and you you truly stayed true to your word, except you said if I could get a George fight again or Anderson, and that was almost you know two years ago now. W would you have been content just never fighting again if you couldn't get one of those fights? Were you at peace with that decision? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, these are big. These are big fights. And um, you know it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to look back and, and think oh wow I could have done this part of that fight I didn't do it um, I look back and, and and think about why did I take one of these um, you know um, mediocre level opponents or fights or or something like that and I can see myself going you know why you know I didn't need to, I didn't need to do that I didn't need to go there. Um, it was, you know, it's just, I, I, you know, I, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm, I'm not fanatical or in love with being an MMA fighter. Sure. Um, I just, it's, it's, you know, I'm the right guy for the job nowadays. Um, uh, you know, pretty much after my first couple of pro fights, I wound up being the right guy for the job. So that's why I'm still here. 
And, um, you know, I'll fight the right fights if, um, if I have the right opportunity. I've heard you say uh, I've heard you say countless times that you don't get excited about fighting. This is not something that you know that you truly uh, you know wake up and say, "Ooh, I get to be in a cage fight." But is there anything about MMA fighting that you missed in your time off? Anything at all? Yeah, no, I get excited about a lot of things. Um, you know, getting in good shape, and uh, what, for the most part, I'm excited to you know uh, be done and go back and sign for my check. <laughs> Uh, really, but like, that's exciting to me. But um, as far as getting out there and fighting, there's a, a few things that, uh, you know, not so much now, but come closer to the fight, I usually, you get down to this, uh, you get down to this, um, uh, like, level of curiosity where you're wondering what the, you know, what did I, what did I, you know, what did I not cover, what did I not do? You all figured out or something, so you're just, you know, you're like, what is, uh, you know, what, well, I, I pretty much go through every scenario in my head, so I'm going like, what is it exactly that is going to happen out there? So now I feel like, you know, I want to know, but I don't really call that an exciting thing. I don't really like that. Exciting is more, for me, I'm more like, okay, you know, uh, tomorrow's Christmas, uh, what's, you know, what's, what am I getting for Christmas in the morning? Right. So that's, that's, that's an exciting thing. That's like, you know, it's kind of a, a happy thing. I'm not, it's, it's more of like, okay, we're going to see what's what. Um, and, you know, speaking, goes. speaking of being happy, are, are you happy with the deal that you got from the UFC to take this fight? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. They, you know, I was, that's why I signed the deal. I mean, I wasn't going to walk out of there, um, you know, with something I wasn't happy with, so I just, you know, it, it, um, it just, you know, pretty much, I was able to score a score a deal. I I can't refuse. It's just it's how I look at it. Anderson hasn't fought for a while, coming off a devastating injury. Do you think he will look the same, or do you think this will change him as a fighter? Are you expecting someone different than the one we've seen so many times before? Right. I don't know. I always expect the worst. So, the worst meaning the best, Anderson. Worst for me and the best for him. Right. So, yeah, or the best for my opponent. You know, it's just pretty much really pessimistic, uh, I guess, say when it comes to my outlook on how things are going to go. I don't like to, I don't like surprises, and um, I don't like to, um, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't like to be, yeah, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, you know, it's not my thing to let myself down, so I don't really work myself up too much, you know. I just do what I have to do to win, and I'm not trying to put myself into believing I'm something that I'm not out there. So, you know, it's just a hard feel, I guess. Um, I don't know if you heard this recently. George St. Pierre told Chael Sonnen in his podcast that he was surprised you took the fight at 185, that that might be a disadvantage. Yeah, you know what? The thing, is, uh, the thing is about old George, he's not doing the fight, okay? So he didn't, he didn't take the fight. He barely said two two things and he gets to fight, just like that. But he don't want to fight. He's scared to do the fight, and he's scared to do the fight at 185 pounds. And he thinks we have so much in common that maybe I don't want to do the fight at 185. How does he know? Who knows? Maybe I have a harder time making weight than all George does. I come in there skinny as shit. George packs on like, uh, you know, extra 20 pounds of muscle. 
I'm like, that's what I have to do to fight at 185 pounds. So you can look at it like uh, however you want. But the thing is, is the fact is, I'm like, you didn't really take into consideration um, what's what when it comes to what's really going on. This, uh, you know, not, not that he's not going to, but he don't have to show up on way. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to fight. But what's, what's, uh, the fact is that we're both going to walk out there and I'm going to be a lot smaller if I try to make a catch weight and my opponent decides he ain't, you know, does, just doesn't want to make weight. Now, then I actually have a real issue to deal with. And that's, that's you know, that's a real physical possibility. That's what, you know, I'm not con- uh, concerned about who gets fined a little, little small, little 10% or whatever, oh, because you didn't make weight or something. Um, you know, as far as I know, Anderson Silva, he's always made weight. What's one time you don't make weight? Uh, you know, it's just the fact is, is that, you know, uh, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about until you're actually the guy in the, in the driver's seat. So, you know, one, you know, you can, you can fuck around your mouth or, you know, uh, you can beat the ball and, and, um, you know, and, and, and do what you got to do. So that's, that's me. That's, that's where I'm at. But, um, I don't know. I think, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't go ahead and give my opinion on what I think fighters should have done or would have done. I'm like, cause I'm not, I'm not them. I don't know. You don't know. You don't know what's what. You don't know all the details of what's what. But, uh, you know, he's going to have things to say. He can say what he wants to say. Did you ask for it to be closer to 170 or did you not care at all? Nope. I didn't say a word. I said, hey, look, you know, um, it's not like um, I'm not going to have to lose weight to make 185 pounds. It's not, you know, it's not, not going to be it's not something I'm overly concerned about, especially in this fight, I think, because, you know, my opponent is not, you know, one of these big, strong guys um, who who like to, you know, get through a fight by being strong, you know, so it's not, that really doesn't really come into play. Um, you know, are we, and the reach, you, you could say, okay, uh, reach may come into play, but neither of us are getting any taller or shorter for the fight, so it's kind of, there's nothing I can really do about uh, uh, size when it comes to fire than, you know, just coming strong and healthy um, as, as I can. So, you know, I mean, I feel good, though. So. You know, uh, speaking of GSP, a lot has happened since both of you last fought as far as drug testing is concerned. You've been one of those guys who's talked about this at length. Um, are you happy? Did they finally get him for steroids? No, no. He actually... Um. <laughs> He he's actually he he said that he wouldn't return unless there were changes in the steroid policy, the drug testing policy. So I'll, I'll ask you a two-parter: right. Are you surprised, considering what you've said about him in the past? Are you surprised that he has taken that stance? And are you happy with Sounds some of like, the changing, the changes? Sounds like old Lance Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, no, I don't know. I don't really put too much thought into it. Um, I don't even. I don't really. Understand your question. Well, I was. Are you happy with some of the changes? They're doing a lot more random drug testing these days. A lot has changed since you fought. Are yeah, you... no, I like that. That's that's good. I think you know maybe we should be doing some drug testing like that. That's that's, that's good. You know, it's kind of disappoint a lot of people who like to uh, are into <laughs> most fighters for the most part that like to do steroids. But you know, so that's too bad for them. But um, and, you know, I'm. Either way, it's fine for me. I look at it like there's ups and downs for for fighters who are doing a lot of steroids. And, you know, I think it's a. I look at my career like a long term, um, a long term sort. Of, well, you know, I just 
martial arts when I do martial arts, it's more of a, you know, it's more of a, you know, a life type of training, you know, martial arts. Just, I do that for, for myself in general, so I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to go there with the, needing extra help and doing all that. You know, I just, I just try to be as healthy as I can. You know, and this is not my, it's not my thing really to be on steroids. So you have different types of fighters, I guess you could say. As I said uh, at the top, or, you know, oh, go ahead. Types of types of athletes. I think stylistically, right. though, you know, they, these guys they do steroids. You can, they're, you know, they're just a different crew. Um, for you know, a lot of time. You know, Nick, as I said at the top, you were the most requested guest by far we've ever had in the show. And when I announced that you were coming on the show, people lost their minds. And, 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 I, and I'm wondering, I want to ask you about this because following you on Instagram, for example, you get to see a much different side of you, your sense of humor, uh, you know, things that you post. It's, it's, it's a lot different than the Nick Diaz that we may know from promotional videos or pre-fight interviews and whatnot. At this stage in your career, and you've been fighting for so long and been in the limelight for so long, do you still feel like people don't really know who Nick Diaz is, that they don't really understand what you're all about and, you know, your, your, your mindset and just the kind of person that you are? Do you still get that impression? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, um, for the most part, not everybody's going to sit down and watch every prime time and listen to every interview. And, and they do, you know, a majority of my stuff is pretty, pretty, pretty much... Um, you know, a lot of steps from a long time ago had a different outlook on a lot of things. So, you know, people are gonna make their make their case or whatever that I'm, you know, this uh, this scumbag. But just the way it is, something I just have to deal with nowadays. But I think that, um, you know, real fans they're they're they're, they're pretty uh they're pretty down to earth, you know. So a lot of these guys, that's why a lot of MMA fans are pretty down to earth and open minded. That's you know how they got into the sport in the first place. So, um, you know, things work themselves out. Why do you think they like you so much? Why do you, why, why do you feel like you're still one of the most popular guys in the UFC? And uh, a lot of us in the media said the UFC almost needed you more than you needed them at this point because some of those stars were moving on and, and you're still one of those big draws even now in your career. I think uh, a lot of times stylistically, you know, um, when it comes to like maybe when it comes to like boxing and, and jujitsu, um, I'm a black belt in jujitsu, and I have been before a lot of Americans, before uh, before a lot of Americans in general, and then a lot of American um, MMA fighters as well. And uh, I think I my black belt from a pretty legitimate source, so I am. Um, I just think like stylistically that people can relate to um, what they see out there. And um, initially, I uh, I started fighting like way back 2002s and threes, and and um, so I'm still in it because I've had to work to evolve and um, make changes and and get better. And a lot of people don't have um, the time in life to put themselves through that. So, you know, I just end up. I mean, I mean, you just we we just we get what we get now. Um, after 
uh, 15, 16 years of fighting. It's just people like like what they see, and um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never had a, I've never had a year off. I got a year off now, so it's been a good learning experience. But ever since then, um, and it, it, you know, it, it is a learning. It's just like you know, when, when you've never had a year off of fighting somebody every three months, then you don't really know what that's like. So it's, um, you know, it's been a good experience. But I think that, uh, you know, after that many fights, and then, you know, I fought all the best guys. I was supposed to lose every fight that I fought. So, um... What, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, for the most part, except for maybe some of the time I was in Elite XC fighting, um, maybe one or, one or two fights here and there that they had me favored to win. But for the most part, um, I've walked out as, like, an under an underdog or, you know, oh, I'm not a kickboxer, so I'm a loser kickboxer. I'm not a wrestler. My wrestling sucks. I'm a loser wrestler. Or, you know, so I always have a, or, you know, I'm fighting somebody twice my age a long time ago. So, you know, I've always been kind of uh, not favored to win. But, uh, you know, I wound up with a good, I mean, a decent performance out there or, or you know, pulled it off or, or you know, so people like to, people like to see a real, real, real fight, you know, real fight to win. You know, Nick, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is one of your first interviews in, in a while, and I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on, and we'll let you go in just a, a couple minutes, um, but I was wondering if you can comment at all on uh, the DUI stuff that happened, uh, you know, just a few weeks back. Is there anything that you can share, shed some light on it at all? Um, no, you know, it's pretty much, there's, a, there's really a lot to it, so I'd rather not, um, really not talk about it, I know. Okay, but it, it won't stop you from fighting on January 31st, right? Oh, no, no, yeah. It's honestly really not, um, it, you know, it's just really not something that, um, I feel like it's important to talk about. Fair enough. What about your boy, uh, Joe Schilling on Saturday? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, sure did. He looked great. Yeah, that was, that was, that was real good. Um, you know, we're work with him a little bit on his MMA stuff, but we've been, I've been doing a lot of sparring with that guy for a few years now. I'm from the last couple fights, um, had him out doing a lot of, a lot of hard sparring with that guy. So, um, he's a good friend of mine. You know, it's great to, uh, be able to, you know, um, try and help him out a little bit. Yeah, he, uh, he ran into you know he was out for training. He was going to spend a lot of time training out with out with me before this fight, and then, um, you know he ended up with a few family issues he had to take care of. So I was I was a little worried, but he 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 uh, he went out there and looked real, real good. So I was you know we're, we're happy for him. Some might say Nick, and we'll end on this. Some might say that the Anderson Silva fight is one of the biggest in your career which obviously says a lot would you consider a win over him considering his resume would you consider that the greatest moment of your fighting career well, i'm sorry tell me again would you consider uh, beating uh, anderson silva the greatest moment of your fighting career no i i maybe if i someone i'm get back signed for the biggest check i ever signed for that's 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 maybe that maybe that'd be a great thing you know you know, too. You know, too bad for him. Too bad for me if we don't do well. But uh, yeah, I'll be happy to. Uh, I'll, have, I'll be happy with part, hard work. Work pays off um, in in whatever way, in whatever way it does. So. Well, it's great to have you back, Nick. Did you miss me? 
Oh, you know it. I, I was like, I thought we were going to get a glide this morning. Yeah, why? Well, don't. You, you know, that way I wasn't going to get any crazy questions from you out of left field. But it was I didn't okay, get right? I glide from you this morning. What do you mean? You didn't glide me. Glide. I've been. Not working. Yes, I did. Check your glide. Check your glide. I got nothing. I glide you last night. You, you, you've. I glide you last night. You missed. Really? Because yeah. we, we had a good thing going with the glides, and then I felt like you kind of you, you kind of left me hanging oh, there for I a second. I felt like you avoided my glide this morning. No. Sorry. I'm sorry. That was a mistake. It must be the new phone that I got. Was it anything? Should I play it right, right now, or was, should should I leave it alone? It, no, it's fine. It's a, you know, it's over. It's, it's fine. If you have seen it already, then. But no, we're we're good. This it's fine. I understand. If you're not gonna check my glides. No, I look. When I see that 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 notification that Nick Diaz has glided me, it's it's like Christmas. You talk about getting excited. It's like Christmas. And then when your brother comes in, right. I mean, it's this. These are exciting things, right? These are exciting things. Yeah, this is where things become exciting for well, me. Don't be a stranger, you know. You can come back. Did you, did you enjoy the experience on the show? Will you come back? Right. Okay. You will come back. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Nick, appreciate it. All the best. <laughs> okay. There he is, Nick Diaz, stopping by. Um, I didn't get his glide. I'll have to check. Is it there? Hmm. I don't see anything. Interesting. Maybe I'm not looking at it correctly. In any event, thank you very much to him. He'll be at the press conference later today. It's UFC 183, January 31st, Las Vegas, Nevada. Anderson Silva versus Nick Diaz. One of the biggest fights in UFC history. That is not an overstatement in my opinion. Joining us... For the first time in a very long time is the UFC's women's bantamweight champion, the one and only Ronda Rousey on the phone right now. Ronda, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Is that really you? Wow. I can't believe you're actually on the show. I, I feel like it, it, it was almost easier to get Barack Obama on the show than Ronda Rousey herself. Yeah, you know, it kind of it sucks to wait, doesn't it? You're still, you know, it's amazing. And uh, on this show... <laughs> We have, we have a segment called Inside the Vault. Every week I play old clips, and I'm playing that clip this week because I feel like you're still holding on to this grudge. No, no. You're out of the penalty box. If I was holding on to it, I wouldn't be on the show. Wow. But, but yeah, I have a grudge-holding problem, definitely. Could, could, we, could we air it out right now? Could we, could we fix this problem right here and now? Okay, so for everybody listening, this yes. is what happened. Um, back in my strike first days before I even... Um, uh, I think it was before the, uh, the Julia Budd fight. I was being brought downstairs to, um, it was one of the UFC events I was at. I was being brought down to the media room where they have catering and stuff like that for the media. And, you know, I'm kind of nervous and I feel a little out of place. And I'm just starting getting to do media and stuff like that. And um, it's easy to feel like, you know, a little embarrassed, like the new kid at the cafeteria doesn't have anywhere to sit. And uh, so Ryan Grab was one of the, he was handling the strike force PR at the time, brings me over into the press room, and I already feel awkward, and I'm right behind him, and he goes and pokes uh, Ariel, who's in the media room, and, um, you know, by the catering and all that, and he was like, hey, you know, Rhonda's here, uh, Rhonda Rouse, she's one of our strike force fighters, he's going to take some time to talk to her, and then Ariel goes, yeah, yeah, have her, have her wait five, ten minutes until I'm done eating this, and um, I'll see if I can give her some time. That's, I, I did say like, that. I did oh, not say no that. No way! Hold the phone. Like, Wait a minute, okay? It's not like we're at a media lunch where the purpose is for everyone to sit down and eat today, and I suddenly interrupted your lunch. No, you're at a UFC event where you're there to cover fighters 
and it happens to be catering, uh, you make me go and sit and wait for 10 minutes while you finish nibbling on your catering before you'd give me any of your time. So I'm like, all right, do you want me to wait five to 10 minutes? I will, there will come a day where I will make you wait six to 12 months. Wow. what just happened. Even more than that. I think it's been two years since you've been on the show, so I really paid the price. <laughs> but by the way, I just want to make it clear. I mean, A, I've, I, I've never done that since because you've made me feel very bad. And B, I don't think I ever did that before. I had done interviews, all that. And, and, and I don't think I said it quite like that, to, to be fair to myself. I, 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 remember, I remember having a Caesar salad. I'll never forget it. I remember it was UFC uh, 137. It was, uh, uh, it was BJ versus Nick Diaz. It was in the Mandalay oh, yeah, Bay. That was my first UFC event ever. There you wow. go. That was, yeah, my first one ever. I, I met you. I don't. I don't forget these things. And you were a big star. I know. I mean, I remember the first time I heard about you, all that stuff. And I just wanted to just get something in so that I, you know I'd have something in my belly. That was it. I. I don't think I was oh, that rude. So you, you. You remembered your salad, but you don't remember what you said to me. <laughs> no, that's I. That's how of little importance with a dialogue between me and you was below Caesar salad in your book. Did you say to you, not helping your case? Do you recall saying to yourself, "F this guy, and I will make him pay"? Like, do you actually remember that? Yeah, I remember feeling embarrassed. Wow, and, uh, I'm sorry that, that I was made to wait. And what so an I was asshole! Like, I'm going to sit wait one day. Wow. So, so the, I, I've I've approached. I mean, you have, in my opinion, one of the greatest agents in sports, uh, Brad Slater. Kudos to him and his team over there. Um, for doing such a great job with your career and, and others as well, The Rock, et cetera, Chris Weidman with him. But uh, I've approached him so many times to have you on the show, and I keep getting turned down. So now I know it's you. You're the one who was saying, screw that guy. I'm not going to do a show for X amount of months because of what he did to me in, in, in November of 2011, October of 2011, because he wanted to have a couple of strands of lettuce. Yeah, exactly that. Okay, fair enough. You would imagine how, how, how well I remember the people that like, really genuinely slighted me. You know, that was just unintentional. Wow. I told you, I have a grudge problem. Ask my mother. Yeah, but I feel like that fuels you into the person you are today, right? I mean, I feel like you keep thinking oh, about yes, this. Oh, yes, yes. Let's give you credit for everything, Ariel. No, no, no. Not, not me. I'm saying your <laughs> quote-unquote problem holding on to grudges, that make you, like, you remind me of you know, those, those basketball players who get invited to New York at the NBA draft, and they don't get picked in the top 10, and they say, screw all those teams. When I play them, I'm going to kick their ass. I'm going to prove them wrong. They should have picked me. You know what I mean? I feel like you're that kind of person. Yeah. Well, uh, again, one, one more time, I'm sorry, and I'm glad. And by the way, how did I get out of the penalty box? It was just my time was up. I, we, we expired here, and we're good? Yeah, yeah, I was over it. <laughs> it's not good to hold. I was over it. I've become over it. And, and why didn't you ever say something in person? I mean, it's not the first time I talked to you since. Were you just going to leave it hanging? Were you being passive-aggressive? I mean, why not just confront it face-to-face? Uh, I think I did tell you before. Yeah, you did. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you were aware. I, I, I made sure you were aware. All right. Well, I'm happy that you're on the show. I don't want to spend too much time on that because the interview will be over and we'll just be talking about Caesar salad. Thank you very much for coming back. And uh, there's so much going on in your life. First things first, just la- last week it was announced that you signed a deal. You're the new women's face of uh, Buffalo, David B. Tone, Buffalo Pro, uh, for, for the, the, the active person out there, the athletes. They've done stuff with Chandler Parsons of the Mavs and other athletes as well, Eric Decker. How did this come about? Because this is not your typical MMA sponsorship deal. Um, no, not at all. And it was very intentionally different. I've been getting first from MMA person for a while, but uh, I felt like... Um, Apparel is so important that I really wanted to try and get outside of the MMA space. 
for it. And um, I held out for a while, and I turned down some very big deals that you know, a lot of people doubted me for the decision. And um, it ended up really paying off. I wanted to finally sign with an apparel deal. It'd be something different and unprecedented. And this is the first ever fashion deal that any MMA fighter has ever had. We're looking at some of the uh, the images from your photo shoot and whatnot, courtesy of Buffalo. By the way, that's a Canadian company. I believe they're actually based in Montreal, so uh, kudos. Ooh, for... I love Montreal. It's one of my favorite all-time cities. I used to live there, you know? You used to live in Montreal? Yeah, there was a time with uh, USA Judo that I was like, I just, just hated all of USA Judo and all of their team and all their coaches. So I went and trained in Montreal, and I lived at the, um, the dorms of, like, uh, Vanya College. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, I was in St. Laurent, and I was to take the, the bus, sit in the bus stop in the blizzard to go to the gym and all that stuff. I lived out there for about, like, four months or something like that. Now, was that part of USA Judo, or is that your own thing? No, that was my own thing. I went and go trade the, the ShidoCon, which is, like, the Olympic training center for the Canadian judoka there, and the Canadian team was always so cool and awesome to me. And, um, you know, they brought me in and let me train there. They couldn't coach me because I was taught the girls, but because I always beat the girls, they weren't against having me there so the girls would get used to fighting me and they could, like, you know what I mean? So um, I, that was, like, my runaway place. I ran away to Canada at one point. And that was actually amazing. I love it in Montreal. I just wish I had a car. Yeah, but Montreal is a special place, especially, you know, I mean, the, the people there are so nice, Canes are so nice, so I'm not surprised to hear you say that. But back to the Buffalo thing, I mean, we're looking at these Sorry. images, and, and you know, you've talked about, you know, issues with your, 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 your self-image and weight and things of that nature. How big of a deal is it just for you to, to, to show people that, you know, you don't have to look a certain way? Because, I mean, this stuff is pretty provocative, and I, I would imagine at some point in your life you never, you know, you never ever in your, your wildest dreams thought you'd have a photo shoot like that with another guy, and you're wearing all this stuff. I mean, that has to be a pretty amazing sort of thing to cross off your list, right? You actually conquered this thing. From beginning to end, you officially conquered whatever fear, whatever issue that you had with your body, right? Uh, there's definitely a lot of fears, yeah, coming into that. I didn't even know there was a male model until we landed. Um, and then when I actually saw the concept of the shoot, I was like, well, this is like Love Scene 101. I'm like, I'm going to have to like do something like this in a movie at some point, right? So <laughs> kind of a trip setting where I don't have dialogue and it's just still pictures and stuff like that. But yeah, I remember when I, we first got in there, I felt so awkward and out of place. And I sat down on the bed with um, the, the photographer guy was there and Arthur was the model's name. He had no last name. He was just Arthur. <laughs> Arthur the Olympic Swiss sailor. And um, so I just literally sat down in the bed and was like, so, uh, Arthur, uh, what do you do? <laughs> like, it was just so awkward. You had to go from, like, just meeting this person to, like, okay, and draw time. Like, oh, shit. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this at all, but. Um, How did you get it over was, it? Um, I just tried to not let it show. Like, um, I, I felt pretty out of place and awkward and dumb. And a lot of times I was just, like, People think I look super confident in what I'm doing, and I'm actually just trying to stifle my own embarrassment. Because um, I'm willing to embarrass myself over and over and over again as many times as it takes in order for me to get that one good shot. And mm. it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm willing to be embarrassed. So, so that's kind of how I got over it, was I just embraced being embarrassed for a whole day. And at the end of the day, we ended up with some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, so when you watch it now, is it is it mind-blowing to you? that? Well, that's me. I conquered this. I was able to you know, not feel awkward, at least not portray that I'm awkward? What's it like watching it? Um, I just, I just want the results to be good, and I wanted to do a good job, and I wanted it to be, like, you know, 
to be very obviously a fashion shoot and something very classy and stuff like that. And I think it, it really came across really well in that it looked more like one of those, like a perfume ad than it would yeah. be just somebody like in a Maxim shoot. You know, it really did look very high fashion to me when I saw it. And so, and, and the whole production was just way more than anything that I'd ever dealt with before. I mean, these people are like very, very professional and they're very serious about what they do. And, um, I, they did everything possible to make me comfortable the whole time. I mean, they brought in everybody that does um, the hair and makeup and styling for the Victoria's Secret shoots for that. So I felt like very well taken care of. You know, we just had Rory McDonald in studio, who, by the way, he's a big fan of yours, and uh, he'd like to train with you in L.A. What do you think of that? Yeah? Yeah. Well, my coach, my coach is sitting right here. It sounds cool to me. Well, I'll have to ask him. He's, he's the boss. All right. Well, I told him I put in a good word. Um, he's going to be there uh, after November 22nd when he does Metamorphosis. But he was telling us about how the first time he trained, the very first time, when he's 14 years old, he knew he'd be special. He knew he'd be some kind of UFC champion. It just like he walked out of the gym as a 14 year old and said, I'm going to be special. Did you have the same kind of epiphany or did it take you some time to even think about UFC champion, MMA champion? Was it, was it other things in between? And even when it was judo and Olympics, did it take you some time to believe that you would be special? Uh, no, it was always just kind of ingrained in me. Like when I was a little kid and I started swimming, my dad just said, okay, you're going to win the Olympics in swimming. And I, I just figured he was right about everything. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to win the Olympics in swimming. And then when I switched from swimming to judo, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to win the Olympics in this now. And then when I switched to MMA, I'm like, okay, well, there's no Olympics, so I'll be the best in the world, number one title in this. And, um... In my family, there's there's no doing something, just do it. My mom always said, you can do anything in the world you guys want to do. You just have to be the best in the world at it. When you thought about all that stuff, did you, did you like the idea of movies and these kind of sponsorships and all the other ancillary stuff that you've received early in your career, did that, you know, was that part of the equation? Was that part of the thought process as well? Or is this all, you know, very much gravy to you? Um, you know what? I had some pretty ridiculous high aspirations when I started <laughs> Um, the fact that I'm, I'm starting to top them is, I, I never could have seen that coming because when standing at the base of the mountain, how high I imagined the peak to be was pretty damn high. But as soon as I got there, it was like, I realized I'm on the edge of this whole mountain range where there's a bunch of peaks all around me, even higher than what I'm standing on. But the thing is, I have to be willing to dip down into the valley in between and go down and start over again and come back up. You know, so when I started doing judo, I was like, oh, the Olympics. And I got to one peak, and I saw a mountain over there, and I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, you go and you look at it for a little while, and then you climb up to the next peak. And then I got to that one, I was like, oh, my God, look, there's all the action in, in Hollywood and all that stuff. And I'm willing to go back into the valley and be an office again and suck all over again and climb right back up to the next peak. And I just, I think a lot of people get stranded for their first peak because they're not willing to start over again and and it's all over again. It's, it's hard. It's a hard process. What's the one thing that you thought about or recall thinking about that you still haven't accomplished? Mm, I want to have a franchise. A franchise? Yes, I, I want to have a movie franchise. A movie franchise? Right. Like, like, like a sequel, a trilogy, something like yeah. that? Like, so I want to find like the, the Indiana Jones to my Harrison Ford or Rocky to my Stallone, or the Terminator to my Schwarzenegger, or the you know the Resident Evil to my Mila Jovovich. I'm surprised to hear you say that. It has nothing to do with athletics. Uh, do you feel like you've accomplished everything athletic-wise? In my, well, you said something that I haven't done yet. I mean, <clears throat> I, I still want to retire undefeated, but I don't want to retire now. Right. 
And, um, you know, it's the, the main goal that I have more than anything else is be 11 and 0. And I'm going to be Captain Gano, and that is the next thing on my plate. But, you know, that's something that I, I haven't done, like entirely unique that I haven't done yet, then I would probably say more towards outside the sports thing. I mean, but what would you suggest to be a new goal for me? Well, I don't know. Who am I to tell you what your goals should be? I mean, I'm just a, a lowly MMA reporter here. I mean, look at uh, look look. look well, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, from that day, I mean, I'm pretty much in the same spot when we met back at UFC 137. Look at you now. I mean, one person has gone all the way here, and I'm pretty much staying here, so I, I shouldn't be the one to tell you about your goals, but let's talk about Katzingano, because you wanted to fight on January 3rd. That's what we were originally told, but now you're fighting February 28th. Are you annoyed that it got pushed back almost two months? Uh, well, I wasn't happy about it, but there's really nothing I can do about it. I, I just show up and fight when they tell me to show up and fight, and I show up and win, and that's it. And who it is or what it is, it's outside of my control, so I can't really invest too, of my, too much of my happiness in it. Um, but, yeah, I was planning on doing other things at that time, but now that the fight's pushed back, you know, I could take some more meetings and really try to figure out more of what I want to do after that fight and what the new schedule is. And that's the, the thing with having dual careers. I just have to be able to, to roll with whatever comes my way and find a way for everything to work together. Is the silver lining that you get to fight essentially home? You've never had that uh, experience as an MMA fighter, certainly not at the point you are now. Is that, is that and, and I don't yeah. consider Anaheim, I mean, I feel like you're more of an L.A. girl. Well, it, it always has been a dream of mine to be able to, to fight at the Staples Center. And so that is a silver lining. It definitely is. I've always wanted to be at the Staples Center. It makes me think of the days I was cocktail waitressing and I was watching the Lakers play on TV being like, man... I wonder if things would be different if even like you know, if, if Luke Walton walked in here and asked me out and I would never have to cocktail waitress again, you know, and I was like sitting there in a in like a shady bar in Crenshaw thinking like, Oh, if like the like the third string player on the Lakers team asked me out, my life would be different. No. <laughs> I'm like gonna head I'm gonna be one of the headliners at the stable center. It's pretty ridiculous. And now look and at you, yeah. More special. It really does because yeah, I remember um, sitting in that bar and watching plenty of Lakers games in the Stable Center and being like, dang, that seems like a lot cooler than we're on that right now. <laughs> Are you a little annoyed, though, that you're not the main event? I mean, I, I feel like you've earned that opportunity, especially in your hometown. Does it bother you at all? Oh, no, not at all. If I could be the co-main for the rest of my life, I'd love that. You know how much work I have to do with the co-main event? And me and Chris, Wyman, man, we have great luck together. That's true. Whenever we fight... Hard. We we kill it, and so um, no, I'm I'm happy to be out of Kyle with Chris always. Even we said after the last fight, like we gotta try and stick together because we got a good string of luck going. They just came out with the line for the fight. You're a gigantic favorite. Does that surprise you? Um, I don't know. I guess so. I mean, not really. I don't really put that much thought into it. What's what is it? Well, right now I'm looking at a few of the lines. I see a I see a minus ten fifty, and she's a plus. What is that? Six hundred minus seven fifty. I mean, I didn't think. I mean, uh, this early. I, what's that? I think it's better than Alexis. Well, sure, but yeah. Sarah McMahon. Is, is a part? Are you a little disappointed that it's not Gina Carano next? It seemed like that's what you really wanted. It seems like that's kind of dead at this point. Um, I mean, I think Gina's off making some movies or something right now, and um, it's one of those fights that I always will want, and um, I'll always understand whether she wants to do it or not. 
you know, Gina's already done so much for the sport and done so much to change my life for the better that I can't, I can't expect more out of her or demand more out of her, but I would, I would like more out of her, but that's entirely her decision. Can I tell you my theory on that? I mean, I have the utmost respect for Gina, and she was very kind to me earlier. I've talked about her many times on this show. But I feel like it was just all kind of a, a PR ploy to get in the news and sell that movie and all that. I mean, it took so damn long for the whole thing to materialize and finally die that I just didn't really believe at the end of the day that they wanted that fight. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't particularly know Gina that well. I mean, we're on good terms, but you know, I I don't like call her up and invite her to my house on Saturdays. I don't know her like that, so I don't. I can't really say anything about her motivations for anything. Have you... I would like to think that they that they weren't disingenuous. It wasn't just getting jerked around. I, I don't think I don't think she would do that. I think that um, she did want to fight, or does. I don't know, but. I don't think it was just publicity stunt, no. Uh, it was just announced on Saturday that Chris Cyborg suffered a serious injury and she's not going to be making her bantamweight debut uh, next month. Speaking of, you know, super fights that might not ever happen, at this point, do you even think about her? Or do you feel like this is just never going to happen and there's no point of even entertaining the idea? I mean, I just wait for fights. I really am not. Um, oh, my God, my mom. My mom actually wrote me something really, really cool about that. What she said? Oh man, I'm trying. I'm looking through my text messages right now and trying to find what my mom said to me about about her her injury. But <laughs> oh, I love your mom. She's been on the show. She's she she actually comes on the show more than you. Yeah, I think she does. Right? I can't find it. Damn. Oh. But she said something like, "If injured is another word for roided out and can't make weight, then she must be pretty fucking injured." Wow. Your mom. I'm like, I love you, mom. <laughs> this is where I get it from. This is why I don't care to say all the crazy stuff that I want because I know my mom would say something ten times more nuts. I'm like, what? My mom's cool with it. Screw you guys. I ain't got to impress you, random guy on the internet. My mommy loves me. But but when you found out that news, were you a little disappointed? Because that is going to be such a big fight. I mean, there's so much there's so much buzz and interest in that fight, and this just delays it. And who knows if it ever happens? A part of you just like, you know, I, I know you appreciate that because I see the way you talk about Betch Gohea and storylines and things of that nature. This is a great storyline. So does a part of you just want to see it happen so that we can all, you know, actually enjoy the making of this fight, you know, coming together, the build up, all that stuff. Well, in my eyes, Betch Gohea is a real athlete and an honorable fighter and cyborg is just a fraud and a cheat. If that fight ever happens or not, if she, she ever has the courage to actually step in front of me, I'll be happy to give her the ass whooping that she deserves full time. But I mean, honestly, I don't really think that she deserves that much. And if that's happened or not, whatever, I'll, I'll do it. I'll beat her. I'll prove it to everybody, but it's just, uh, I mean, that girl in my eyes is, should be charged with like attempted negligent homicide stuff like that coming into the cage with performance enhancing drugs is the equivalent of locking in there with a weapon it's not about who hit the ball farther or something like that it's about the re only reason why we're allowed to do mma is because the human potential of how it is right now we can say that it's safe but if you keep putting peds in people it's going to become less and less safe and the day that somebody dies in that octagon and the other person tests positive for steroids, they're going to have your first murder case involved in MMA. And that is the kind of thing that's going to destroy the sport. Hmm. It could destroy the sport forever. And one fucking headline, whatever, that does extremely well isn't worth it. 
And I'm happy to put her out of her misery and put her out of the sport and so no one else will have to deal with her ever again because it's something that needs to be done. But do I think that having a big pay-per-view card is worth, worth risking that kind of fate for the sport that I've worked so hard to develop? Then no, I don't think it's worth it. If they're going to put it in front of me, I'll put her out. But do I think she deserves to be there? No. Uh, you mentioned something before I let you go. I have to commend you on something because you said, you know, oh, I don't need to listen to what these people say. You said something a few months back that you, you never read your mentions on Twitter. And I've, I've thought about that. I've gone on a few rants on Twitter these days uh, because it can be overwhelming and it, could, it, it, can, it, it can literally depress you if you let it. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Do you really not look at your Twitter mentions? Because it's right there in front of you. How do you, how do you avoid that? Yeah, I haven't looked at my Twitter mentions since we filmed The Ultimate Fighter. So, um, yeah, it's been over a year. I haven't looked at them once. Um, and I'm much happier for it, to be honest. I mean, um, the thing is, I just really realized that I, I can put the information out there. I can put as much as I want out there for the fans, but receiving the feedback is not anything that I need to do. I don't need to take that. And um, a lot of people, they have lives that they're very, very unhappy with. And the only time of day that they really get to let any kind of aggression out or to let anything verbally out, you know, they have to sit in traffic all day and they have to let people honk at them and cut them off and then they have that job that they hate and their boss is mean to them and their coworkers are jerks and they can't speak up. At the end of the day, all the only outlet they have is to go online and be mean to people. And that does something good for them. It makes them feel better, but I don't have to absorb that negativity from them. They can go and blow it off all they want, but absorbing it is not my responsibility. So I'm sorry that for the good fans, I can't read what they have to say so much, but, you know, for my own self-preservation, I just can't allow myself to be the, you know, the, the sanitation department for other people's shitty lives. And, and was there a moment where you said, like, was there a tweet? Was there something said to you where you're like, screw this, never again, I'm never looking at this? No, it was um, after we filmed The Ultimate Fighter, and I knew how they were going to edit it together and how it was going to be received, and I was like, look, I know what happened. I was there, and I don't need to spend any of my time or energy worrying about people's misconceptions about the version they were shown. So I'm done with this shit. Never and te- I never looked again. And you're never tempted to, to, to check it out? Dude, let's just see what people are saying. Never. Never yeah. crosses No, it's just become not a habit. Wow. Um, I stopped looking. I'm... Like, on, on Instagram, I'll look um, because it's easier to, like, I, I think people are just much more positive on Instagram. I get a lot more positive, like, feedback on there. And um, Twitter is just, like, people just go on there just to troll on people. And I feel like people go on Instagram because they want to show you what they had for lunch. <laughs> that is true uh, okay last thing what's it like having Travis Brown at the gym and what's it like having your gym which at one point wasn't you know on the map as far as a destination it feels like you know I have Rory saying it you see other guys coming through now big names it feels like it's all of a sudden become one of these tri-star you know uh, Greg Jackson type gyms where guys are coming guys and women as well coming from all over to come train with you and your coach and the other people there what's that like it's actually hilarious. Because <laughs> when I first started coming there, it was like an all-Armenian men's boxing gym. Yeah. And everyone's like, it's your fault, Rhonda. And I'm like, what a fight. Like, everyone used to be like my secret weapon. And then he has this thing where if you see someone doing something wrong, he like has to correct it. Like, it has to be done. And he corrects something on someone once, and they're just hooked. And that, I think that's what happened with, like, with, um, was he, we were training jiu-jitsu one day and, and um, Edmund did a shadow box on jiu-jitsu so my hands they loose 
And um, and then Jake was like, well, I'm in a shadow box. And then then, um, Edmund just is compelled to correct people. So he just jumps up and corrects something. And then Jake was like hooked from that moment on. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's funny that it's become an MMA gym and a women's gym when they, Edmund hated MMA and he didn't have any women in the gym when I got there. And um, it's it's good that he's, he at least you know, is kind of coming out and getting more respect. But we have more secret weapons in there. I mean, my, my wrestling coach, Martin, is a freaking genius. He's an absolute, he's the only person that I can grapple with, like standing, and he can actually outsmart me. There's people that can be stronger than me or can be quicker than me or more exposed to me than me, but he is the only one that actually pushes me intellectually when I'm grappling and makes me so much better. And he's just, you know, one of the many people. Our strength conditioning guy, Jesse, is unbelievable. But um, we keep a lot of these things. We lay low a lot and we don't do too much press for the gym. And people just find out through word of mouth. That's the only reason why we've had so many people come is from um, recommendation from fighter to fighter. Well, Rhonda, I, I'm so happy that we buried the hatchet. Uh, I'm so happy our beef is over. Thank you so much for forgiving me. And uh, congratulations on everything. Congratulations on the Buffalo deal and all the success. And I know you have two movies coming out, uh, at least two next year. And you got the big title fight on February 28th. So I really want to appreciate, or I really want to thank you for your time and appreciate it very much. And uh, don't, don't be a stranger. You know, remember we had you and Michonne <laughs> at the same time. That was a great moment. You know, we, 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 we can have, yeah. we can have uh, some moments here. So don't forget about the little people, all right? I didn't forget. I came back, didn't I? Yes, Thank you did. You, Ariel, really. I, I appreciate you how respectful you've been in your persistence. So that's the only reason why I'm here. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All the best to you and continued success. Thank you. So good one. Bye. There she is, Ronda Rousey, the UFC's women's bantamweight champion, stopping by. Great stuff from her. And uh, she's got that fight coming up on fe February the 28th in, uh, in Los Angeles, the Staples Center dual title fight. A legit co-main event. Chris Weidman versus Vitor Belfort and Ronda Rousey versus Katzengano. George, are you there? Yeah, I'm there, yeah. Great to have you on the show, George. How are you? Doing very well, thank you. Well, I, I appreciate it. Are you running or something? What's going on? I'm in the gym. Just finished training. Now I'm so sweaty. I haven't trained. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much, George. Uh, you watch... No, because I have to do my training, otherwise I wouldn't, uh, you know... Sure. I need I needed to, to 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 get my training done. So it was perfect. I just finished now. Perfect. So you're still training as hard as ever. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I train for fun, not for for competition, which is makes it way more enjoyable. And it's uh, I don't know, it's so much fun. I got I got I got I got a lot better like this too. I try new things and it's a lot of fun. I saw that you tweeted this morning that you watched UFC 171 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. How did that happen? It, it, when I had my ACL surgery, uh, the the chief therapist at Curling Job was Edder McMillan. Okay. She, uh, she used to take care of me for my uh, physiotherapy, and um, she's a, a, a she's a North Carolina girlfriend. So I um, I was in Los Angeles for uh, business things, uh, and um, I didn't know where to watch the fight, you know. <laughs> and it, it was a perfect timing because uh, Edder called me and said, "Hey." By the way, I, I heard you're in LA for Captain America premiere, and if you want to come watch a fight at the house, I, we're going to be happy to have you. So I, I, I was uh, very happy, you know, to meet my idol, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, my biggest idol of all time. 
And I remember when you met him after UFC 167, you asked him for a photo, even though you were all you know, um, bruised and beat up. What was it like for you? Was it somewhat surreal to be watching a UFC welterweight title fight in Arnold Schwarzenegger's home, watching it with him? Yeah, yeah, but the thing is... Um the thing is, uh, yeah, when I took the picture with him, I was I was pretty messed up, you know, and uh, it was a uh, a lot of lot of thing uh, the, the the fight, uh, you know, like the way everything ended up and everything. So it was it was not an happy picture for me. Mm. So I wanted to take a better picture uh, when I'm uh, when I'm good. So yeah, I'm very happy now. What was it like for you to watch a UFC welterweight title fight without you and see a new welterweight champion, the first time we've seen that since 2007, a very long time ago? Was it strange for you to watch that? Well, you know, because it's my choice, I give away the title. I, I didn't want this. I, uh, I, uh, I never, nobody ever forced me to fight. And it's the same thing, nobody ever forced me to stop. And I wanted to stop. I remember when I, I even talk about uh, this with Arnold, and it, it made me feel very good because there's only a few people that could understand what I live, and Arnold is one of them. You know, he's got a lot more experience and uh, life experience than me, so he gave me very uh, nice advice. And uh, Arnold used to compete, uh, if you remember, as a bodybuilder, very uh, like Mr. Universe bodybuilder, so he knows what it, what it is to compete at highest level. And uh, th- th- I, I told him, like, when I fought uh, Carlos Candid, uh, I was very un- angry, uh, very angry, when I fought Diaz, I was not as much hungry. When I fought uh, uh, Riggs, uh, my training camp, I, I was not as much. I was even less ang- uh, hungry, and I felt like I needed to step out to to get some time to feel, to, to, you know, to 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 see if I want to do this or not again. When you say angry, what do you mean? Why do you need to be angry no, in the no, training no, camp? I'm not angry. Uh, hungry. Oh, hungry. hungry. Okay. Fan. My English sometimes is bad, you know. In French, we call it fan, right? I didn't want want it, and I didn't have an, as much fun right. as I used to. Too much pressure, too much critic, a lot of problems. You know, when I was young, I was like 20 years old. I even talked about this with, with Arnold. I, I didn't give a damn about anything. The only thing that was on my mind it was fighting. I didn't care about anything else. I didn't have nothing else on my mind. The more you grow up, the more problem you have, the more expectation, the more bullshit you have in your life, too. The more things going on, and the more you're thinking, the more more important thing you have in your life. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to keep the priority, the priority. And um, I need a lot of stuff happening too. So I need, I need to step out, you know? Right. And, and when you were watching that, did, did the itch come back? Did you feel like, man, I want to I missed that. That's my belt. Did any of those thoughts go through your mind? No, no. I would just watch it as a fan and I had a, it was a lot of fun, you know? I think, personally, I think the fight... I score. I think I, the fight went to to Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, I, I believe uh, you, you had you had around uh, you had around one, two, and five. Uh, most people I know they think it was Lawler that won the fight. So it was a very uh, tight fight. You know, it could have gone either way. I think it came down to the first round. Uh, I believe uh, Lawler won the round that he won was more decisively and, and he did more uh, on the face. You know, he, 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 he did more uh, damage on the face, but you know, sometimes it doesn't mean anything. You know, damage on the face. You know that it's the angle that you hit with the glove it can cause a crack. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. You know, Lawler had a lot of damage too, but you couldn't see the damage on the legs. Uh, they, you know, it, damage is it's on the face. Sometimes it's superficial. So that's one of the reasons I, I, I think uh, Hendricks won the fight, but. Like Ferraz, a couple of the guys, they, they believe it was Lawler that won. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very tight fight. It was a very good fight. 
Right now, the welterweight division is wide open. It's it's very interesting because of the fact that you left. After the fight, though, Johnny Hendricks said he'd love a chance to fight you again. He thinks it would be a lot of fun, and he'd want to prove that he could beat you. Is there any chance that his next fight will be against you? I don't know. I, I, that's the reason why I take a break of this, because I don't want to be on the radar. And now people is calling me. And I, if I come back, it's going to have a lot of things to change. You know, I, want, I, I talk about this. I didn't want to make problem of the UFC. But I talk about what I wanted to. Mm. I wanted, to, you know, it's a big problem in the sport, and I want to, this thing to be done. Otherwise, I will not come back fighting. I don't care for the other guys if they want to fight to do it like like they do. But if I come back, I need to, I need to do my. I have to, I have to change some things in the in the the way the, the the fight is done. Are you doing anything behind the scenes to change things, or do you just feel like you need to say it, say yeah, your piece, I, and I'm that's doing, it? I'm doing stuff, but there's not stuff. That 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 are uh, something to do with the the, the steroid testing and stuff for myself, you know. I'm building myself a better life right now. Okay. And uh, we'll see what's gonna happen. I don't say I'm gonna come back. It's not sure. It's no certainty. But I'm b- building something, and I cannot tell you everything. Why not? Why can't you tell at least me? We're from Montreal. No, We're I friends. Cannot, I can I cannot say to you because everybody will know. You know, you're <laughs> you're a reporter. You know. That's true. So um, that that's the thing. I, I you you guys will find out. But right, right now it's a process, and um, uh, if I just need to be back one day, it's gonna make me much better. And uh, if I just, if I don't decide to be back, no problem. I will, it will make my life better, so it's gonna be good. Uh, and and when you say the the process and all this stuff, does this have to just do with you or the sport itself? Like, are you doing stuff to change the this, sport? This is another thing. No, what I talk about is the uh, I told I told I told that before, and and I never wanted to do something negative for UFC. I, I didn't want. But the only thing I want, uh, Ariel, is to elevate the sport. I, I never, I always been one of the guys that fight for the legitimate legitimacy of my sport. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was in uh, for Under Armour uh, promotion this week. I was with uh, Chris McCormack, the champion, world champion triathlon. And I, I talked to some of the guys uh, in Brazil. He's a judo Olympic guy, champion, you know, yeah, Olympian champion. And all these guys, they all get tested. They can be tested randomly every time, you know. And and you know, we talk about they just ban TRT. Uh, but the thing is, seriously, TRT MMA was the only sport they allowed TRT. There's no other sport in the world they allowed TRT. It's a normal thing. It should have been done a long time ago. The problem is not only TRT. It's the way they do the test. They can ban anything they want, but if they don't test for it, it's a problem, you know. Mm. I can say, oh, I'm banning, uh, I don't know, orange juice, but if I don't test for it, it has nothing to do, you know. So you have to make the test for this, you know. How's your relationship these days with the UFC? Because when you said this, uh, Dana White and Lorenzo were very surprised by your comments. And, and, and they... I, I, I said it even before when I meet them. This I swear. I met them after my fight with Johnny Hendricks and I went in the back. I said that. I said to them. I said it to them. I swear. I swear on myself, on my, on my family. I said this. This is not true. I said that when I went in the back, when they took me over to talk. To me, I said the first thing I, I said it was that, you know. Hmm. That's one of the things I said. I said that we talk about other things, but that's one of the things I said. I made that clear before. So when they say I never said it, I said in public before I said to them, I said to them first. And, 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 and uh, yeah, I never did that to hurt the UFC. It's not my goal to hurt the UFC. And I talked to Lorenzo after, and Lorenzo and I were friends. Lorenzo, you want, you want to do something about it. When I came publicly with this, I, you, you, you have no idea how many text messages I receive of fighters and also reporters like you, like, like, like reporters who, who cover the UFC who are afraid to lose their job. They say, oh, thank you for doing this. I think you're right. 
It's a lot of people that is happy about that because you have the power to say it. A lot of guys, they don't want, they, they cannot say it because they, they're going to lose their job and they're afraid. But, you know, Lorenzo is a good person. Lorenzo understands that it's true. You know, like, like he want, he, I believe it, the, the problem is not the UFC, it's the, the system. It's a new sport. And the, only, the last thing I want is to hurt the UFC. I just want to elevate the sport. I think it's the next step for elevating the sport. It should be done. I think it's, it's a normal thing. You cannot be against the virtue. Uh, Dana White said on Thursday that he knows for a fact, that was his quote, that you're going to come back, and he still doesn't understand it, which is interesting what you say right now. He said when you met with him, you told him about some other stuff, but not this at all. So does he really know for a fact? Does he know something that, that we don't know about your return? Because he says he knows for a fact that you're coming back and, it, and your, your time away has nothing to do with drug testing. It's about personal issues. That's what he says. It has personal issues, and I have also the drug testing has something to do. I said it. This is the truth. Mm. I said it first. And I cannot use the kind of language I would like to, to use that I tell the, in the way that I tell them because it was a, in a, I didn't use a, right, a, a, very good, a very nice language when I, said that, when I said that to them. I make reference to very bad, very bad things, and I cannot tell you the way I said it because I don't want to, you know, it's, I never want to accuse one individual. Mm. And it's not only, I didn't talk only about my last fight. I talk about, in general, I talk about the sport. If you attack one individual, you, 20 other will arrive and, and do the same thing. I want, I don't want to, it's not the UFC the problem. Like I said, the, the problem is the system. Mm. It's a new sport. The system is not in place. There is no guideline. You know, the way they test now, I, I, I know it's not good. You know, it's not good the way they test. What, what? It's, uh, if you get caught on steroid right now, it's because you're 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 very fucking like very disorganized. You know, it's so easy to beat the test. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's not a real real test. They should when you test, it has to be put in a the the the, the sample has to be put in a certain um, uh, wet, uh, temperature to not lose the the, the 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 thing inside. Otherwise, it's not good. It has like some guideline that need to be done, and it's not done right now. What did they say when you told this to them? They they, they were not surprised. I don't believe they were surprised. I told them, and they're like, yeah, they they they're like, oh yeah, you think so? I said, yeah, I know for a fact. And I, you know, I cannot tell you the nature of the conversation, but I I assure you that I say it. And mm. like I said, I say it in bad words because I was a little bit frustrating about a lot of things, this stuff happening in my life. But, but, you know, it, it's not against the UFC. I always want to elevate the sport. I talk to them because I'm, I'm part of the family of the UFC, and I, I want to elevate the sport. I think it's a, it's a thing that should be done. And Lorenzo, I believe Lorenzo is agree with me. You know, he wants he want to meet with me, said it, to, to say what should be done. But me, personally, I'm not interested of coming back if, if, it, if it's nothing done in, in that regard, you know. I don't care about the other one. If the other one, they happy like fight like this, it's okay. But me, I'm not happy to fight like this. I want... You know, I've been accused in the past uh, uh, of using steroid, and the only thing I regret now is it's this thing I should have done it better. I should I should have done it before. Mm. I should have done before this because uh, it's been bothering me for a long time, and I never said anything. But I should have done this for a long before because I had money. I could have done it. I could have paid for the VADA test earlier. I should have done that before. Uh, Freddie Roach said that you told him you were having uh, headaches, and you said you wanted to walk away for two years. He said no, one year. Did you have that conversation with him about the headaches? The headache? Yeah, Freddie Roach said in an interview recently that you, you told him you were having headaches and uh, you were kind of concerned about your health, so you wanted to walk away for two years, and he said two years is a little too much, maybe just one year. Now, what I, what I say maybe about I don't, I don't I don't have a headache at all, and, and maybe it's a misunderstanding. 
sometimes when I say headache, it could it could have mean headache about things going on in the sport, about this the the steroid stuff, you know the. Maybe it's a headache, like you say in French. Sometimes you're mal de tête. That means ah. it's bothering you. You know, maybe I made a mistake referring that something that bothers me, but I don't have a headache. And, and I, my my health, I never been more healthy than I am now. I never had problem with my health. The reason is all mental. You know. You you mentioned that people are afraid sometimes to speak up, and you also use the word monopoly. Do you really believe the UFC is a monopoly? No, the way I see, the way I see, listen, the, the UFC. I'm, the UFC made me who I am. I'm rich and wealthy, and I have a lot of sponsors. And, you know, they, 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 they cast me for movies, and that would never have happened if the UFC would not have been there. UFC have been there to support me, and I'm, I'm, I, want, I want the UFC to be bigger, even be more well-known, recognized as a sport. I want, I want the brand to grow, and I will never go somewhere else to fight, you know? I'm, I'm part of the family in UFC, but I want to help the UFC, you know what I mean? I think it's something I should do. Because a lot of guys I've seen that, that were not, a lot of other athletes were not interested in my sport. The first thing they say when they, they look at mixed martial arts is the big cliche, the stereotype. Oh, this guy, they all have tattoos and they, they take steroids and they, 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 they brawl, you know. That, that's the big cliche. It's not true, you know. But I would take out this cliche. It's one thing they need to do is, is they need to, to do like any other sport. Why why cannot do any like any other sport? And the UFC? If the UFC change something, it's gonna change everything. Because the UFC, it's like the Vaseline of petrol jelly. It's like the the Q-tips. Mm. It's like the you know now people think about mixed martial arts. They don't even say mixed martial arts. They say UFC because the UFC is the biggest and the most prestigious organization. You know. Mm. Would you ever consider starting a union to help this out? No, I don't. I don't want like I don't want to do anything bad for to the UFC. I'm I'm I'm, I'm proud to be UFC. I'm support the UFC, and and this. Has been really misunderstood. The, the reason why I, that was came out, I think, is was for helping the UFC. I said it to UFC, and it's it's a truth. I'm I, I'm saying the truth. I'm a I'm a very um, how do you say, a very authentic person. I'm telling you the truth. You know, like mm. about this. You know, like that. That's what I believe. You know, things in, in my life. You know, like I have a personal life. I have a I I can have issues in my personal life. Personal life. I want the people in my life to stay to stay anonymous because these people they not public people but me i'm a public person so when they ask me my opinion on something i i said it and i'm not afraid to say the truth about what i believe has it been tough now you know there's there's report tmz comes and bothers you in the airport you're such a private person and because you said it's a private issue it kind of leads to some people wanting to dig and find out do you do you... yeah if someone is someone that tells if someone that tells stuff you know some someone like says stuff that they they, they about the rumors they 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 said people and it's someone in my entourage that is saying stuff, you know. Oh. But I don't know who they is. I don't know. Who they is. Some people start the rumors too, and it, you know, what can I do? You know, they they try to people. A lot of people speculate about different things, and uh, it, it is what it is. But uh, I need has, to be careful sometimes. Uh, has it brought more? Has it brought more stress to you? Because you said you know you used to walk down the street and people would ask you you know about your upcoming fight, and now I feel like people ask you when are you coming back? What's up with this with the UFC? What's up with the drug testing? Like, do you still feel like you're stress free now, or do you feel like you've brought different kind of stress upon yourself? No, it's not stress because I don't have to fight. No, I'm not stressed at all. I don't care about this, you know. And I'm happy for uh, Johnny Hendricks, you know. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a tough fight, to, you know. I'm I'm very happy. I don't have any regrets. And, and but and you know if I come back you know I would like to do this you know like the, the one of the thing I would like to has to be done is the like I told you is the test you know they need to be testing random testing by an independent 
an independent uh, organization that has no interest in the money for the fight. That's how it should be done. That's how it is in any any other sport. And uh, why why it's not like that in mixed martial arts? I don't understand. You're one of the few guys who can actually you know um, be a leader, and people would follow you. Did you ever think about doing more, you know, going to talk to the commissions, going to talk to the different organizations, trying to get them it's to a, do it's more? A, it's on the commission, the problem. It's on the commission. You don't think so? The commission do their job. The commission, they have money from the fight. When there is a fight, they, they, they have money. So they have a financial interest in the fight. Uh, the, the UFC is not the, it's not the problem. It's not the problem. It's not the UFC. It's the system. They need to change the system, you know? It's How do you system, change the, the system, though, if it's not the commissions? Because don't the commissions, the commissions decide who gets tested when and where? This is listen to me. This this is something that it's not everybody that is agree with me. Because no, I agree with you, by the way. Drugs. Some guy they they take drugs. They don't want to stop their thing. What they're doing. They don't want to stop that. If they stop that, they're gonna lose confidence in themselves. You know, if you if they're taking something and then tomorrow they're not allowed to take to take it, it's gonna affect their mental. You know. So it's not everybody that is agree with me on this thing. You know. And some people they just don't get bothered by the, by this. You know, it's a lot of different reason. That's what I believe. I don't care about what people do, but if I come back to fight, I would like this thing. It, it, it has to be done for, for my fight. That that's for sure it needs to be done for my fight. I don't want to put more pressure as far as coming back and fighting, but I just have to ask you this one question about a particular fight, because you know forever people were talking about you versus Anderson Silva, and now it would seem like the perfect time if he came back, because you're not champions anymore, you can fight at a catchweight, something like that. Do you think that maybe now is the best time, if he comes back healthy, to do that fight, maybe even in a year. Obviously not now, he's going to be out for a while. But do you think maybe the stars are aligning that we'll finally see you versus Anderson? Listen, listen this one thing, the same thing as before. Uh, Anderson now, he need, he need, to, he need to, to do his physiotherapy for his knee. That's what he need to think about. Me, the thing I need to do to stop thinking about is about, uh, about fighting who mm. I'm going to fight. The reason why I stopped is because I didn't want to talk. I, I wanted to be under the radar and far and far of the competition. Of course, in, in terms of my sponsor and things like that, things I need to be done, I'm fine talking about this. But in terms of competition, me fighting someone, I, that's the reason why I take a break. I don't want to be, I want to be out, out of the radar. And, and, and Anderson, he's a very big guy, you know. He weighs 230 pounds. I know for a fact he walks around 230 pounds. People saw, saw on the scale when he went on the scale. He's obviously, I'm, I'm 190 pounds, you know. Now I gain weight a little bit. I'm a little bit bigger. I'm like maybe five pounds, you know. And, and the thing is, I don't care to fight whoever they put. When I was fighting, I didn't. I never care. I never afraid of nobody. But it need to be in, in the weight. If they respect the weight, no problem. I fight whoever. I don't care. Who do you think should fight Johnny next? Do you have an opinion on that? Rory McDonald, I believe. Rory is very good. I believe Rory at this time is my friend, and I'm very happy for Rory. You know, he did an amazing fight against Damian Mayo, and he proved he's the number one contender. So you're, you're, you're enjoying, you're watching, you're having fun. Is it fair to say you've never been happier, at least in the last 10 or so years? Yes, it's true. I've never been happy. I sleep better than ever. Never sleep. I sleep better now. And uh, I'm training with the guy. I'm still training. I'm in shape. I'm helping the guy for their fight. You know, I'm training with Olivier. Olivier, uh, the guy who fought in the ultimate fight. I'm training with him today. Mark Bocek, uh, Francis Carmel. I'm training with all the guys. I'm staying in shape and everything, you know. And no matter if I come back or not for competition, I always gonna be training because it's my life. I'm a martial artist. I, a martial artist, he train not because he has a fight. He train because it's his lifestyle. 
is there ever a chance that you'll go do some other sport because you're an athlete and you love competition like wrestling or track or gymnastics? Like you ever think about that? I, I was supposed I was supposed to do a, a race because Donovan Belly was in in Montreal for a, a track a race for a foundation thing. I was supposed to participate into that race, but I had business commitment. Unfortunately, so I couldn't do it. But I, I like uh, sport general. Not that I'm gonna do career in that, but because I'm I'm an athletic person and I like to compete. I love competition. It's it's uh, part of my uh, part of my DNA. I like competing, and I have this this comp- com- uh, competitive spirit in myself, and I really enjoyed it. Final question for you, George: Will you ever tell us when the door is finally closed or open, like so that people would stop asking you, "Are you going to come back now? Are you going to come back?" You know, will you ever make a decision or an announcement? Okay, I've decided there's no chance because you you have yet to say there's yeah. no chance either way. No, I'm gonna decide, but now I don't know. Okay. Uh, there's a reason why I, when I stopped, I, I didn't know. Some people they say, "Oh, I retire," then they come back. I'm not like that. If I say retire, I retire. But I, I don't know if I would retire or not. I, I, you know, for now I didn't want to do it. Now I needed to step out. I'd stay out of the radar. That's one of the things I said. I didn't know. I didn't know how it's gonna be in a six month or in a year or a year and a half. I don't know. But right now I don't feel like coming back right now. I, it's, it's not right for me. Fair enough, and uh, appreciate that very much. And I thought it was very classy of you to go on Twitter and congratulate Johnny Hendricks. I want to ask you, we actually have Johnny on the phone right now. Would you like to say congratulations to him? Yeah, of course. Johnny, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing, George? Hi, Johnny. Congratulations. A great fight. I, I, I believe, uh, personally, you win the fight. And uh, I gave you the first, the second, and uh, the fifth round. You, you show a lot of champion art, and I believe you... You're the champion, and uh, congratulations. Well, thank you so much, George. And like I tell everybody, man, you're, you've been a great champion for the sport. And uh, so thank you for everything. And thank you for, you know, like I've been telling everybody, too, is that you, you were very quick with it, you know, not, not dragging it out. So we're, we're very grateful that you opened the door for us. Well, that's very, that. All right. that's very nice. Johnny, you want to make one last pitch to get that rematch or not now? Yeah, I would, like, I would like to get the rematch. I would. I, George, I would like to fight you again. Uh, you know, I, I, you're, you're a very listen, tough listen. opponent. Stick around for a bit and uh, keep that tight all. We'll see what's going to happen in the sport. If, things, if some things change, maybe we'll, 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 we'll get together again. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. George, all right. thank you so much for the time, George. Really appreciate it. All the best to you. Bye, Dave. Bye-bye. There he is, George St. Pierre. All right, Johnny. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Congratulations to you. I know you said, and how about that, right? I think you might have convinced them. I think we got an answer there. Hey, I, I hope so. You <laughs> know what I mean? I really do. Uh, I, I, hope, I hope we can uh, get him back. He's a tough guy. Uh, you know, uh, and I wasn't going to say anything because I knew I had to, uh, I know I needed to, I know I needed to uh, make sure that I got that win. So he wasn't on my radar, but uh, now that it's over with, I would like to try to get get that one back from George. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to make it happen for you here, so uh, I'm doing my best. I got him, got you guys on uh, uh, around the same time. So uh, in your in, in, okay, you said I know you said in the the press conference and and afterwards it hasn't really sunk in just yet. You know, less than 48 hours later, has it sunk in those pictures with your kids, your daughters? Are, it makes me melt. It's just beautiful stuff. Has it sunk in that you're the UFC welterweight champion? Well, it, it it has, but you know, uh, the only reason it has is because of uh, of that right there. I want to make sure that my kids kids know that uh, what what I've done for them and what I what I'm trying to sacrifice for them. Uh, 
you know what I mean? Uh, it's a tough sport. It is tough. Uh, you know, uh, it is a tough fight. Who am I kidding? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, to be able to get 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 everything good and ready to go, uh, I was excited. What was that moment like when you heard Bruce Buffer say your name, the, the pictures and seeing you on TV, the, the, the elation, but for you, when you're nervous, you're waiting, you've been in that moment before, and this time he says your name, do you, re- do you recall how it felt? Uh, yeah, I remember. It, it, was, uh, it, it was sort of relief. You know, you're sitting there, and you, you've been in that situation before. You're sitting here going, your stomach's knotted up, your heart sort of tries to stop beating, and your mind's going, just announce it already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and then whenever he does, you're, you sort of take a step back, and, you know, realistically, everything that we've trained for, because, you know, it's not even so much me as it is my coaches. Everybody that you know are involved in helping me get to where I am today. That's what helps. You know, that's what puts so much stress on you as well. Have you rewatched the fight yet? No, I have not. Um, of course, you know, and and I agree with George. I think you won the fight three rounds to two. The fifth round uh, was fascinating because I actually thought you were losing the beginning portion of the fifth round, maybe the first two minutes or so. And then something happened where you turned it on, you started rocking him with big shots, and then you secured it with the takedown. Did you, did you ever think to yourself, I'm losing this? Because it seemed to me like two, two and a half minutes in, that title was slipping away from you. Yes, and that's it. You know, you're, you're sitting there, he, he got off strong the third and fourth round, uh, which was really weird. Uh, it sort of caught me for a uh, curveball, um, and I wasn't able to adapt quick enough. You know what I mean? And in that fifth round, that's whenever I knew I had to. You still there, Johnny? I think we may have lost him. Oh, we did lose him. As we were showing some highlights there of the uh, the, uh, the the fight on Saturday, and, and it's amazing to be involved in a fight like that and actually be aware of the fact that you are you are losing because uh, think about how many punches he had taken. I mean, both guys were actually in the pocket the whole time. There was no chasing in this fight. They were both standing in the center. If you actually watch and look at how long... Johnny, are you still there? Yes. Okay. So you actually recall telling yourself, I need to pick this up because I'm about to lose this fight? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, I was like, I, I knew that I had to win that fifth round. I knew I had to win it, and it didn't matter how. And And whenever I was actually hitting him, I knew that it was either... I could knock him out. I started wobbling. You know, you see him sort of stagger, stagger, stagger. And that's whenever my body sort of just said, all right, go for the takedown and secure the win. Third round, it looked like he hit you with some really big shots. How hurt were you? I was pretty hurt, not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, you know, he hit me pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, uh, good enough that where the third round was uh, bad enough that, you know, the fourth round, he was still able to do it. <laughs> Were you concerned, though, that you, you may have been, you know, hurt to the point where you couldn't rebound? No, no, no. That never crossed my mind. Uh, there was a couple of punches that I was like, okay, I really need to throw back because if, if I let him get a couple more of these in, yeah, it could be over. Uh, but I told myself, hey, just fire back. Just fire back. Calm down. Calm down. Fire back. And, and, you know, once I started telling myself that, I started able to start landing some of my own punches. Did you expect the fight to play out that way? Because it was really amazing to watch both of you just standing in the center of the octagon, in the pocket, just going bang, 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 bang. I mean, it was, there was no chasing, nothing like that. Did you expect it to go down like that? I did in a sense, yes. Uh, I thought that I was going to be able to do a lot more takedowns. 
but on uh, the first round, something happened. I don't know what happened. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna find that out before I say anything else. But uh, something kept me from being able to get takedowns, and uh, and that's sort of what the deal was. Uh, I, I knew that we he had a he had a, his guard. I know I had to pass his guard. I knew that if I could get him down to the ground, it'd be a lot easier fight for him. But I was yet I was able, and unable to do that. And once I was unable to do that, that's when I told myself, okay, <laughs> now it becomes even more of a war. In between, I think the third and fourth, if memory serves me correctly, uh, it, it was it was audible on the broadcast that you told your corner that you hurt your shoulder. Is that what you're referring to? No, my I, yes, but I did do something else. It wasn't my shoulder. Oh, uh, what'd you do? Yeah, no. Can you tell us? Uh, hey. Hey, 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 hey. Why you won the fight? The fight's I, I over. Promise, hey, I know, I know that, but hey, uh, I'll tell. Trust me, I will release it. Realistically, uh, it's, it's my elbow. Oh, you know what I mean. I'm gonna see what happened with my elbow. Did, did this uh, happen so, in the middle of the fight or before the fight? It it, it happened. Uh, it happened actually a week and a half before. Wow. And then it happened during the first round. Were you close to pulling out of the fight a week and a half before before it happened? Uh, we thought about it. Really? It was that bad? Oh, yeah. But that world championship means that much more. <laughs> How much pain were you in in the fight? Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, realistically, I don't know. Probably, uh, you know, I don't know. Not, 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 that, not, bad, not that bad, I don't think. <laughs> Did you have to alter your game plan because of this? Yes. Wow. And, and how, how much did the shoulder bother you? The shoulder didn't bother me. Oh, okay. The shoulder's not, no, the no. Shoulder's not an issue. I said shoulder just because of what was going on, just in case it got relayed back. Wow, somehow. the shoulder was the, the key word. Yeah. Wow. Um, was it the left or the right? Uh, it was the right. Okay. Yeah, it was my takedown. It was whenever I tried it for takedown. Okay. It, I could it, not get it. Can, uh, you, can you tell us how you heard it? Uh, you know what? Throwing a, throwing a, I threw a hook. And I, I, whenever I throw a hook, it just spazzed out. Ooh. I don't know what happened. It felt like uh, I felt my arm actually pop. So we'll see what happens. Uh, when are you going to get it checked out? I'm actually trying to get it checked out right now. So as soon as we're off the phone, oh. I will be back there. Okay, so just a couple of minutes left. I just had a couple more questions for you. Did you hear that one of the judges scored the second round 10-8 for you and then a 10-10? It all came down to, it, yeah. it, it all equaled out the same. But do you think that's a little bizarre? Uh, you know what? I thought it was a great fight. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know, I don't know how it how it works out for him. Um, you know that that is uh, a ten ten in the uh, in the fifth is very strange. I find. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. But you know, I, I guess he was just that happy with both performances. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, I've seen crazier things, I guess. But you know, realistically, I don't know. Um, that's why I tell everybody I'm glad I'm not a judge. <laughs> yeah. Um, can, you know what I mean? They have such a hard job. Can you explain to us what happened with, with the weight cut? Was it simply just the scale, or did something go wrong before that? Uh, it was just the scale. It was just the scale. Um, you know, we, we, we went into lifetime that Thursday night. We were out there, and the guy actually came back and said, hey, there's somebody jumping all over your scale. Hmm. You know, there's some kids. So we're like, oh, crap. So we went up there, as soon as we went back there, we actually put it up, you know, because we're like, okay, we don't want just random kids. We thought, 
you know, it'd be safe in there, but it was not. Uh, and then that's the next day is when we had trouble with it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all our fault. Uh, and, you know, once, once we got to where we thought we were close, we didn't have a chance to go back to the other scale because they already took it at that point. Were you, you, were you freaking out when they said that you were a pound and a half over? Like, what's going through your oh, mind? Hey, yeah. You're sitting there going, son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just, I thought I made weight. You know what I mean? And, and, and then all of a sudden you don't. And then they're sitting here talking. People are saying, oh, okay, it's not going to be a title fight if I don't make weight. Yeah. And it's going to be a title fight, but even if I win, I still don't get the belt. You know what I mean? I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want to miss weight. I'm not a guy. Yeah, you know, there's so many things going through your head. And then, well, needless to say, uh, Mark Levin, he ran it down with bike. Uh, we got on the bike for 20, 25 minutes, rode it. Uh, broke a sweat, went back and made weight. When were you happier? When that commission guy said you were 170 or when Bruce Buffer said your name? Because you were pretty uh, happy with that. The 170, you yeah, looked ecstatic, right? Yes, because, you know, here's the thing. is If I don't make that, then all this doesn't matter. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So so whenever he said I made it, that's whenever I, was, uh, I knew everything else was falling into place. Did you consider shaving the beard? Oh, yeah. We bought clippers. Wow. We actually went bought clippers to shave the beard and my head if I didn't make weight. Thank God you didn't have to do that. But I did notice it was a bit more trimmed on Saturday. Is that accurate? Did you trim it before the fight? Yeah, yeah I always trim it. I always trim it the day of the, oh. the, the Friday, or I guess that Thursday before, or Friday before the uh, fight. Or, uh, yeah, full wins. Okay. I tried to trim it. Let me ask you two more questions, and then I'll let you go. Let's just say George doesn't come back now. Uh, he takes a little more time off. Who do you think um, deserves the next shot at the title? Who, in your opinion? Oh, I don't care. My opinion means nothing. Well, you're the champ now. You get to, you get to say your opinion. Everyone wants to know your opinion. Right. I'm just I'm just somebody who just does whatever. You know what I mean? That's between my management and UFC. They get to decide who, who faces me next. Would you be okay if they said it was Nick Diaz, even though he's 0-2 in his last two fights? Uh, again, I don't, want, I don't want it to be, yeah. You know what I mean? I think uh, he should face, you know, I, I, don't, I would say Carlos, but, you know, who knows how long he's going to be back. Have you heard anything about him? Not yet, but uh, it could be a, a meniscus tear, ACL. I mean, I don't expect him to be back, you know, in, in short order. Yeah, yeah but, you know, like, uh, then it could be anybody. Okay, and when you do know, you want to come back? Uh, doing good. Uh, when do I want to come back? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I would say probably right around, uh, you know, September, October. It just depends when all this stuff, yeah. you know, depends how everything else goes on. And last thing, I saw a kid by the name of uh, Jake Stone King. He was in your corner. Um, he actually walked down to the cage with you, uh, the, the young man who is battling uh, yes. brain cancer. Yes. Uh, did you get a chance? I know you were in the zone right there, but it just really warmed my heart. I, you know, we had been following that story. UFC flew him out. And then I just see all of a sudden him walking down to the cage with you, and it, it, it put the biggest smile on my face. It was so nice that you did that. Did you get a chance to actually talk to him? Yeah, I did right after the fight. I was like, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for uh, experiencing this with me. Uh, I was very grateful that I won for it. You know what I mean? So that way he could stay there and uh, get in the octagon with us. It was amazing. I am so happy for you. Congratulations, uh, Johnny. Enjoy it with your family. Enjoy being UFC champion. I know you've worked very hard for this. You certainly deserve it. And really appreciate you taking some time out. And good luck with the elbow, of course. All right. Thank you so much. There he is.
Johnny Hendricks, the UFC welterweight champion, joining us. A fantastic performance. One, one for the... Uh, one for the highlight reels, and uh, it wasn't just him. It takes two to tango. It takes two to put on a fight like that, and uh, they certainly did that on Saturday night. The big news, of course, this weekend, the man that I am still in awe of. I, I bow down to this man. What he did, very few predicted, but I know one man who predicted it. It was him. He was ultra-confident leading up to the fight when we had him on the show. Right when it was announced, he was uh, extremely confident, and now there he is. The new UFC bantamweight champion, TJ Dillashaw, it, it still sounds amazing to say. What, what does it sound for you? I mean, to say TJ Dillashaw, the new UFC bantamweight champion, how do you digest that? Uh, it sounds really good. It just takes a little bit of getting used to still, you know. I'm, uh, I'm still soaking it up every day, and it, 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 uh, it gets more and more real every day. So what has the last two and a half days been like for you? Is it all a blur? Kind of. It's been a little whirlwind for me. Um, you know, each day, kind of like I said, kicks in a little bit more and becomes more real. Like last night, I got home actually from Vegas and was able to watch the fight. Uh, I got it recorded at home, and uh, you know, it was even better watching it on TV than it was out of my own eyes. That must have been the most enjoyable, you know, twenty-three minutes of your life, just rewatching that, knowing the outcome and how much you dominated him, right? Yeah, I mean, I knew the outcome, but I still got nervous from the hype and the the, the, the walkout and Joe Rogan talking and then talking up him and Brow before the fight and how badass he was. And, uh, you know, so I, it was still like I got nervous watching the, the program, even though I knew what happened. Um, I, I saw on your Instagram, your Twitter, that you were uh, you were traveling with the belt. Did you get a lot of people stopping you? Like going to Vegas, was it a much different experience than coming home with the belt? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um what yeah. were people saying to you? You know, I mean, I guess just the usual. You see all the time. I mean, I followed your eye around, and it's kind of been just a nonstop, just kind of taking pictures, signing autographs. And then other than the, other than that, just kind of in awe, you know, just the fact that, you know, not not only, I mean, like you said, I was a huge underdog. No one really believed it and just kind of in awe. So, uh, How's your eye? I, I see it's it, the, it, the lighting is a little off, but it seems like it's, it's a little yeah. swollen. I yeah, it's still a little swollen. Um, I got a tiny little cut on the side of my head and my right eye swollen. My nose was pretty bruised up too, but uh, that's going down pretty fast. I've broken that a lot, so I, the swelling goes down quick on that. But uh, yeah, my nose and my eye got a little swollen. Were those the, a couple good, were those a the couple only injuries? Jabs, yeah, for the, oh, my right hand hurts pretty bad, but I got to get that checked out. I think it's okay though. At what point did you realize that you got him? Was it from the get-go? Um... You know, after that first round, I just got a huge rush getting back to the corner. I was like, all right, I got to keep doing that, you know. Um, I don't think I knew I had him until after the second. The end of the second, I just kind of felt it. I knew it, like everything was going smoothly. I saw it in his eyes, just kind of – I just knew that I was going to be too much for him. I was too fast, and and uh, I was going to be able to pick him apart. You know, more on your quickness, where did that TJ Dillashaw come from? Because I hope you take this the right way. I don't think we've ever seen you – in that kind of form, that you look that good, that on point. You were dancing all over the place. You were so accurate, and you look really good against Mike Easton. But you know, I, I consider Hannah Brown to be a tougher opponent, with all due respect to Mike Easton. You were, you were, you, you look like the best pound for pound fighter in the world. I mean, you, we have never seen such a dominant performance against a top fighter before. Where did that guy come from? Um, you know, from the Easton fight, I think building the confidence from my movement and how well I did in that fight and the things I did is how relaxed I was. You know, I got. The first fight where I really relaxed was Mike Easton. I kind of let things just flow. I didn't go in there with like, you know, strict like certain combos I wanted to do and you know holes I saw in his game. I trained a game plan with Dwayne, but 
never really thought about it too much. I went in there with nothing in my mind except for being fast and moving my feet. And uh, that's when I, I guess I just start to flow. I don't, I don't know. I guess the, the having fun out there and just relaxing and soaking up the moment. I knew that this was a crazy adventure and that I wanted to enjoy every second of it, the walkout, the lead up to the fight, taking over the UFC Instagram, um, just everything in general. I wanted to enjoy it, and it just made everything so much easier and no hesitation. I just reacted. How did you feel like an hour before the fight in the locker room? Were you more nervous than usual, or were you in pretty good shape? Uh, I was in pretty good shape. Um you know, I mean, obviously, I, I was nervous to go out there and fight the bad dude hitting brow, you know, but as it normal as I am for fighting anybody else, I get feel like I get just as nervous for fighting anybody else. They turn into a title fight in my own head. It just, uh, you know, I, I uh, just hold myself to a high standard, and I get nervous for every fight. We've had a chance to learn a lot about you in the buildup to this fight, and uh, Uriah was on the show last week, and he told us, that in the gym, and this is when I started to turn and think that, wow, you know, I, people are maybe sleeping on this guy a little bit because you were such a huge underdog. In the gym, he said that you're kind of a dick. Like, you know, you, <laughs> you rough people up. You're the first to get water at the water fountain. He actually said that you're kind of dirty. Who is this guy? How come that never translates into the fight? Um, I, I saw that on the broadcast, too, of Goldberg saying that. Uh, it's just uh, in the gym, I'm super competitive. Um, I want to win at all times, and I, like I said, I hold myself to a really high standard. And when I don't have a perfect practice, I get kind of uh, pissed off about it. And uh, not, that, not that I'm pissed at someone else, but more myself. And so I, I get, I get really aggressive, just trying to be the best at all times. And uh, you know, I've had to work on it. Dwayne's did a, a good job of uh, making a controlled aggression to where if I'm if I'm getting aggressive, I'm not getting wild and whatnot. And uh, but still, you know, you gotta. You gotta you got to be good with your partners, and sometimes I'll I'll get a little too rough sometimes. So I, they got to they got to tell me I'm good at calming it down after they tell me, but someone else has to notice it before I do because I just kind of flip a switch, you know. And so that's something I've been working on that I got to uh, continue to work on. So do they get pissed at you often? Um, less less lately, but when I first got in there, yeah. But see that the uh actually maybe they don't get pissed less because I can. I can uh, oppose my will a lot more these days mm -hmm. compared to when I first got in the gym and I didn't have as much technique and I just had straight anger. Uh, that, that I, I got more mad back then because uh, I wasn't doing as good as I wanted to, but I also couldn't do as much damage because I wasn't as good as I am now. Well, now you're the champ. No one could say anything to you. You're the only <laughs> guy with a belt over there. That's that's my excuse for everyone so far. I mean, I can, I'm the champ. I can do whatever I want. You know, I just here. I'll just I'll just do this, and then I can do whatever I want. I was sitting right here. Oh, there it is. Wow. How heavy is it? Um, I'm pretty sure it's 12 pounds. Wow. Yeah. It's Did you sleep heavy. with it? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't sleep very well. <laughs> it was taking up all the room. It was kicking you and whatnot. Yeah, digging into my <laughs> side. So I, I had to eventually take it off. Um, you know, it's it's such an interesting situation between you and Dwayne. You mentioned Dwayne Ludwig. Uh, we've never seen a guy evolve so much, win the title, and then his coach leaves the team, knowing going into the fight that his coach is leaving. Is there any chance that you can reconsider this whole situation with Dwayne and get him to stay? I mean, you've looked so good. It's a shame to see him leave now at this point in your career. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it sucks, man. I mean, I I, I knew it for a while that Dwayne was going to be leaving. He uh. He wants to move back home with his family. You know, his, his, his wife and his kids are out here, and they want to move back to Colorado where they're from, where their family's at. So I've known it before even everyone else kind of knew that Dwayne was going to leave. You know, me and him kind of talked about it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely tough. I mean, I'm going to have to cross-train with the guy because I'm going to miss out on training with him big time. 
But uh, going into it, I guess the, the things I thought instead of him leaving was let's finish this off on a bang. Let's uh, hmm. let's make this an amazing uh, ending to a great story of him being the coach of the year. And you know, that's just the way I I, I kind of took it. You know, I didn't put the pressure on him leaving after getting the belt. I just wanted to not, not only get the belt for him, but for myself as well. Did you say that on purpose? Like, did you did you say the pun on purpose at the weigh-ins when you said finish with a bang because of his yeah. nickname? Yeah. Okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure. Maybe that's not giving you enough credit. Is there any chance that you leave Alpha Male and just train with him in Colorado full-time? No, no. Uh, Alpha Male's got the best training team in the world. Um, I have the best partners when I go into the gym. Not only do I have the best sparring partners, but they really care about me. We care about each other. And when you have that connection, it's just kind of so easy to help each other out and be there for each other. And you know, I have a whole team of coaches. Even though Dwayne's the best coach I've ever worked with, uh, you know, it's it, you can't ever get a team like that. You know, there's no way you can ever get a, a team like Team Alpha Male and, and the, the bond we have. So I have to stay with the guys. They, they got me to where I'm at as well. Um, I'm just gonna have to continue to train with Dwayne. I'm gonna have to fly him out for my fight camps and cross train when I'm in. I guess you can consider off season when I don't have a camp lined up and go out there and train for a couple of weeks here and there. So if you get a you know a fight today and it's in two months, will you bring him out to Sacramento for your entire camp? Uh, I, I doubt he'll probably be able to come out for his entire camp because he's got an academy to run. But you know, a week here, a week there, come out and work on our techniques and you know watch me spar and stuff. He won't be able to be there the entire time. At least I don't think so. I would love to. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would do. But I doubt he'll be able to be able to. Would he be in your corner for your fights? Yes, yeah. Oh, and and why do you think you guys had such a good connection? I heard that you used to babysit his kids. Like it yeah, seems like you um, guys were friends even more so than coach and student. Why why did you get along so well? I don't know. We just had a lot of like like uh, um, we we got along well just because our personalities were the same. You know, he's OCD about doing what he does, and I'm OCD about what I do. You know, we're just uh, we're both addicted to being the best, and he was uh, being the best in the coach. You know, and he just had a niche for it. So. uh I respected everything he brought to the table, and he respected how much I respected him, I guess. You know what I mean? I actually looked up to him and, and uh, you know, treated him like a, a head coach and, and then eventually just, you know, realized how much our personalities were super close. And I don't know, man. It's just, it was just meant to be. I was talking to your manager today, the great Mike Roberts of MMA Inc., and he, he was telling me about, of course, you know, um, we were just talking about you and your amazing story, and he said the guy who deserves a lot of credit is Mark Munoz. Mark Munoz was the one that helped, you know, bridge the gap between your college wrestling days and Team Alpha Male. That T.J. Dillashaw back in the day, did you really think at this stage in your career, this young, that you'd be UFC champion? I know you're, you're a hardworking guy and you strive and, and you're very competitive, but honestly, did you think this would happen so soon? No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, I came into a huge stage. I was, uh, like you said, when back when Munoz got me into fighting, I was I was enrolled in grad school, going to become a physician's assistant. You know, I went through college and didn't complete the goals I wanted to, and uh, kind of followed him around. And he realized how tough I was doing it, and just how aggressive I was. And he just says, "Man, you should try this out. You know, you should head up to Uriah's gym and try this out. You think you can make something of it?" For me, it was kind of like. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm trying to like start a good career for myself and make sure I can get paid. But you know, in the back of my mind's like, man, that'd be cool. You know, that'd be cool to be be able to make it to the UFC and and get on TV and make money enough money fighting. You know, and so I told myself I'd give myself a year, see if it'd pan out. You know, if I could get good enough at the sport where I think I can make a decent amount of money to live off of, I'll continue with it and push for higher goals. You know. Um, after that year, I definitely felt like I could I, I could hold my own. I was in there with a great gym and was doing great. So, 
you know, I went all in. After that, I just kind of had to set the goal of being world champ. You know, once I was going to go all in for it, I had to uh, put that up on my wall, put that in my head because when you strive to be the best, a lot of other stuff comes easy. Is it somewhat surreal that in a gym with Uriah Faber and Chad Mendez, Joseph Benavides, that you're the first guy to get the UFC belt? You beat them to it. Absolutely surreal. It's it's unbelievable. I got into the gym looking up to those guys. I still look up to them, you know, just who they are. And uh, I got in there just kind of in awe of who they were as people and getting into their title fights and, and following their camps. It's just kind of like, man, this is an amazing road for me just being here with these guys, you know. And for me to be the one that brings home the UFC belt, it's just uh, – it's just crazy what I've been through with them, you know. It's just it's crazy to see it all unfold, and uh, it's really unbelievable, could especially, you, what, especially could, the way it went down, too. Could you tell – I know you were probably on cloud nine or cloud 18, if that exists. Uh, could you tell how happy they were for you? It's a very rare thing to see people who have not – um, at least on that, I mean, they've succeeded in their career. There's no doubt about it. They, they don't have a belt, though. They, they've had some, you know, stumbling blocks. To see genuine happiness, no jealousy whatsoever. They were, they were emotional. You don't see that often in, in sports. Could you tell how happy they were for you, how, how sincerely happy they were for you? Absolutely. It made me want to cry. I mean, Joseph was unbelievably happy for me before the fight even started. He just, like, told me the whole week he knew I was going to win, was just, like, in awe of the whole situation. And then afterwards, he was just awesome you know uriah uh, he you know he's just got a great aura man that guy's amazing and he uh you know he, he feels it from the heart man and we, we all care about each other that, that much like we're brothers and uh you know i can hear him in the in the, i actually could hear them better almost than my own corner when I, while i was fighting some of the time i heard danny castillo throw say out stuff the entire time and i just kind of kind of threw it at, you know as soon as he said it, he has such a, a deep voice as well and just kind of I, I could hear them cheer me on and feel their energy just uh it fed me throughout the whole fight. Um, there's a great picture on our site right now of you embracing with Dwayne Ludwig, and he was very emotional after the fight. What did you guys say to each other right after? We did it. You know, I told him we were, I was going to get this belt for both of us. I told him that you know he, he needs to get a UFC belt before he uh, uh, you know I don't know what his coaching career is going to be like, but before he ends it with Team Alpha Male, he needs to get a belt, and this was time to do it. You know, he was announced to leave May 24th, my last fight. Anyways, when I was supposed to fight Tegay Muzagaki. So that was going to be his last fight, you know. And uh, we were fine with that, obviously. I mean, that's what it was. And then I got the call for the, to fight the title and obviously was never going to turn that down. I told him, as soon as I got it, I got the phone and called Dwayne first. And I told him, I was like, dude, we're getting a belt before you leave. It's too perfect not to get a belt before you leave. And uh, this, is the, this is it. This is the time. And uh, after the fight, I just kind of told him, I told you so, man. He, he just, you know, he, he was ridiculously nervous the whole fight camp. I could, I could see it in his eyes. He, like I said, cares so much for me that he was uh, so nervous. He, he talked even faster than he already talked. <laughs> he was just like sometimes stuffing my combos on the mitts because he wanted to do them so hard. He just was, you know, he was a, a stress ball the whole week of a fight. And uh, I guess that kind of calmed me down. <laughs> yeah, usually you'd want the coach to be, you know, more relaxed than you. But yet, that made you more calm. Um, I don't know. I, I just was. I can't say that that did. But I was just really calm the whole week. You know, I just. Uh, it was a big stage for me, and like I said, I wanted to soak it up and have some fun with it. And the only way I was gonna be able to have fun is if I relaxed, and uh, that's the that's the way I got to go in every fight. You know, I can't put any added pressure onto myself now that I'm the champion either. I I got to go in there and feel the exact same way every camp. Now that I know what what greatness I can prove to myself by being relaxed and having fun. I got to do it every fight. You know, my last two fights, I've 
especially trying to do it. You know, Justin Buckles told me something on the actually on the way out to the Mike Mike Easton fight, and he told me to uh, to enjoy what I'm doing. He's like, you know, how many people would pay to be in your situation right now to do this walkout, to stand in the middle of the octagon and just have everyone even chanting their name or cheering for them. You know, like people would pay so much money to do that, and you get to do it just because how badass you are. He's like, enjoy this, you know, and and from then on, it was just kind of like he's right, man. Just, I mean. <laughs> This is a crazy ride, man. I mean, not, not not very many people get to do this, and I just got to soak it all up. You know, my my Easton fight, I was so relaxed. I was talking to Shaq in the corner. You know, and I told him <laughs> when I hit a double leg that it was for him. You know, I, I locked up a double leg, and I yelled out to Shaq that I hit this double leg for him. And then he was coaching me to throw elbows. You know, I was talking to Joe Silva, and I felt exactly the same way in this fight. You know, I I, I said what's up to Joe Rogan while I was fighting. You know, and I had him against the cage. I you know, I smiled at him when I felt like he was going to throw a spinning back kick. I saw it before he was even going to do it. And, I, like, I, I obviously he didn't understand it because he didn't speak English. But I smiled at him. I was like, oh, you're going to throw, you're going to throw a spinning back kick, huh? And just kind of, like, nod on my head like I knew what he was going to do because I could see him setting it up. And, uh, you know, just like that, that kind of intensity of not, not, not being intense, actually, mm. like just relaxing. It seemed like you were having the time of your life all week long. You're, you're, you're hitting mitts on the conveyor belts, uh, you know, in the aisles of the plane. Did you get any crap for that? No, I actually uh, – well, I mean, obviously there's some people online that, that <laughs> think I'm joking around having too much fun and that I was going to get beat up because of it, that I was just there to have some eyes on me for a little bit. But, uh, you know, the UFC loved it. They're just, I was showing my personality, you know, and uh, – just uh, having fun with it, man. Like like you said, you, you saw me having fun. You know, any opportunity me and Buckles got to joke around and have some fun, we did it. I got to go out and play golf. The week of uh, of my fight, you know, I was out at the, the Taylor Made Golf Course, hitting golf balls, hitting out their brand new clubs, and, and trying them out because they knew I liked to play golf. You know, and uh, things like that, just to get your mind off the fight. You know, when you have a fight to that magnitude or a fight at all in the UFC, that's all you think about. It consumes you every day. And to get my mind off it, I have a great team. You know, they, they joke around the entire time. I got to go play some golf, like I said, and, and just have fun. Two last quick things. Yesterday, uh, Dwayne Ludwig told the MMA junkie that if the situation would arise, he would corner you against Uriah Faber. Now that you're the king and he's still very much a player, would you fight Uriah? I don't want to. You know, I don't want to fight Uriah. Uh, he's the one that's got me into the sport. He's, you know, like I said, he's my, one of my best friends, dude. I mean, he's he's an amazing person. But... Not saying that's not going to happen. I'm not saying that the boss man won't come to us with a ridiculous amount of money, saying let's do this, you know. And uh, that's something we probably wouldn't be able to turn down. And we'd have to go do what we do in the gym every day and slap each other around and have a smile on our face, you know. And uh, you know, ultimately that that's a that's a great that's a great situation to be in because that means we're both doing awesome and uh, we're going to get paid really well. But I don't want to have to fight your eye, obviously. <laughs> Where would you train in that scenario? Because now it's starting to become a real thing. Um, if I trained, you know, obviously this is his his place. Sacramento's his, so I'd have to, I'd probably have to pick up and go to Duane. I guess I don't really know. But you're, um, you're hoping it doesn't come to that. Yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't. You know, I mean, I, I mean, even if it was, even if it is about the money, I, I really don't want to fight the guy. But you know, I mean, we are in the the business. You know, that is the business that we we are doing, and. uh we have a great camp, and we're, we're taking over the world, man. What about who is actually next for you? Do you think it makes sense to fight a Sun Sal? Is that the fight you want? Because we know that you were so annoyed by losing that fight. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's on the longest win streak. He should be the next one in line, probably. 
and uh, I'd like to get that fight back. You know, either him, Degay Muzagaki, rematch with Brow. I mean, any of those fights make make good sense. But you know, I mean, other than the fact that everyone, people are saying about rematch with Brow, the one problem I do have with that is that I dominated. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't like I knocked him out in the first round with that right hand, and it was a fluke. You know, I went out there and proved that what I know how to do against him is going to work. And uh, I'm just too fast for him, man. He's too slow. But if you had your, if you were Sean Shelby, would you do a Sun Sal Dillashaw too? Uh probably. I, I would think so. Um, most likely, I think. All right. We actually have Bang on the phone right now. Dwayne, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A- anything, up, you wanna s- anything you want to say what to the champ? <laughs> I love this guy, man. The freaking ninja. <laughs> Hey, uh, let me ask you one question, Dwayne, before we let TJ go. He said that you were more nervous than him going into the fight. Why were you so nervous? Your man got it. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man. I care for my guys. It's like uh, watching a kid cross the street for the first time. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. So what happens when it's not business for me. Did you put any money on him? Go ahead. Sorry, TJ. I I felt like I was just crossing the street, coach. That's all we were doing was just crossing the street. You're holding my hand and guiding me on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> hey, Dwayne, what did you say to TJ between the fourth and fifth rounds? Uh, it sounded like you were so excited, but you were trying to calm him down a little bit, but you knew the victory was in sight. What did you say to him? Uh, I just asked him, you know, in, in the way I speak, we're just, you know, go go give him a seminar when I'm going to charge him. Just a, a fun way that we communicate. We just communicate in jokes and stuff. We <laughs> have a good time. Just kind of lighten the mood up. <laughs> what is this? Like a secret language? Like, uh, a way to, uh, yeah, we have a serious, like, with our, with our system and the way we talk, we have a whole list of commands. Like, uh, like you know, like I told him, keep his 20s clean. It just means to stay tight and, you know, <laughs> make sure everything's technically sound. And we, we know what we speak. We all, uh, every other team, we all speak a secret code. It's kind of cool. I love it. TJ, any final words for Dwayne? Yeah, man, that was the first time I realized that Dwayne, Dwayne wasn't nervous. Was in the fifth, uh, in between the fifth round, the fourth and fifth round of that quarter. <laughs> that minute, I saw it in his eyes. He came in with a giant smile on his face. He's like, "This dude is baby who's giving a seminar. We won't even charge him." You know, to me, that was just kind of like, "Dude, that's amazing. That's perfect." You know, he had a giant smile on his face, and it was just kind of, you know, he finally was like, "Dude, this is fucking amazing. You're doing it." You know, just, that's what I knew in his head was going on. You know, and uh, love you, coach. Appreciate everything, man. Oh yeah, man. I love you, TJ, man. <laughs> Well, uh, TJ, thank you so much for the time. Again, congratulations. Enjoy everything that comes with being the champion. And, and again, one of the truly greatest performances we've ever seen, and uh, you certainly deserve it. So I tip my cap to you, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next time. Very excited to have the former UFC lightweight champion, Frankie Edgar, joining us in studio. And he has a very busy night coming up on July 6th. It is the finale of The Ultimate Fighter. He fights BJ Penn for the third time. He's 2-0 and against BJ, and yet they're doing it one more time. Here he is, Frankie Edgar in studio. Frankie, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? You know, you look good, and, I'm, and I say that because you just had a kid. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Your third? Third. A third. girl? A girl. What was it, two weeks ago? Three, about three weeks, yeah. Three how's, weeks how's the sleep before a fight like that? To have, I have two kids of my own. You don't get a lot of sleep, but you look okay. Yeah, well, you know, my wife's a trooper. I told her uh, July 7th, I'm your guy. Until then, you're kind of on your own. So, so where are you uh, sleeping? I'm sleeping in my room. She's sleeping in a different room. So you just said, have fun with the two older kids, which are a handful, I assume. Yeah, yeah. And the new one? And she's new doing one. it all on her own. She, at nighttime. At nighttime, she Some is. Some kind of father you are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to get paybacks you after are? the fight for sure. All right. So she's sure. cool with this. Yeah. she. Uh, I'm surprised. Every time I call her midday, I'm like, hello? Just see how she's doing because I'm waiting for her to, to be like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Do you feel guilty? 
a little bit, a little, little bit. But I, you know, I, this sport you got to be selfish, man. People want to punch me in the face in the morning. That's true. <laughs> and you got to provide. This is way, the way you provide, right? Exactly. What's this year been like for you? Because you're in the prime of your career, um, and you know, for a second, it's like, when's the last time I saw Frank Yeager fight? It feels like it's been ages ago, and it was last July Fourth weekend. Yeah. But you weren't injured. You were fine. They put you on the shelf because of the show. We've we've known about this fight for so long. It seems has that been frustrating? For sure, it has been. Um, you know, I just staying in the gym, trying to stay busy that way. But uh, I'm itching, man. Uh, you know, I like to stay. I, I like to. I mean, I enjoy doing what I do, and uh, not be able to fight it is tough. But um, you know, I, I kind of knew that going in. Are you are you are you regretful that you did it? Like, do you feel like it wasn't worth it because you've been out for a year? I don't want to say it wasn't worth it. You know, I mean, it's done. What's done is done. But uh, I don't know if I'd do it again. Why is that? Because of the time off or because of other reasons? The, cra- the cameras, all that stuff? Uh, because of the time off. The, the show was, w- went smooth. You know, doing the show was, was okay. It was six weeks out there. It wasn't bad. I you know, brought my family out and everything. But uh, the, the time away from, from, from fighting for that long, I wouldn't want to do again. Did they hook you up? As, as in? I mean, you're not earning any income for a year. That's the way you fight. That's the way yeah. you, you, you earn a living. You fight. Yeah, yeah. No, um, What's not, up with that? Yeah, we'll, well, we'll see. We'll see. They'll take care we'll of see. you. Yeah, I think they will. Lorenzo likes you. Yeah, Lorenzo, Dana, they like me. You know. Well, because you're an Italian guy. I feel yeah, like, he, yeah. like he really likes you. We play that card a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You got to. <laughs> but you're not actually, you, your dad is from Italy? No, no. My, my grandmother, my, mom, my mom's the first one born in America from, from the family. Okay. Yeah. So you play it up around Lorenzo. No, I mean, you, you know, have the I, accent. You look, you make it a little no, more. Accent. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, no, not at all. You know, it's just... Uh, you know, I grew up as an Italian kid, I guess, sure. in Jersey. You know, have you been watching the season? Uh, yeah, I have been. What do you What do you think about watching yourself? Because you know, sometimes you're a little camera shy. You've kind of, you know, you've grown up a lot as far as being in front of the camera and all that. But do you like watching yourself and the team and all that stuff? I mean, I like watching, seeing, you know, how they edit it and everything. But yeah, I don't like watching. It's, it's uncomfortable watching yourself. It is. Uh, yeah. I mean, you get you get pretty used. to I don't it. like I mean, it. I hate but it. Yeah, it is. It's I hate a little. It. It's a little awkward. You know. So I'm. I'm uh, you know, it's it's great for my career, and I'm glad I did it. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll be I'll be kind of happy when I don't have to tune in every Wednesday. Yeah, you mentioned the editing. How has the edit? Because it's been good. It's been good. It's kind of crazy for me. It's like a, no liberties. As in, I mean, are they changing things up a little bit? No, make- so far it seems pretty good. You know, what I you know there really wasn't. Maybe, let's be honest, there wasn't much drama between me and BJ. Sure. So uh, they focused on the fighters, and and that's the storylines that they went with each week. Um, and it seems like it's holding true to what it was. It's just. Uh, you know, these cameras were in your face every day, all day. And I'm like, damn, that's all they showed, you know? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Were they ever annoying, like all up nah, in your grill? They, they were good, you know. I mean, you, just, you know, you, you signed on that paper. You know yeah. that's what it's going to be. Um, it, being in the house, I couldn't imagine having to go back home. And like, right. These guys said literally at 5 in the morning, you know, you wake up to, to piss. They're, they're, they're in your face wow. with the cameras. And that's got to be a little much. Yeah, because you got to go home and I get to go break. home and get away. You know, I walk in the tough the tough. Uh, training facility, yeah, cameras are on. But other than that, you're, you're good to go. Dana White said recently that he thought this was the worst year ever. He didn't say it was because of the coaches. He said because of the fighters. What, what, what do you make of that? Yeah, that's just Dana being Dana. Yeah. He, he says things that, when he's emotional a little bit. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the fights, you know, I was saying this before. When, I, when I'm coaching the fights, I'm emotional. I, you know, I'm competitive. I want my guys to win. I care yeah. about the guys. And... Uh, I thought the fights were a little bit better now. And in hindsight, watching them, you know, months later, I'm like, ah, these fights weren't, weren't as eventful as I thought they were. Did you get a sense from the fighters, at least the ones on your team, that they didn't want it as much? Not at all. Not at all. They, they wanted it. Um, maybe it was the pressure it got to them. Um, uh, you know, I definitely noticed myself saying, you need to listen, you need to listen a little more. Mm. But, you know, granted, these guys are in a tough spot. Six weeks away from their family. Right. They're locked in a house with no 
out, like no, no uh, contact with the outside world, no TV, no nothing, and uh, and they don't even know me, and I'm telling them to listen to me. They barely know me, right. you know, so it's tough. What I liked about you being on this show was it was kind of full circle for you. A lot of people might know this, might not. You tried out for the Ultimate Fighter. I did, And they yeah. said no to you. Yeah. Season five, right? Season five, yeah. Which was a great season. BJ was a coach exactly, against Judge yeah, Culver. Yeah. What was that like when you when you got the word that they didn't want you on that show back then? I was uh, I was I was hard I was heartbroken, I man. I thought for sure I was you know I made the first two cuts. Uh, me and a kid I went down with at the time. We both made Who's the cuts. Who's that? This kid Kevin Roddy actually, okay. and um, you know, he fights Never locally did, oh, still. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah. And um, you know I thought I was like I'm getting a call. You know I'm a pretty I like to stay positive. You know at least yeah, think yeah. positive. And uh, I was like I'm getting a call. And he got a call before we landed home. He got a call to go to the next you know the physical and all that stuff to go out to to Vegas. And I I didn't get that call. And I was waiting. I was waiting. I didn't get. It. I'm like man. I was pretty pretty torn up. Was it was it? Was, I mean, because your skills were obviously. Was it a personality thing? Yeah, prob- Did they not like you? Prob- for- probably a personality thing. Yeah, Man. you know, I, I guess they had uh, maybe maybe they filled the void with Gray Maynard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you? Was that just a shot at Gray Maynard? No, no. I'm saying I'm not, right not, over there. Yeah, I'm not saying it was a shot. Saying maybe uh, maybe we were lacking the personality department together. You know, right, they right, filled right. that void already. You know what I'm saying? How about that picture right there? That's that's uh, like that's that a shot? memorable one. Yeah, actually, I believe it or not, I have that picture hanging in my basement. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should probably get you to sign that. Yeah, I'd love to. Do you remember where that? That's yeah, Houston, UFC, yeah, the, uh, 136. Greatest moment in your career? Uh, I would say so. Better than the first time that you won the title? Um, I, you know, those two are. That was just much more like closure. You yeah, know? So. emphatic. Emphatic. I'll, I'll never forget the way you, when you when you finished him that punch that you landed. I mean, it was just it was so flush. It was just so perfect the way yeah. you landed that. Yeah, definitely uh, career defining. Right. Let's go back to the Ultimate Fighter for a second. So you get that call. Did you think I don't want to do this anymore? I mean, was it that deflating? No, no, no. I just you know whatever. I was I was still working as a plumber. You know, yeah. I uh, was doing that stuff. So I was just like, all right, just just back to the drawing board. You know. Um, I felt that a lot in my, my competitive career of wrestling, I've always made it to a certain point and never accomplished what I wanted to. So I felt like, you know, all right, here we go, just, just back to work. And then they called you like a month later, right? Yeah, they got a call maybe a month, month and a half later, and they, they offered me uh, the Tyson Griffin fight. Right, and then the rest is history. That was a great fight. Yeah. Do you almost feel like it, it, it was better this way, that you didn't have to go through tough and that show, the contracts, all that stuff? For sure. Really? 100%, yeah. And then, you know, now, now knowing, especially being a coach and seeing what these guys have to go through, I'm so happy it didn't work that way. So you're happy that you didn't have to go through that process because you don't think you would have fit in well or you would have enjoyed I mean, it? I'm sure I would have, I would have done okay, you know right. what I mean? Uh, but but having, you know, having to do it the way I did compared to that way, and now I definitely wouldn't want to do it that way. You have a young guy at your school or whatever. Would you tell him not to go try out for tough? That's not the way to get into the UFC? No, never, never. I still think it's a great opportunity for you, you do. guys. Yeah. Just sure. not for you? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, the way, what, what, you know, right. I, if I, back then I would have been, yeah, 100%. Right. But now, not for me. You mentioned, of course not now. You mentioned the, the plumbing. How, how, when was the last time you worked as a plumber? Like, the last day? Um, I remember, what was it? It was uh, before I started, the, when I started my camp for Spencer Fisher, that's when I stopped plumbing. So still in the UFC, you were still doing it? I was still, yeah. I was. Uh, Why? Um, just cause I, I, I had a condo, I had to pay bills. I, I you know, I couldn't, the, the, you know, the, the, the fight money wasn't enough at the time. Right. So, and, and why did you feel at that point that you had to stop before the Fisher fight? Well, I just felt, uh, you know, um, I think I re- just renegotiated my contract. Um, I just, just felt, the, I felt good, positive about, you know, my fight felt career. Secure. I felt secure. That's it. Yeah. How, for, pardon the pun, but how crappy is that job? Yeah, I wasn't a plumber like uh, like you know going to your house and unclogging oh, you the toilet. No, I was a commercial. You know, my father owns a commercial plumbing company. So okay. 
you know, I dug a lot of holes, you know, I did, did some degrading stuff, broke up urinals at schools and had to carry wow. them out, you know, some old 60-year-old pipe had to carry out. That's it's not too nice, but uh, I mean, it's not as bad as people think, but it's, okay. it's, it's back-breaking. You know, you have to work in elements. I mean, right. It's not fun. How did your dad get into that? He was a plumber since he was 18. Really? Yeah. And then yeah. he started his own business. And he started it. his own business, yeah. So do you think if you don't become a fighter, that's what you do? Most likely, yeah. Really? I, I think it would have been my path. You look back, do you say, thank God I didn't have to go down that path? Oh, man, I drive past job sites now, and I'm like, thank God that's not me. Really? You know, the whole, the whole, I, you know, I like, you know, in fighting, it's, it's always something different every day. You know, you don't have to go to the same place. You, I mean, you're, you're kind of travel, you know, at the, you know, when you're in the union, man, it's 7 o'clock on the job, 9 o'clock break, 12 right. o'clock break, 3 o'clock, 3.30, you're going home, and it's the same thing every day. That would drove me crazy. So fighting, in a way, kind of saved you in that sense, because it gave, I mean, you went from the most, it's not glamorous fighting, but there's a lot of glamorous things about it, let's be honest. I mean, you know, do you get to travel the world, yeah, as you mentioned? Yeah, no, I mean, I feel, I feel like I don't work. You know, I don't tell my wife that, but I yeah. feel like I don't work, you know? <laughs> there she is, slaving away, <laughs> you know, the third kid, and you don't even work. Yeah, yeah. What a selfish guy. I am, I tell you. So is your dad still doing it? Yeah, he is. He's, he's still in. He's, Does he ever try to get you to come back? No, he knows. He knows the deal. Yeah. He knows the, and he's supportive of, of, what I, of my decision, yeah. you know? Your family, I mean, you guys are notorious. Your in-laws, I mean, you, yeah. you travel, what do you travel, like 30 deep to these yeah, fights? Yeah, yeah, you know, I got a good support staff, that's for sure. What about your, your wife now for this fight? Is she going to come? She is. She's going to come. We're going to okay. leave the kids home. With, uh, she's only come probably the day before the fight or the day of the fight. And uh, Who's going to take care of the little one? My mother-in-law. Okay. My mother-in-law, you trust yeah. her? Yes, I do, actually. You do? Yeah, yeah. Imagine you would have said no on the air. No, right no, I, I, I really do, though. So it's, it's not even not even lying, so yeah. Your oldest kid is how old? He's five. Five, and then, and then the, Four. Okay. Now three weeks. So does the five year old, even the four year old, do they understand what you do yet? Yes, like starting to more and more, but not not fully, not fully. They so what know kind of I, questions are they asking you? Well, like I come home with a black guy, you get right. punched in the face, daddy. You get right. punched in the face. Like, yeah, why? Why do you punch your face? Like, well, I'm trying to punch them in the face. You know, it's just what I do. They they don't really fully grasp it yet. Right. But how do you separate between yeah, I'm doing this for a living, and because I'd imagine they'd want to punch you then or punch their friend. You know, like how do you explain to them that? This is what you do for your job and that you shouldn't do it outside in the park or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of equate it more to, you know, they have, I'm wrestling and doing jiu-jitsu. So I think they, Oh, you they know, do that now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm wrestling and doing jiu-jitsu. Or jiu-jitsu at Ricardo Almeida's actually. And, okay. Uh, and wrestling in, in, in Tom's River. So, uh, yeah, it kind of just equated to that, you know. I, I think they, all my friends that are over the house, all the people, I, even my old friends are all wrestling. But I think they just think everybody wrestles. I don't think they know wrestling is something you choose to do. I think they think it's something everybody does. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what, your, your oldest son, like, when did he start wrestling? How old is he? Uh, a couple summers. I'd bring him just for summer session, you know, here and there. But, okay. uh, you know, it's tough. Wrestling's not a, you know, it's a tough sport to kind of get kids to grasp onto. Sure. Because um, it's always hot in the wrestling room, a little tough. Right. But uh, they did jiu-jitsu this whole winter, and uh, they really like that. It's a little slower pace. And then now I have them doing the summer session and wrestling. And <clears throat> they made a big jump from last year to this year. So, man, I got a kid. He's, like, a little over two. I feel like I'm kind of slacking. No, nah, you got time. I got time? I mean, even if, yeah, I didn't start wrestling until I was 13, actually. Who got you into it? My, my father, my father. Your father? Was yeah. he a wrestler? He was, yeah. Okay. And, and he got you into it for what reason? Because 13 is a little late, right? Well, yeah, well, uh, I wrestled uh, I wrestled when I was in third grade for okay. probably a month. Um, what happened? <laughs> my father showed me a wrestling move. And broke my collarbone, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Your dad broke he your did, collarbone? Yeah. What did your mom say about that? Uh, she was upset. That's why I didn't go wrestle until I was 13. Wow. Yeah, what yeah. did he do? Showed me an arm drag. Okay. Arm drag. I kind of hit the mat and busted my arm. And After just doing it for a month? Yeah, a month. Were you pissed at him? 
No, no, I was cool. He wasn't being malicious. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and what, what happened? Did he fall on you? Yeah, or? it kind of fell. I kind of just slammed into the mat, I guess, you know. Man, how much pain? A collarbone. Oh, it was painful, man. And it was funny because we were at the wreck, you know, we were at the wreck, and he's like, pick your shoulder up, don't cry, you know, because he felt bad, you know, he didn't want to look like he hurt me. Yeah, so yeah. I had to walk out of there not crying, man. It was, it was painful, though. Did you have surgery? No, no surgery. Is that Clean the break. is that the injury when you have to keep your arm up? No, they just put like a like a, a holster type oh, brace on you. Yeah. Okay, so grade three is what six, seven? No, 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 nine, a little over nine. nine. Eight, so you nine. took a break for a few years. Were yeah. you, Were you worried when you came back? Like, were you apprehensive? No, not at all. You forget when you're a kid. You forget short memory. So why did you, know? you take so long to get back in? You know, I don't know. I, I, just my parents weren't pushing me to it, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, once it was once I could do it for school is when I started doing it. So when you started, what did you want? Like, did you think that wrestling would lead to anything, or was it just a fun thing? It was just a fun thing. I knew when I I'm the type. I'm a very competitive person. So as soon as I did, I wanted to be the best, you know. And uh, what the goal, of state champ, was the, is the goal, you know, when you're a kid. So that that's that was my goal at, at 13. Back then, there wasn't UFC or anything like that. 13 was years there? old, UFC one, I think. Really? Yeah, I think UFC one or two. Did you I'm, watch it? I did. I did, did actually at a buddy's house. Never forget. Yeah. Well, what was the reaction? I was like in awe, you know. I was, I think Dan Severin, you know. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a wrestler, so I was right. like Dan Severin, and, and then Hoist comes out there and does this stuff. I was like, wow, what, what is this? Yeah. And at that point, did you say you wanted to do it? Like, did no, it kick in at that still, point, it was still like you know, it was kind of almost like a, a um, you know, it was a, just like a fantasy thing, right? Yeah, fantasy thing, or just like it was a spectacle, you right? Know, almost. Right. So it's like, ah, and then you, then then you started seeing it more and more. I felt uh, it kind of went obviously underground for such a long time. Uh, until I was in college is when I, I know you know Tito and Randy Couture and those guys and then and then the Ultimate Fighter show. So that well, like what was the moment where you said I'm actually going to try to do this? It was my senior year in college really? when the Ultimate Fighter show came on. The first one. Yeah, first. And one. then you said, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah, I, uh, you know, my wife we went to school together and I remember watching it. You know, my teammates come over and watch it and Koscheck he uh, he wrestled in the same division as I did in college, same conference as I did in college. Right. So I, I, you know, we were, our teams wrestled many times, so I knew him, you know, and I was like, this is something people do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this a try, at least to train, you know. Yeah. I didn't know there's a career in it, you know, but I definitely wanted to do it. And were you married at the time? No, no, no. Mm-mm. But I mean, you, you guys were together? Yeah. Was she supportive of that? Because it's a pretty crazy thing. Yeah, she's pretty, she's, she's pretty easy, believe it or not. She, yeah. You know, I think she thought, though, once, you know, it's like, like I said, I'm selfish now. It's pretty selfish in college yeah, too. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> You've been selfish for a long yeah, time. Selfish for a long time, here. you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think she thought it was finally all right. That's over. Now we can start our life. And then you know, here we are. And what did your dad think? Because he's the one that kind of got your juices flowing here with all this stuff. Yeah, was he, was he okay with it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, both my mother and father, they weren't okay. I graduated from college. I had a college degree, you know, and uh, yeah. I mean, even though I was going to go into plumbing, something you don't need a college degree with, but uh, they were like, what, what are you doing, you know? And uh, the UFC was nowhere where it was today. Right. I mean, I, I, when I first started fighting, the UFC didn't have a 55-pound division. That's right. So I thought, you know, in my head, like I said, when I started doing something, I wanted, I wanted to be the best at it. I was like, I'm going to have to go to Japan and fight. That's what I thought, you know? Okay. And, uh, and then, you know... Well, that's kind of funny because you did fight in Japan. Right. You did end up fighting. Was that the first time you were in Japan? Yeah, first, yeah. Only. Wow. We don't need to talk about that. No, one, it's not. Yeah. It's you, from what I understand, I don't know if it was your first fight, but early in your career, you, you competed in the Underground Combat League, right? I did, yeah. Was that my, your debut? My first fight, yeah, first fight ever. How did you even get that? So the Underground Combat League, for those that don't know, it's, it's here in New York State, right? Was it in New York yeah, State? Yeah, you live in the Bronx. And it's, uh, it's not regulated? It's, no. It's essentially illegal. It's illegal. It's, it's illegal. There's no ambulance. There was no weigh-in. 
there was no we did no rounds. It was a fifteen minute round. That's wow. what we did. So how'd you get the call for that? Like how um, do you even find out about that? You know, I just I found the way I found the place, I found the place local to train. That's how I did. I graduated college, I started training and I literally was training three weeks when I had that fight. So mm-hmm. uh That's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The guy I was that ran the school at the time was like, Do you want to fight? I said, Yeah, let's fight. So I ended up going up there. It was on a Sunday. I'll never forget it was, it was so hot. It was middle of summer, it was July or something. Okay. And um Drove up there, it was so hot in the gym. You know, I've seen no air conditioning, it's a boxing <laughs> gym in the Bronx, and uh, I ended up being the main event. So, wow, yeah. why? I, I have no idea because it's <laughs> because it's the underground, yeah, you know? right? I know, yeah. but like you were just you weren't Frankie Edgar, yeah, you were no, guy yeah, I, it's because I was the only one that probably would fight, right. that's why. You know, <laughs> I was the only one that said, Okay, I'll do it. How much did you weigh? Uh, I probably weighed 155. And what about the guy that you fought? I mean, he was uh, he was probably he wasn't much bigger, but okay. uh, you know, he, he probably won 160, so it ended up being okay, you know. But what about this coach that brings you in to do this after just training for three weeks? Is it, was that a little questionable? You yeah, know? now in hindsight, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Who's absolutely. this guy? Uh, this guy, <laughs> Rob. This guy, Rob. He's 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 no longer a coach. Let's say that. All right. You know. So so you go to this event. You have no idea who you're fighting. No, not well. No, they told me probably the week before. But like, what do you do? You, you can't look the guy up, right? Yeah, I, you try to look him up. You know. Did you find anything? I found a little something. He was. You did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, he, believe it or not, uh, this guy. His name's Eric Uresk. I, I know he was out alliance training. You know. Oh really? I, I, yeah, I seen him in the corner of uh, one of the guys that fought uh, last weekend. I seen him in the corner of somebody. Last weekend. From Alliance. I don't even remember where we are. There's so maybe, many damn maybe fights Ross, these days. Maybe even Ross's corner. Oh, maybe, okay. Maybe even Ross's So corner. he's still competing? Yeah, I think, I think he still competes, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. So, so you had some kind of knowledge of him, but you show right. up. How many people are in attendance? Um, There's probably, say, 50, 50 people. Wow. Yeah. No weigh-ins, nothing. No weigh-ins, no ambulance there. No rules. No rules. I headbutt him in the fight. You did? Yeah, yeah. Dirty. Yeah. Not only are you selfish, you're dirty too. <laughs> you threw a headbutt. I mean, it was. I knew it was legal. It was legal, it was legal, right? legal. Any, uh... Yeah, gloves, A gloves. But the gloves, I mean, I bought, uh, these are the gloves I was wearing for three weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And did you even wrap your hands? I did wrap you my did? hands, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so, but you could, you could punch him below the belt. Yeah, I, I don't know. Or is that know. frowned upon? I don't <laughs> I guess it's frowned upon. You know, I mean... Not that I'm saying I want to go and do dirty stuff, but, no. I, but I, if I wish, if I known what I sure. know now, I probably could have done a lot more. I'm dirty just trying stuff. to paint the picture here because yeah. that's a pretty intense way to start your career. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, w- it was nuts. And he was a New York guy. He's a New York guy. I'm a Jersey guy, so you know everyone's screaming for my demise. Right. And why couldn't you find a show in Jersey? Or did you not want to start that way? Like why? Uh, because I was just this guy. The coach was the coach, and said, he was leading me this way. I had no idea. Did you think that, okay, this is MMA? Like, did you think that this is what you have to do? Like, did I you know that did. this was a little... Yeah, nah, nah, I didn't. I really didn't. Really? You know, I, I probably didn't want to know. You know, I, I knew I wanted to fight. Yeah. You know, I wanted to see. Like, well, let's, let's see if I could really do this. And how did you feel? Like, after you did it, how did you feel? Like, oh, wow, I could do this? Yeah. Well, how I'll did you win, I, by the way? I won a TKO. Um, okay. How early? Uh, about probably two and a half minutes, three minutes in. Um, you know, I, I went out there, and obviously I didn't have much stand-up at all. Um, you know, I was only training for three weeks. I was a wrestler, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, he came over. I, you know, I was always willing to stand, you know. And he came over, put me in a, a tie clinch, and boom, two big knees to the face. I kind of shook it off, and I went after him. I ended up getting a couple takedowns, went back up and down, and I ended up mounting him and finishing him with, uh, with strikes. And uh, went out to dinner with the family, uh, I think like Portuguese in, in Newark. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to the bathroom. My face looked like I didn't get into a fight at all. And I went to go blow my nose, and my face blew up with air. Wow. The sinus passed. passed my, I broke an orbital bone. Oh, and no. And my sinus passed. My whole face was like, droop down. 
it was crazy. My parents were like, oh my god, you know, going nuts. Yeah. So did you have to have work. surgery? No surgery. No okay. surgery. But I went to the hospital that day. You know, uh, they just gave me antibiotic. You know, right. but the air seeped out. But literally, I could feel, could hear the air between my scalp and my, oh and my, my skull. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was pretty wild. Uh, how long after did you fight again? Like, how, how long of a break did you have So to that take? was July, and then I fought my first pro fight in October. So that one doesn't count. It doesn't count. It's not on my record. Yeah. It should. Uh, it broke my face, though. Yeah, you know, so come it on. It should count. I mean, it, got you, it got, you know, your, your feet wet in the yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. Um, I made $160. Really? Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have, like, a purse to show and a purse to win, or was it no, just... No, no. It was, it was no purse. It was, it was, I had 16 people come buy tickets, so I got $10 for every person that bought wow. a ticket. Yeah. So if you, bought, if you had no one? I would have made no money. Wow. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think he made? I have no idea. He was, he was the favorite. You know, he was the favorite. Was. I, remember, I remember going into it, and he was supposedly... The kid that was going to the UFC next. Okay, you know, and he never did. True or not, you know, right? But, yeah. He never did, right? No, I don't think you so. know, you mentioned that you love to stand and train and all that. And you have this. People love to call you the Rocky guy. The the fights with the uh, gray and all that stuff. Do you ever start to get a little concerned about head injuries and like long term effects? I mean, you you take a lot of damage. Yeah, I mean, you know, people say I take a lot of damage. I mean, really, just the great fights. You know, I yeah. took some damage in those two fights, and then uh, um, you know the up kick from Benson. But you yeah, know, I think I just bruise easy. I do. You know, okay. I, I, mean, I got a black eye right now. You know, I wanted to know? mention it, but and I didn't want to. Be... They put a little little stuff on before from from the earlier show. Oh, the makeup. Yeah, it's so, worse. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I didn't want to mention it. Yeah, I didn't want yeah. to put you on the spot. No, How, who gave you that? Um, probably Mar- Marlon, right? Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in la- last week I came in, I had the other side. My black eye jumped side to side. You know, right. I, I, I just you know. I bruise easy, you know. It's just is what it is. I don't think I, I don't think my head's taking too much damage, but okay. uh, I do think about it. You know, it's, how can you not? Right. How do you get excited? And we're running out of time here, so let's go get to BJ. How do you get excited about this when you beat the guy twice and the second one was so convincing? How, how do you? Is it just the fact that you get to fight again? Is that enough for you? Because yeah, it's been I mean, so it's long? been a year. I mean, that that alone is is, is, is getting me. You know, get the juices flowing. But uh, I just don't want. I mean, for sure, I don't want to lose the third time yeah. out. You know, not now. The first two times I wasn't supposed to win. Now I'm supposed to win. It's weird, right? You know, and I definitely. I don't want to lose now. Um, and he looks, I mean, everyone loves to put a lot of stock into the way he looks, but he looks great, right? I mean, he looked like when I saw him in Vegas, you weren't there because your wife was about to give birth when they did the press conference. He said he was walking around at 155. Are you surprised by how he looks? No, no. I mean, he's not a very big guy. I think yeah. he puts on weight that he probably shouldn't put on. Sure. So now he's just kind of probably staying where he's supposed to be. Uh, you know, when we did the show, I think he was only 160, 65 anyway. Anything concern you about him? I mean, you've seen, I mean, you've been in there for what? 50 minutes with him at this point. Anything concern you about him? Do you think he'll be the exact same guy, or do you think he he can change at this point? I mean, it's tough to change after 50 minutes in there, right? You know yeah, this it's guy. It's tough to change, but I'm sure, you know, I mean, I, I think he knows this is his last chance, you know, so I'm right. sure he's preparing as best he can, and, you know, it's good to have a little little concern of your opponent when you're in there. It's going to keep me on my toes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still BJ Penn, you right. know? I mean, he definitely has a... Something you need to worry about. Have you noticed that he speaks in a bit of a Brazilian accent these days? When he <laughs> I think, isn't that a Hawaiian accent? <laughs> well, it's kind of changing to more. You haven't yeah, noticed yeah, that? <laughs> Next time you see an interview with him, notice that. So I mean, it's, it's 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 very bizarre. Um, are you hoping Chad Mendes wins so that you can get another shot? Do you? Th- I mean, these days guys are getting title shots after losing to the champion. It, it happens. But do you think that's your opening to another title shot? I don't know, man. I, I mean, uh, you know, I don't you care about who that wins, stuff? really. Uh, I, I would love to be the guy to take it from Aldo, though. You want, you know, you want I, that. I would love to be that guy. But you know, if, if Chad beats him, which I think he has a very good shot, you think at, he'll beat him? I, you know, it's tough. I mean, he, if he goes in there and he's not nervous standing up, like I think the first fight he was just a little tentative mm-hmm. standing mm-hmm. up, and that hurt him. If he goes in with the confidence that he's been having in his last fights, I think he has a very good shot at beating him. Did they? T- okay, you said they didn't hook you up, but you win this fight. Will you get a title shot? Are you the guy? 
I don't know. Um, I, you know, this show has a good good way of putting people in that position. Sure. And uh, I think what I've done in my career, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an easy guy to give a title shot to. I mean, I've been there seven times, and right. uh, I think I'm deserving. I'm cur- I just I'm excited to see you back in there because I feel like it's been so long and you look so great. That was your first win at 145 against Charles Oliveira last July Fourth weekend. So it feels like oh, Frankie's back. It's like you were you were taken out of the mix for so long. It's good that you're back in the mix. You know what I'm trying to say? For and sure. I, and I bet you would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I can't. I cannot wait. You know, uh, you, you try not to get too excited this early out. You right. know, and uh, we're getting close. We're getting close, and you, you know, you don't want to get excited really to the day of your fight because right. you're kind of wasting the, the whole uh, the energy and everything. But uh, uh, it's getting there. All right. Well, I look forward to it. Right. Best of Thank luck you. to you. Always a pleasure, Frankie Edgar. How about this in studio? Love it. You love it? Yeah, man. You could stick around. They're telling me you have I to know, leave. I, know. I would stay. I, would I know. Stay. I know. A couple weeks ago, Eve Edwards was on. He was preparing for a fight in Austin. Fortunately for him, things didn't go his way. And last night, via his Facebook page, he announced his retirement from mixed martial arts. 17 years in the sport, at one time considered one of the very best at 155 pounds, if not the best. And uh, and at some point, you know, all good things come to an end. So we wanted to have him back on the show to talk about this announcement and where he goes from here. Eve Edwards on the line right now. Eve, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Larry? I'm doing great. Really appreciate you stopping by. I know uh, there's probably a lot going on, and uh, you're, you're a busy man. So uh, thank you very much for the time, as always. Uh, why did you decide to make this announcement now? <laughs> well, I've been, um, I've been just kind of thinking about it for for a bit, um, especially after last week, and like just trying to weigh things out, you know. Um, my training camp felt really good. Um, had good sparring sessions, had everything going well. Um, conditioning, weight cut was easy. Everything worked out well except fight night. And um, I mean, the performance that I'm capable of now, I, 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 I need a, I don't need to be doing this. It's, um, I still, like, like, I guess, like, I can still do those things in the gym, but I, I, like my last couple performances, I, I just sullying the things that I, I've done in the past, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to continue to to make that, you know, to, to dirty that more than than I already have. Did you know right then and there on November twenty second uh, when the fight was over that that was it for you? <sighs> um, if I did know at that point, I, I was probably in denial um or hoping for some reason to 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 not because um it took me a while to say anything about it and um i know i still i still love fighting man i still i still want to you know but like i have to be smart i have to i mean i don't want to be the guy i don't want to be the guy i feel like i've i've stuck around longer than I should but I don't want to be the guy that sticks around too long mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, the guy that's fighting for a paycheck or, or the guy that's risking his health like seriously risk, risking his health um, I, I guess I can still have some of the same fun in the gym but I know it won't be the same as competition but um, yeah it was just it was something I, I, I when, when it was over it was it definitely was like as soon as I was fully conscious of what was going on. I don't like when I, I, I remember getting like standing up on my butt and, and, and like, how did I get knocked down? What the hell? I got it. Okay. And then 
I don't remember. Uh, I remember my leg being caught in the air. I still haven't really watched it. I remember my leg being caught in the air. And then I remember being an armbar and thinking I was in practice. You know what I mean? Mm. So, um, it's one of the, and then as soon as I was like coherent, I was like, I, I, I think I'm done. I don't, I don't know. And, but like, I don't want that to be the case. So I don't, I don't, um, yeah. So it's one of those things. <laughs> Are you, are you fearful for your health? Like, ha- have you been experiencing anything that makes you feel like, okay, for my health alone, I need to stop fighting? No, no, absolutely not. I haven't, I haven't had that be an issue ever. Like that's, see, that's my problem. Um, I still feel like I felt when I was 26, you know what I mean? Um, in the gym, I probably still look like the same guy, you know? Um, and like, as far as having my faculties, I would, I would like to have them as long as possible. If until the moment I die, I honestly thought I was going to die fighting. Um, not necessarily in the cage, but right. I just didn't, I don't, I don't, I don't be an old man. I don't know how I'm going to deal with, with having to have help to go to the bathroom or walk up some stairs. You know what I mean? Um, but so I haven't had I don't have like any any health issues that I'm concerned with but at the same time I want to be smart enough to to not wait until oh I'm forgetting things or I can't seem to grab something tiny you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um I don't want that to be an issue before I start thinking maybe I should stop doing this you know um so that's that's kind of where I'm at. When you were on the show a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how you were going to turn things around and uh, your explanation for uh, the recent losing streak. Now that you know, I know it's fresh, but you, you've you've you finished that last fight and you're taking a step back. Do you have any explanation for this, or is it just you know, Father Time caught up to you, and this happens to everyone, every single fighter. Uh, you know, at at some point has to realize that his time or her time has come. Do you, do you just think that, you know, it's just 17 years of, of putting your body through this and, and, and this was your time? Or do you, do you look back and say, if I would have done this or that differently, I wouldn't have to retire right now? I don't know. I am, I am one of those guys. You get the... And then there's a football game, and and let's say Tom Brady or Peyton Manning is the quarterback, and Manning gets hurt, and his backup has to come in there and play, and they lose because the backup throws four interceptions. You know what I mean? Um, I'm the guy that says Tom. I mean Peyton. I'm a Peyton Manning fan, but Peyton Manning can throw four interceptions. That just because the other guy was in there doesn't mean the outcome will be different. You know, uh, but it could also mean I'm completely different. So like that's that's like beyond my ken. I can't I can't say that if I did this different, I would still be fighting. Uh, maybe if I had wrestled in high school, I would still I would I would be better at wrestling. Um, my record would be a little different. I would still be fighting. But maybe if I wrestled in high school and I continued to make weight for all those years and 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 put that toll on my body, I wouldn't have been able to do this until I was 38. You know, there's, there's both sides of that coin. So yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, how difficult was it to write that Facebook post? It took me since Tuesday. You started since on Tuesday. Tuesday of last week. I, I had been thinking about 
I, 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 at that point, I had made a decision that I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I want to, but I shouldn't. Um, um, if I'm going to leave behind anything, any kind of a legacy, all I'm going to do is tarnish it or, um, not really add to it at this point because, um, like, I don't know if I have, I don't know how many more fights I have left in me. Re honestly, um, I don't feel like I can't do it a bunch more times, but like my last, my performance, my last performance is, is the most disappointing of, of all of them. You know, um, I've always, I've always wanted to go into, into a fight. And I've, all, all I've ever wanted to be able to do is perform, show that I know what I'm doing and show that I'm capable of doing this and everything else will work itself out, you know? Um, so I don't, I didn't, I don't know, man. It, it's, oh man, it sucks so bad. <laughs> Because I, I still I still love this game, but I, I I just I'm willingly deciding not to play anymore. I know that you're you're typically uh, pretty active on social media, but I, I I noticed that as far as Twitter is concerned, you haven't said anything or responded to anyone. I'm wondering uh, if you have checked in on your Twitter and seen uh, the outpouring of support and messages. I, I just saw Matt Sarah write something very nice to you other fighters as well. Have you seen any of this stuff? Because it's pretty amazing to see how much respect, I mean, everyone saying positive things about you, how you were a testament to the sport, class act, and the list goes on and on. Have you seen any of this? I haven't really been looking at my Twitter or my Facebook. Um, I, I, I looked at, uh, <laughs> I looked at my Facebook last night for like, five minutes and I saw something Steve Montgomery this kid at ATT who he'll probably be talking to soon I, I, you guys will definitely know who he is pretty soon really tough guy good kid and he said something and it's just I, I don't even remember what it was but it was something along the lines of like, he looks up to me I've talked to Steve a bunch of times I've trained with Steve a bunch and like I can't, I can't see that from people that I know and respect. Like, like, uh, it made me cry. You know what I mean? Um, this has been the biggest part of my life besides my family since I was 17. Like, ev like, virtually every day since I was 17 years old, probably two months total in the last 21 years, like, I've had, I've had a day that has nothing to do with fighting. You know, mm -hmm. and so like, like it's awkward enough, like trying, like walking away from it. Um, we had a long day yesterday. My wife fell asleep early, and then I posted that. I I I didn't want to post that with her awake because I don't want I don't want her asking what I'm doing and worry about like what's wrong with me. She's she's sleeping. I'm reading these things, and I I. Start, like, it starts fucking with me, man. I don't... I love fighting, man. And... I don't want to do that anymore. Did she know that you were going to do this? Uh, like, did you talk to her at least beforehand? Yeah, yeah. She knows. She knows what's going on with me. Um, 
I mean, she's my best friend. You know, I tell mm-hmm. her, we talk about everything, but I'm not like I'm not big on change very much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, this is this is this is everything, man. Like all my friends, all every single one of my friends is through fighting, and all my best friends are guys that I sweat or bled with. You know, and um, and like now I'm I'm like I'm will willingly saying, okay, that's it. You know. Do you feel like you've uh, prepared yourself for this? Like, were you one of those guys that just never wanted to think about life after fighting? So you didn't, you know, get your mind ready for it or anything outside of the the gym ready? Like, is this is this a complete life changer, or do you think you've done enough to at least prepare yourself? I mean, obviously the shock of it all, and it's so fresh right now. And certainly appreciate your time and and and, and everything that you're saying and how open you are. Um, but do you feel like you've you've prepared yourself for this? I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I I didn't expect it to feel like this. I knew, like, someday it was going to end, but, like, <laughs> it's like if you're in a good movie and you, you're, like, really into it and then you realize this shit is really good, but it's going to end at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that. It's like, I mean, an extreme version of that, but it's like, I don't even, I don't, I've, I've watched a couple fights today. I don't want to watch any of my fights. I don't, I don't know when I'm going to be able to watch a fight of mine, you know, because it's like, I'm never going to do that again. I love doing this, man. I absolutely loved it. There's a story I tell people about one time training it and T-Bow and I are getting together and he's on top of me with little gloves and he's hitting a little bit too hard and like in the head and I'm like, I'm not going to complain. Um, I just think, well, you just got to get up. I mean, you're still having a good time. You got to get up and get out of this spot. spot. Um, like that's what fighting is for me. It's like I, I, I'm in practice with a friend who's hitting me in the face too hard, but I'm having a good time. I'm not gonna do that. I, I, I do that in the gym, but I'm never gonna do that in competition anymore. And and that like competition enhances like the excitement of it all. Like because everything matters at that point. There's no there's no give. There's no Oh, okay, let's try that again. No, like every moment is critical and like that's never going to happen again. Do you think that you will remain a part of MMA, perhaps a coach with ATT, your own, um, you know, your own team, something like that? Do, do you envision that sort of thing happening? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, li- I, I love, I love technique. I love seeing people use technique. I love showing somebody something and having them pull it off. You know, I've been I've been helping out with with the wrestlers at my wife's high school. She's an assistant principal, and I I've helped them out a couple of times in the past couple of years. And I go to their meets, and and like just seeing somebody do something that you showed them 
and have success with it. That's like one of the best feelings in the world. Um, and I've, I've known that for a while and uh, I know that's something that I want to, I want to do. I know I have a lot of information that I want to give some guys that so they can refine it and make it better for the next guy. Um, so I know that's definitely a part of the future for me, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know the what capacity. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to try and, and, and become like a, a Carl Laborio or, or Javi Mendez or, or, or Greg Jackson, but I know I'll definitely be a coach to some, to some degree. Do you think that you're going to take a bit of a break from MMA? Like, you know, obviously teammate of yours, Robbie Lawler, fighting this weekend. And, I mean, it feels like there's a fight every weekend, to be honest, as far as the UFC is concerned, not to mention the others. Do you think you might, you know, just take a break from it and, and not watch for a bit? The only, the only... I was like, like, a month ago, I was super excited about Pettis and Melendez. Mm-hmm. And I'm still excited about it, but like it doesn't it doesn't hold the same the same meaning, you know. I mean it's definitely an important fight and it's a big fight and I'm still excited about it. But it's like like I don't have the opportunity to ever challenge one of those guys ever. You know what I mean? Um so it doesn't have the same same impact. I'm definitely um gonna be watching Robbie's fight and supporting for that one. That one that's probably the only fight that matters to me. Um going forward right now it's the only fight that's that's been inked that that i really i'm concerned about um robbie helped me get ready you know for this last fight um and you know the outcome's my fault but like like that guy's that guy's amazing man he's i've I've never seen that guy even have a bad day even in the gym um and i i think it's going to be a different story i'm i'm definitely going to be tuned in i'm going to be pumped up and excited about it and um I'd be I'd be really happy to see you know Robbie is a new world champion, but like yeah after that I don't know I I don't know what's I don't I don't even know what the next card is after that and I'm not too concerned right now I, I'm sure I'll watch it but mm. I'm not even thinking about it. Uh, we were talking a bit about this uh, when you were on just two weeks ago, but you know now that you have officially retired. Is there a moment that sticks out as your favorite or even something that we didn't get to witness as as fans of the sport, something that happened behind the scenes? Anything that kind of when you think about your MMA career, this is the moment? Um, no, I mean, there's, there's tons of little memories, but anytime, like anytime that question's asked to me, uh, the first thing that pops into my head is, when when Mike beat Uriah the first time and being in the corner and 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 just all the um how happy that made that made me you know it was mm-hmm. that that was like it was like my best friend and he's just won a world title the guy I train with all the time you know um I'm probably six, seven inches taller than Uriah, but I try to imitate him as much as possible. We worked on some of the, some of the things that I do that Mike liked that he thought would help him, um, for that fight. And, you know, he wanted me in his corner and he wanted, he wanted, um, we just did a whole lot of work for it. And like, he, he was able to, to, I mean, that's the best feeling in the world, man. Um, you know, being a part of, of a world championship. And, um, I, I, I don't know. I think, like whenever, if you when you ask that question, that's the first thing that pops to mind. Like really, nothing else does. 
he recently, I mean, he he didn't make it as official as you, but it sounds like there's a chance he may never fight again. Did you talk to him about this and, and just kind of starting this new chapter in your career? Yeah. Um, like I said, man, um, Mike is one of my best friends. And um, of all the guys I know, but, you know, him and Dan are the only guys that are a little bit older than me and pretty much in the same situation. Uh, I've talked to Mike. He's called in and checked in on me. Um, you know, the people the people that knew about this, like I made this decision basically on Tuesday of last week, and the people that knew about it then were, you know, my manager, Dan Lambert, Joe Silva, um, Mike Brown, and Dustin Poirier, because I talked to Mike and Dustin about it a bunch, you know, and those other guys too, but, like, I, I really, I, Mike and I had a little conversation about it and, you know, he's, he's trying to give me some advice and, and, you know, tell me it gets easier not to worry about it. It's, um, you know, it's just a different part of life, but like, it's all, it's all good here. And then I, I believe him because the guy's never lied to me, but at the same time, it's like, it's dealing with it is not the easy part. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think you'll miss most about the actual fight? <laughs> Everything, man. Um, Mike, I literally will never check in, have Bert check my weight. You know what I mean? I'll never walk into the cage again and feel that canvas under my feet. Man, that's like a great feeling. Um, and then the best feeling of all is just getting your hand raised when it's over, whether it be a minute and a half or 15 minutes, you know, it's, um, that's the best feeling in the world is success, um, at that point. And, um, I, I'm going to miss that the most. I have missed that the most. Um, I think, you know, some people were talking about, you, you've given us a lot of highlights, but, uh, the weigh-ins were always a lot of fun cause you'd always be eating, and then you'd give your opponent something, you know, to to chew on as well. When did you start that? Um. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I um. I just like food. I guess. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know when I started doing that. I um. I noticed though. <laughs> I didn't notice. Uh, fortunately, not a lot of people have done uh, are doing that. But I didn't notice it. Some people have started taking the superhero underwear thing and, and they start mm-hmm. rocking the superhero underwear because I feel like that's my thing. But I don't have a thing anymore, so I guess everybody can have it now. Right. Um, but it's cer- certainly memorable. Uh, as I said at the beginning, um, you know, a lot of people once considered you the, the best at 155, the uncrowned champion, all that. Uh, is that something that, you know, maybe is, is a regret that you never got a chance to be that UFC champion, even though? You were, you know, if there was a, a a belt involved, that you probably would have been the champion. Does that does that bother you? Uh yeah, it does bother me. Um, because, like, like I said before, you know, that I'm 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 of that train of thought. That's like, just because Peyton Manning wasn't in there, doesn't mean things would be different. You know what I mean? Um, but when it's when it's something like that, when it was a fight that was was and should have been or originally scheduled to be a title fight or should have been a title fight. Um, I can't, that, that's the only regret I have, you know, 
um, something that's out of my hands, and 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 I can't I can't do anything about it. Um, but that's something that'll never go on my resume. Can't put it on my tombstone. Can't go anywhere. You know what I mean? I I, I was never was never a UFC world champion, and um, yeah, that was a big part of what I wanted. I initially I wanted to fight in the UFC. When I finally got there, um, after having some success, I wanted to fight for the belt. Um, and you know, um, through one opportunity it didn't happen, and then I was never able to earn the opportunity again. Um, so yeah, that that sucks, man. That's that's that's. It's definitely the, really the only thing I regret. Do you have a favorite opponent? Someone that you truly loved fighting? <laughs> um, my favorite opponent is Mike Brown. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the person I loved fighting the most, um, probably Aaron Riley. Really? Why? Why? Because... Um, he could take it, and I like dishing it out. <laughs> wow, and that's that's pretty far back in your career. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, those fights were fun. You know what I mean? Um, but I think the reason why those fights, those both those fights, actually really started started a snowball situation for me in my career both times. The first time was in Texas at a small hook and shoot show um, for the pancreation rules. And that was my first big fight. You know, Aaron had a name. He was the hook and shoot guy. Um, they brought him to Texas to fight me. And that um, that kind of started a snowball effect for me of some, some good things happening. And then um, the second time we fought, um, that was a fight that, that got me my first UFC contract. You know, so... Um, I was really, really excited, uh, really excited about both those fights going in, and then, you know, good things came from both of them. So, I think that one, that that definitely is is probably my most memorable opponent because it, it meant so much to to my career. You know, I know you said that you were kind of worried about tarnishing your legacy, everything you've you've done. I get the impression based on. Uh, how people are reacting to this news that you haven't done that and, 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 and you have left a tremendous legacy in the sport and people remember you with, with great fondness. But if you if you have it your way, how do you want people to remember Eve Edwards the fighter? Um, Someone that, 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 like, that went back down, you know? Um, one thing, I've never, I've never... Picked and chose opponents. Uh, like I, I just wanted to fight. I wanted to be a fighter, and so if Joe Silva called uh, when I was my own manager, Joe would call me and I would take a fight. Um, didn't matter, you know. Um, if I could make the weight, I would take the fight, whether it be on a list or not. Um, and that's, I guess, that's how I'd want to remind me. Just somebody with, with skills and, and, and that that you know that represented his skills and and who he was, and you know, never backed down. I, I you know, I, I just, I just, just want to be a fighter. I, I just, <laughs> I just want to be remembered as a fighter, somebody that that, that was truly a fighter, um, in, in the core of his being. 
Well, Eva, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate the time. I know we're supposed to be emotionless and unbiased, but you know, I can honestly say, loved covering you, loved getting to know you. Um, I, I really appreciate you've you've always been really kind to me, as I told you, you know, personally. Even when I was uh, younger in this sport, you you were you were always so gracious. One of the true class acts that I've ever met in my life, let alone MMA. So. Um, I, I know that you'll find a, a new calling. You'll, you'll be a part of the sport for a long time if you choose to be or be great and excel at something else. I don't think MMA will be the same without you, and, and I appreciate it, and I thank you for everything that you've given us as fans of the sport. And I know a lot of people feel the same way, so I can talk for everyone here. Um, so thank you very much for everything. Congratulations on an amazing career, uh, nothing to be ashamed of. I don't think you should have any regrets. You, you, you've done it all. You've fought them all, and you, you gave us some great memories. So congratulations. Enjoy retirement. Go get a pina colada or something. Kick back, relax, and uh, hopefully you know, some point in the future we'll, we'll cross paths again. I, I think you'd make a great coach, a great mentor, and I'm excited to see what you do after fighting. Thank you, Ariel, man. I really appreciate it. And <clears throat> um, thank you for raising the level of journalism in the game, man. Um, <laughs> for real, you and guys like Ben and, and the guys from... You know, Greg and, 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 and Jeff, thank you very much, man. The sport wouldn't be where it is. Yeah, the fighters and, and you know, different promotions, but you guys you guys play a big part in that too, man. I I just want to say thank you for all the kindness over the years. I'm not, I'm not giving you any BS, man. I really appreciate it, especially you guys, particularly the guys I just mentioned, you and Ben and, and Damon and, and TJ and, and Greg. Those guys, I just... I just want to say thank you, man. Um, <laughs> we uh, hopefully we, we this isn't the last time we talk, but sure like if we never talk again, I just I just want you to know I appreciate everything surreal from the beginning until now. Thank you so much. I will I'll make sure of that. I hope it's not the last time. I, I'm I'm certain of that. And uh, the sport isn't a sport to cover. It's not worth covering without people like you. So thank you for everything. Really appreciate it. And again, thank you for the time today and thank you for being so for open. Uh, congratulations on a fantastic career and all the best to you and your family, Eve. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. All right. There he is, the one and only, the thug jitsu master himself, Eve Edwards, calling it a career after 17 years, um, one of the very best. And uh, I'm not even talking about inside the cage, one of the very best in this sport. Uh, if you've ever met him, the guy has an infinite amount of time. He's always open. He's always honest. He's always gracious with his time. And uh, he was great to watch. He was great to cover. Uh, unfortunately, you know, father time, it hits us all, but 38 years young, 17 years in the sport, a lot of fights that aren't accounted for. The man had an amazing career and nothing to be ashamed of. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do think it's worth celebrating that he's able to say, you know what, as much as I want to do this, I just can't do it anymore. And a lot of guys don't have that in them. That's a tough thing to do, as you can tell by the emotion, which I definitely appreciate. And my heart goes out to him because it's got to be a tough thing. You're only 38, and uh, you, you have to do something different. And, 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 and you're, you're doing something from you know, when you're 17 and probably even before that, he knew he wanted to be a fighter. So from a teenager to a grown man, a father, a husband, uh, now you just have to do something different. That can be daunting. That can be scary. Um, but I think that Eve Edwards has left a great enough legacy in this sport to where he'll always have a place in this sport if he wants it, coach, something of that nature. And, uh, and I think if you're a young fighter who is close to Eve, ATT, or where he lives, I think it would behoove you to 
to lean on this man and to reach out to him because he has an infinite amount of knowledge and he's he's been there he's he's fought them all he's done it all and really one of the great guys so sad to see him go but very happy that he is saying all right enough is enough there's no more that i could do it's not worth it anymore tough decision but it takes a lot of courage and i respect him doing that thank you very much to eve edwards and congratulations on an amazing and memorable career all right, so there you have it. Best of show number one in the books. Some some really fun interviews. The Krokop one for me was such a was such a huge deal. I never had the chance to interview him. He was like my last guy. He was he was like that that what, what is it called when you're you're searching for something? My holy grail. Uh, he was like he was like a, a mirage in the middle of the desert, an oasis. That was Miracle Krokop to me, and I finally got him, and we got him to sing. Unbelievable! What a moment that was. And really great to have Rory here. I love the in-studio guests, as, as everyone knows. And Frankie Edgar as well. Great stuff from Eve Edwards. We wish him the best. Having GSP and Hendrix on was a lot of fun as well. And then Ronda Rousey and Nick Diaz. I mean, Nick Diaz never thought in a million years he'd be on the show. So that was a lot of fun as well. You can hit my music, Alex, as we say goodbye after this best of show. Hope you enjoyed it. Relived it. Let us know in the comment section if you felt like there was an interview that you wanted to see on the Best of Show. And guess what? Next week, there's another Best of Show. So if you're celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, rapidly approaching, I want to wish you and your families the very best. Happy holidays. Just don't invite John Fitch to your Christmas party because he probably isn't interested in going. Maybe he's interested in going, but... He doesn't want to talk about Santa Claus. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back a couple weeks, December 8th show. John Fitch was talking about Christmas. Nevertheless, hope everyone's doing great. I miss you very much. I'm on the beach somewhere, but I'm thinking about you. Next week, another best of show. We got some guests. Can we throw out a hint as to who's on the show? Uh, I won't give names, but I'll say that it is full of old favorites. Old favorites? How about that? Nice little tease from Mr. New York Rick. Merry Christmas to you as well. You celebrate it? Uh, yeah, celebrate a bit of both. A bit a little, of both. What's well, the other my one? mom's a Jew, so wow, look at you. I get the I get the Hanukkah in. It's all about getting gifts for me. A little double dipping. I'm not surprised. Will, Alex, Merry Christmas. I don't know what you guys do. You never talk to me anyway, so I'm not that concerned. In any event. If you missed any portion of the show, it's going to be up. iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. So check it out or just go back into the archives. It's all there. Appreciate the time. Happy holidays. See you next week. Until they say peace. I'm out of here.